we are. PKA 275. We're live. We have four sponsors tonight. We want to thank them all. Headspace, uh, Prosper.com, Audible, and uh, Club W. If you want to learn more about them, there's a link in the description. We'll be talking more about them later in the show. But first things first, we've got a special guest this week. we got Chris Stuckman. He is a uh, official movie reviewer, uh, a Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> critic, and a published author. So uh, welcome aboard. We like to do a good bit of movie talk over here. Um, I, I don't know if you, we consider ourselves movie buffs or anything, but we watch a lot of movies, and, and I in particular watch a shitload of TV, so this should be nice. fun. Thank you very much for yeah. having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So how do you get into the world of reviewing? Were you just talking to friends one day, and you said, this movie sucks, and they're like, you got a real point. You need to go into this. <laughs> you just took off? This guy has a gift. Um, well, no, I mean, it kind of started just as a passion, really. I've always loved movies, and I've always loved... Uh, watching them obviously you know you grew up watching movies but there's sort of like a I don't know if it's like this for everybody but for me there was this time period where suddenly movies became more than just the thing I went with my mom to see uh, it was like oh wait a second people make those you know people people write these and people come up with these ideas and so <clears throat> when they when it kind of when I kind of realized that it was something that could be artistic that people thought up these ideas and, and all these really cool things they wanted to see on the screen, I myself became really interested in that as well. And I spent most of my teenage years doing short films and all kinds of uh, crazy things, uh, Indiana Jones fan films and stuff where we nearly killed ourselves doing our stunts. And um, it, it, during that time, I would write like user reviews on Yahoo or something for movies, you know, quick little paragraphs of things. And um, when GeoCities was still around, uh, Yahoo's free movie hosting site, I made my own website and wrote reviews on there in my free time. And eventually it just kind of blossomed into a love of discussing film. And I tried to do it on YouTube as a kind of a combination of the two things. I love making short films with my friends and I love writing reviews. So I was like, well, why don't I film myself doing reviews? And I combined the, the two loves I had and uh, it started pretty rocky. Uh, when YouTube back in the early days, you guys probably remember this. You couldn't. You had to like apply for partnership. You know, you couldn't just automatically monetize your videos. So, mm -hmm. I did it for free for like two, two and a half years while I worked uh, my normal job, and uh, eventually it was able to turn into a career over the years because of fan support and uh, sponsorships and things like that. So it's kind of crazy. So when I realized that movies weren't just something for me to consume, but were instead were like somebody else's hard work. It made me less likely to shit all over that movie. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it happened for me as an adult. Like, I, I, it, with this stupid YouTube channel I have, um, I don't know. Not that what I do is, is a movie by any sense, but it, it made me appreciate, like, what it took to get audio done. And I've done a couple things that were, like, on a set here and there. And uh, just the whole team that's involved and all the editing and all the audio and, and the lighting. And like now I watch it in a slightly different way because I have something of a vibe <clears throat> of what it was like off camera. I had the opposite reaction. And oh. After learning uh, what, what goes into filmmaking and all that stuff, it made me much more likely to shit all over a film. <laughs> because it's like, it's like you had one job. Like your one job was that one thing. And not just you but like half a dozen other people. And there was a guy in charge of your little group. And then there was a guy above him that was supposed to make check, be checking on his work. And you all fuck the pooch. Like when I see like slot, like bad, like stupid writing, bad writing, or even if it's, uh, it's, it's some like inaccuracy in the storytelling or if there's just stuff going on that I'm just like, whoa, what are you doing there? That's, that doesn't make any sense. I, 
I'm much more likely to shit on it because it's like you had one job. Why couldn't you polish out that 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 huge glaring hole in your in your movie that they kind of ruins it? Because there were like me. 75 people on a committee all arguing about this plot line, and and then somehow the editor didn't get the memo and fucked up. The and that's sequel. a bad producer. Hmm. That's I'm sure that job. for a lot of them, it's the same. It's just like watching a committee take over your baby where you're like, this is what it's going to be. It's so great. All these ideas. And you just hand it over to them and they're like, that's good. But I'll oh, tear this out. You know yeah. what? Oh, we need some romantic interest too. And they start yeah. interjecting Sprinkle things that they don't need. Romance. Perhaps yeah, we Spider-Man can have a song 3. over here. Perfect example. Right? Is. Well, now yeah. see that that's not their fault. That that goes back to like um, the studio will, will come to them with that bullshit. And if you yeah, want the, the money to it's make that, your movie, you have to kind of gives them an excuse in a way like that. You shouldn't be as mad at them. Cause it's like, what did they really like how much of that is ridiculous? Like when you see Will Smith drink a can of like, uh, oh, being a fighting aliens really makes me want to Sprite Zero. And you're like <laughs> drinking it. It's like nobody wrote that in there and thought it was great. Oh if it's se- I don't mind product placement if it's seamless and it fits the story. Like, um, like you know, I e- robot. Go- go- no, go back to ET. She's eating those Reese's pieces. Like, I don't care. At least she needed. She had to be eating some kind of candy. And Sometimes you know why she did M and M's? Because they wouldn't work G-Fuel. with them. <laughs> that's that's one of his sponsors. Um, it, it, I, I don't mind product placement if it's seamless, but uh, I want to talk about Daredevil at some point. Is it is it too early to get into that? Okay, so just so you know, like I have two eps left. Oh no! Oh, you're a failure as a movie. Reader. In those so two episodes, the, ep- the the season completely lost me. Uh, so sorry, I, I, I won't I won't spoil anything for you. But Thank you. I, I, I my issue with Daredevil <clears throat> is that in season one. To me, it felt raw and gritty and real. It felt like you had one man who, despite being blind, had had a lot of gifts and uh, and talents that allowed him to beat up multiple normal men He's in a in a, in a nighttime scenario. I can I can suspend my disbelief long enough to believe that. Like, okay, he could, this one super trained man can beat up five not trained men, just criminals. Men who can He's see. Got, yeah. Yeah, and he's got these sticks and stuff. He's he's beating them with clubs and he's beating them senseless. He's not holding back. He's also and strong, ele- right? And the element of surprise and all that. Yeah. So, I had no problem with that. This season, he's literally fighting groups of ninjas with samurai swords. And and, and that's just absurd. That that's just beyond my own uh I, I can't hang on anymore yeah. once they He's a superhero. And, and with not a only cat. that. Not only that. They they try to make out like Hell's Kitchen is its own district. It's, a, it's like a 10-block region in New York. And, and, and the police are so ineffectual in this show, it's embarrassing. It, the police will be like, we, th- they'll respond to an officer down scenario with three police cars. And, and it'll be like one fat cop, one old cop, and two women. And only one will have a gun out. It's absurd. So, so basically, here's the thing. Like Let me, I, I've, been, I've been raising my okay. hand for five minutes. So when I see 30 samurais, I just assume they're all retarded. That's what, like, my movie training, like, I, 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 Kyle's like, yeah, one guy would fight 30 samurais. And I think, oh, but that's how samurai, or ninjas, I'm sorry. That's how ninjas fight. Whatever they are. It's a 1v1 fight, right, with 29, like, sort of bad background dancers. And then once that one guy is dismissed, the other one is like, you know, time for me to get my ass kicking. It, it, it's funny because I've watched so many incompetent ninjas that I just assume they're all like that SNL skit that, probably a few people will know but they see all, that's not I, how I like the point that Kyle made about Hell's Kitchen like they try and build it up and not just in this series every time Hell's Kitchen is mentioned they make it sound like it's this sprawling you know urban decay of crime and corruption when really it's like if Superman were the superintendent 
of goodness in New York, <laughs> then Daredevil would be like the substitute second grade social studies teacher. Like just yeah. every once in a while popping in. Maybe he it's helps. Like maybe he doesn't. Area. He's blind. You just let him do his thing. He's been with the school for a while. Is Give it him a 10 break. By ten is in a hundred blocks, or is it like five by two? I think it's like ten blocks. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I haven't looked it up, but it's a small area. Like I was watching it, and I was it's only like, the kitchen, was, not the whole. I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, Hell's Kitchen is so small that that building behind him is not in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? But uh, meanwhile, they, uh, there's like a there's a scene where some lawyers are walking around and one of them says, we, um, we work with the finest clientele in all of Hell's Kitchen. And I'm like, <coughs> yeah, the fi y y you work with the finest clientele in a 10 block region? Like, like it's just, <coughs> we've it's got really you seem, uh, you seem pretty and, down on the, the they seem pretty down on the geography of, uh, of the Daredevil. <laughs> it's annoying me a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's just that little thing, but it, it annoys me a lot. Why do they, I don't know Hope why Hell's Kitchen has them call it. Um, they don't need to specify at all. Like, like, like he could just call Gotham. it the neighborhood or, or where he is. Like, like, I don't know where Spider-Man patrols. Spider-Man's always just swinging the fuck around. I, I don't care if he's in Central Park or if he's or if he's in Brooklyn. Like, like, well, he's just slinging webs and, and whipping Hell's ass. Hell's Kitchen is point eight four square miles. It's less than a square mile. It's it's how many acres? Five hundred seventy acres. Like five thirty eight. I, I used to hunt on a 600-acre property, and you just walk around it. <laughs> I, think so it comes down to, I think it comes down to just they're, they're attempting to stay as true to the comics, I think, as they can in that regard, because the comics are always like, it's Hell's Kitchen. Meanwhile, in Hell's Kitchen, oh, and by the way, this is Hell's Kitchen. So they always try to make it seem, especially since Marvel comics all exist within the same world so yeah spider-man's in new, in new york other people are in new york and here's little daredevil and punisher and they're kind of over there so yeah it's kind of like it's it's difficult because now the tv oh, shows are trying I have a to different do different criticism I, i'm sorry mm -hmm. I, I thought, thought oh that was, i was just gonna say the tv okay. shows are trying to do the same thing the movies are now where it's all a universe and so it's sort of like they're giving everyone their little bit of territory like here you go daredevil you can you can go there there you go, <laughs> Jessica Jones. You can you can walk around there, yeah. and so it's but sort of like I don't like part the of casting. It, like the fact that, the that everybody in New York has their own superhero guarding their subdivision. Apparently, <laughs> like isn't that already their own kind of bullshit? Where they're like, can you believe those Hell's Kitchen assholes? There's a blind guy. Their superhero is a blind guy. I live in Manhattan. We've got Superman. Oh, Sp Spider-Man just swung by. We're we're good. All those poors, they get the blind bad attorney. He doesn't have enough sense to get out of that area and do some real good. It's not nearly as romantic happy. to picture him walking through Hell's Kitchen and feel the cobblestone change to cement under his feet and realize he's gone too far. He has to return to the area that he's safe. Oh, Jesus, I don't know where the you know where to put my hand and follow the wall I like here. That he's also just a semi-competent attorney. Like He's not even the best attorney in Hell's Kitchen. He's just no. <laughs> so so do, we, do, do we hate Daredevil here? I'm getting the vibe that everyone hates Daredevil. I want to Daredevil. talk about Never the casting. I, Does anyone else I, feel like as a superhero, Daredevil is kind of fucking normal person? Like, when they take his shirt off and stuff, he's obviously buff, you know, whatever. But dressed, this guy doesn't even stand out, like, on the street. Kind of coming and going. <clears throat> I am, well... Yeah, you're fine. modulating. I, I wish Skype would die in a fire. Um, you guys aren't getting me. Fuck. Kyle, can you still hear me? I can still hear you, yes. Okay, yeah, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we tested Kyle, you had something you were going to launch into I it. I, it's I loved I loved the first season of Daredevil. Um, I really did, and I liked probably the first half of the second season. Although there are certain characters that when it switches to them, I hate them. Um, one of them is Daredevil. 
Okay. It's not good I, if it's I, the main guy, right? I, it's not. It, in the first season, what I loved about first season, the first season was Fisk. Um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible. He mm. owns that shit. He is the kingpin. He's so great. I love every every time he's on screen. I'm like, oh, oh, fucking pay attention. It's it's Vincent. He's gonna do his thing Credit again. He's, he's gonna crush somebody, or he's gonna like smush a skull, or like he's gonna do some devious thing. Let's see what's he, what he's gonna do. And then it'll switch to fucking Foggy, who's who's literally so unattractive that I I don't. He's like hard to look at. Like like he's like he's uncomfortable. He's difficult to look at. I would prefer um, Nobu, who literally is a burn victim. I would when Nobu's on screen, I'm like, oh, cool, Nobu. He's gonna do some cool shit. But when when Foggy's on screen, I'm like, ah, Foggy, you're hard to look at, man. Get a haircut. What the fuck? The casting he's just, is shit. He's awful to look at, and I hate every moment that he's on screen. Foggy's hard and, to look at. Can you guys hear me? Foggy's yeah, hard to I can look hear at. Better now. And the Predator himself it doesn't. The like Captain America is physically imposing. You talking about the Captain Punisher? Pre- who's the Predator? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Daredevil, I meant to say. Okay. <clears throat> um. Daredevil doesn't even look physically imposing. He looks like a librarian or something to me. Like with his shirt off, I, I know he's fit, but I'm just I get nothing from him. It yeah. bothers um, me too Taylor much. Taylor could totally whip uh, Daredevil's ass. Like a hundred percent, Taylor would manhandle Daredevil. If you if you stood Taylor next to next to him, I bet you outweigh him by forty pounds. Oh like, yeah, he's a little guy. And I don't have an issue with that if he was an actual superhero who could fly or like. Ben Steel, but Ant Man. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring a gun or a lead pipe. I'm gonna squat somewhere quiet, not move, with a handful of pennies, and just toss them around. And as he follows these weird vibrations, (laughs) wear them out. You know, then eventually sneak up behind him, throw the pennies a little closer, a little closer. If Daredevil was my enemy, I would have that problem solved immediately. Like, like, don't you want alarms like going off constantly, like super loud, and get all your henchmen wearing earmuffs that like modulate that down? And then, hang on, here's an idea: give them all guns. Like, like, tell them to leave the knives and uh, and shit at home. Like, yeah, excuse no me, uh, tonight, yeah. guys. Like, yes, uh, New York State Police. Yes, there's there's a blind man just going ham in the middle of Hell's Kitchen here. I have no idea what he's doing. He's been screaming about being a daredevil, some sort of rogue vigilante. I'm really that upset about it. Can you please too. send some state troopers over here and get this taken care of? The, the Hell's Kitchen PD refuses to acknowledge this problem. This blind man is a, is a terror on our society he's a, he's a bad attorney. His goddamn posters all over the town, tacky. Lowering profit value. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I that would be the trick, too. I feel like you could call the state police and tell them that, that that asshole's swinging around town whipping the shit out of people with, with iron pipes, and they would just lock his crazy ass up. But the Punisher um, was cool. So the Punisher was really cool. I like that the Punisher, like, like, every, like two or three times throughout the series, the Punisher has that moment where they're like, don't do it. Don't do it. If you do it, you'll have gone too far. And he's like, Yes. <laughs> this fucking does it and doing it is, is literally always blowing somebody's brains out he's always shooting people that's constantly is it ever really too like, far or do they always come around no, to it's, see never too far, it's a little far too far enough. nah fuck it he's good 12 I, gauge to the face I, point blank like all kinds of barely adequate i like the torture this season i want to <laughs> yeah, say that no the punisher was great and and what i like most about him is how he's willing to actually do the shit right daredevil fucking pussy Daredevil. Just that everything he does is a half measure. Well, that's measure. his character, though. His character has a moral dilemma. He's a Catholic. He was born. He doesn't want to kill anybody. Like that. If if they were to just completely forget the entire source material of Matt Murdock and just have him go out ripping people's heads off, 
then there'd yeah, be no moral. There'd be nothing interesting about the show I, anymore because the moral dilemma of his character is the least it, interesting part of the whole show. Well, I, I disagree. I, I don't. I feel. I I'm think not I, advocating. I think Electra. Like I think Electra some is professional the most, movie. The, the least interesting part. Of yes, <laughs> Electra sucks. Electra's uh, the worst part. When she's on screen, I hate it too. I'm not like advocating her. that they suddenly make Matt Murdock a killing machine. Right, right, right. I'm just saying that I'm going to enjoy the Punisher's Netflix series much more than I'm going to enjoy. Uh, John, John Bernthal is blowing my mind. He is incredible in this in this ser- in, uh, season two. John Bernthal, I had my doubts going in, but my God, he is so good as the Punisher. He's really everything I've I've wanted from the character because Thomas Jane was okay in the movies, but the the, the first movie, I guess, it was played yeah. by Ray, St- Ray Stevenson in the second one. Um, yeah, I don't count that one. Yeah, it's kind of just there. <laughs> it's like they made it, and then for me, I just I like I, I hear what you guys are saying. I hear what you guys are saying. There's a lot of jokes about the fact that he's blind and everything, but like for me, I like the fact that he isn't some muscle bound, like insane, insanely fake person. I like the fact that he really is just a normal guy who probably works out fairly often. Uh, he doesn't have a superpower per se. He just can can hear things well and per- perceive sound and noise well. And I like the fact that. I like I like superheroes like Batman that are just a guy who except he's like the Marvel Batman except he's not like fucking absurdly rich like he he has to he has to deal with all of this shit in his, his personal superpowers life, I, are hard work and determination yeah when, when yeah. he gets into a tight spot he's the guy who won't give up he'll just he'll keep fighting and yeah. he can Unstumble. really take a beating they keep going back to that that he can take a beating and since we're in the Marvel universe it. Let's just uh, let's just all pretend that he's he, he's a mutant and that he's got some degree of a healing factor, and then maybe it <laughs> would seem so right? absurd. No, they're no. not inviting him no, to the X Men Christmas he, party. He's he, not on that level of. He does of have a healing. Thing. Like I thought, the nurse commented on season one. Am I am I making this up? I, I, um, I think it was. Just, I think she said something about the fact that he's just he's got a, he can take a lot of shit. I think he's not. He doesn't have any powers per se. He just. I, I knew he, he wasn't. Are you sure about that, Chiz? Are you a hundred percent sure? Chiz is telling me that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are not in the Marvel Universe, are they? He's telling me that it's the same uh, ooze that that made the Ninja Turtles, but I think that's bullshit. So, let me. Uh, read. <clears throat> I have not heard that. Chiz wrote, if, I, if, I, if that is true, is I would be very entertained. The I would be too. Turtles. How could you possibly know something like that? If it's all, it's like saying, "Oh, did you know that the final bullet shot out of Neo's gun was, you know, made out of the same metal that made the One Ring?" And it's like, because what? It, like this is all it, because if it's canon, if it's it's been written before, if yeah, it's, but it's written, not then in it the is same so. reality. It, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, see, that's my other question. Are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the Marvel Universe? Because because that was a new one for me. Uh, like like I don't think they are. Um, I'm pretty sure you're wrong about that shit. I think I don't Chiz think is it's just, Marvel. No. Yeah, fuck you, Chiz, with your with your silliness. That's not right. You'll find out. <clears throat> but yeah, I really enjoyed the Punisher. Um, I thought that actor did a great job. I don't. I didn't know his name offhand. Um, I really enjoyed him in The Walking Dead, and I saw him in something else where he was kind of like a low down, kind of slow witted criminal. I can't remember the movie or show, but. I've seen he was him recently. Cool. He was recently in Sicario. His name's uh, John Bernthal. He had a smaller role in Sicario. I saw him in that. Yeah, I um I like him a lot, and I think he's gonna be able to carry that show really well. Um, I love that all the imagery at the. <coughs> oh, I I was about to spoil a bit. I I won't I won't go any further. Thank you. Uh, Thank but, you. <laughs> I, I trust me. I really appreciate that. Jesus, right? Yeah, I. That's that's fascinating. Can I read uh, something? Same. You? Oh, read it. I'd love to hear this. Turtles contained an origin. I'm sorry. The turtles' origin contained direct allusions to Daredevil, the traffic accident between a blind man and a truck carrying radioactive <laughs> ooze, a reference to Daredevil's <laughs> own story. 
Indeed, the version was told in the first issue, Splinter sees the canister strike a boy's face. It was not wow. just the same fluid, it was the same, like, the, the traffic accident that got Daredevil also hit the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, so season, season three is Devil's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles teaming up with Daredevil and everybody. And they have a flashback. So here's what yeah. they do. Here's what they do. They do the flashback, and they show that scene they've already shown a few times where his father like finds the boy da- boy Matt Murdock all blind. And he's like, I can't see. I can't see. He's like, you're my boy. You're my boy. And he's holding him. And then the camera pans away now like it never did before. And it zooms in on that storm drain. And it goes down and snakes down like the camera can't even do, CGI style. And there the turtles are. And it's trip, 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then you get them in there. I would watch that. Listen I would this. rather watch. I'd Teenage much Mutant rather Ninja- watch the Ninja listen, Turtles listen, than listen. Daredevil. So the name Splinter parried Daredevil's mentor, who was Stick, right? Get it? It's yeah. like a short little version of Stick. And the Foot, a clan of evil ninjas who became the Turtles' arch enemies, likens to Hand, who are mysterious and deadly ninja in Daredevil. So yeah, the whole thing is like a children's parody of daredevil yeah it looks like really last second tie-ins right before the meeting that day oh <laughs> i don't know call them the hands fuck like i didn't, <laughs> didn't expect this i don't care about the hand or the foot or any of that shit in the show I, they really lost me the season with the plot they need vincent d'onofrio in there to be his foil to be to 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 to, to be on the other end because that's what i liked you went from matt murdoch who i felt was a little weak then back to Fisk, who was strong as fuck. And that was a, that was good enough to keep the show going for me. That and that the fighting was so gritty and so realistic. Uh, like episode three, when he's like rescuing that boy and he's got the ropes wrapped around his hands and he, and they have that one uh, long shot. I, I know there's actually a cut in the middle, but they have a very long shot. Uh, and I, I loved all of that. And I just didn't didn't get that this season. There actually is a shot just like that in episode there's three, a, though. There's the stairwell it's shot. Actually, I actually think it's better than uh, I don't the, think the, it's the cut better. man sequence. The reason I think it's better is because it's harder. It's and it's just me. I mean, well, I'm just so many cuts it. in there. there. There's like six or seven cuts in that stairwell scene. But well, whereas course. they're doing more more shit than than just the hallway fight, which was amazing. And I think the, the episode's called Cut Man. Uh, episode two, season one was it was amazing. But um, and I loved it. Trust me, like I was just raving about it. But for me, I, I actually appreciate the one and three a little bit better because I loved how he wrapped a chain around his hand and he started blasting out the lights above him and. Yep, that uh, was cool. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, that the chains, the the chain thing was cool, and uh, and I, I think Daredevil is an imposing figure when you arm him. Yeah. Uh, but but like after we watched the season finale, uh, my girlfriend and I were, were were sitting there and talking about it, and I was kind of saying a lot of the stuff I've been saying now, and I said, "Can you imagine how badass Daredevil would be if he had a fucking gun? Like if you just gave Daredevil a Glock 17." Like, like he would be incredible, right? Because he's already so good that he's like, you know, flicking that those those uh, sticks at people and nailing them in the head. Mm-hmm. If he could just point and shoot, he would be he would be no uh, way. One by one guy with his Beats by Dre around his neck turned up too loud, and his whole aim is thrown off, and he's killing kids in buses. <laughs> just, no, don't give him a gun. That's nonsense. <laughs> might be right. I didn't yeah. think of that. <laughs> yeah. Give that guy a gun. Just said he throw the gun. I forget. Spider Man's gonna get called in. Yeah. He's so barely blind that I I forget. Like the only thing that his blindness seems to impact is that he can't read books. He, well, I mean, the Braille. I, it, he can't read lettering on walls. That's about it. But I I feel like if they need him to, then he'll be like feeling. He'll be like he'll have a flashback, and Stick will be like, feel deeper, Matt. 
and he'll be like feeling the ink on the paper or something right. like like he's always got a way to like feel or hear or smell his way out of it. I want to see a sense of smell come in more. I want him to have to smell like find a stinky guy or something. <laughs> like, like 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 he, he, this guy eats garlic all the time. He just reeks and and Matt's walking around like Italian restaurant after Italian restaurant. No, he's a guy who steals the the bread the unlimited breadsticks from Olive Garden. That's the level of terror that he's assigned to. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's got eight broken ribs, a broken arm. He's a I mean, he he paid the eight bucks for the unlimited trio, but god damn it, it's getting ridiculous here. Come on, man. Like we're going out of business. I'm just another guy. Got a family. So many goddamn breadsticks. He throws, <laughs> I, I throws that fucking pipe in his forehead. Yeah. No, don't bring the gun. Don't bring the no. So yeah, my impressions from Daredevil this year have been that. Um, it could have been better. I hope when Vincent D'Onofrio comes back in next year, I'm sure it will be better because he really is what makes the show for me. Uh, and I'm definitely excited about Punisher. Not excited about Elektra. If there is an Elektra, and I don't think there will be, um, but I'm most excited about Punisher because I love the idea of a superhero who just you know just goes around and shoots people. I mean, I'm already kind of a fan of the Punisher. Um, I, uh, I I like the Punisher comics. I, I always like the uh, you know the the first Punisher movie. I like that one. Um, so. I'm looking forward to seeing that TV show. I got a question for Chris about... Yes, sir. I'm wondering, because there are those movies that like every critic really, really loves, even though like they'll be rated pretty low by the population, like the general population on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. What's one of those movies that you kind of have to like if you're in your line of work to kind of like have the respect of liking it that you honestly think is kind of shit? Like, well, not I, I, Citizen Kane, but something like that. Well, I would hope I would hope that someone who is trying to be a professional film critic wouldn't feel that someone would have to like something. I would hope that that conversation would never come up, but it does. Uh, I've been in many situations where I've said, "Oh, I like this," and they're like, "What?" And I'm just like, "Okay, sorry, like big deal, you know." Everyone what has movie gave you that reaction? Just as an example, um, under the skin. I really, really loved with Scarlett Johansson, and a lot of people hate it because it's very strange. It's very weird. It's it's very, it's unconventional. It's off-putting. I can totally understand why anyone would, would hate that movie. It's a very artsy film, you know. And if if you if you want more than than just sort of like, I've seen exactly imagery, three minutes of it. Okay, well, you then you've you've probably got the vibe of, of how it's going to be. <laughs> well, that's how long Scarlett Johansson is completely nude in the film. I I, I kind of just stuck to those three minutes of the movie, and that's gotcha. really all I needed to, to to absorb. Gotcha. Yeah, that's those are good moments. Uh, I got to see those in the theater, <laughs> so that was even better. Um, but no, I I really appreciated that movie, and and a lot of people hate it. It's a very strange movie. Um, there's another movie from from that same year, actually, uh, 2014 called Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Very weird movie. It's directed by uh, Denis Villeneuve, who made Prisoners and Sicario, and is working on Blade Runner 2. Enemy, I do think, is a good movie, uh, Dr. Chiz. Uh, but no, I actually really love that movie. It's very strange, it's very different, and it's hard to understand. It's I took It took me two months of just like thinking, really, to, to actually be like, I think I understand what that movie was going for. It's a very strange movie. Uh, similar to Under the Skin, very imagery based, mm -hmm. a lot of metaphors and, and shit like that. But I love it. And I like movies that are sort of like puzzle pieces where you, you feel like after you see it, it's kind of scattered and, and not in a bad way, like scattered brain. Like it's, 
it's like the the pieces are there and you can't just fully get it the first time and, and i like i like watching movies like that 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 at, when it, when it ends you feel like you kind of want to assemble those pieces and and think up of uh you know like what what, what was that about what did that mean and some movies me, are better the second time almost because you're like oh yeah. you can watch it from the beginning knowing what's going on and see because the characters know what's going on so they're they're acting like that it's Exactly. Uh, I know what you mean. I, I wanted to ask you about some of the bigger movies from from last from last year and and, and you know recently this year. Uh, so Tarantino obviously had a, had a new big one, and uh, it had, I guess it kind of had mixed reviews. I went and watched the seventy millimeter uh, the Roadshow edition of uh, the Hateful Eight, and I didn't. I, I thought it was one of his worst movies. I, I, I didn't like it a lot. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, and I, I thought there were some pacing issues. I felt like you have. Have you seen? I'm sure you've seen it. I felt like the part where they they go back and um, I can't remember what's the the actor's name who's in the basement the entire time. Tatum. When they go back and, and show <clears throat> everything that Channing Tatum did uh, before the stagecoach arrived, it really broke the the flow of the movie to me, and I didn't care for that entire block of film at all. Um, and I don't know, it just it didn't do it for me. I, I, I thought. Agree. I agree. That was uh, I, I like the movie more than you, but I agree that was my least favorite part of it. That was by far the the, the issue for me that I had. It it, it was like um, it was Tarantino does this. He, you know, I mean, with all of his movies, almost there's always like a point where he goes, "Oh, and uh, two weeks ago this happened," or "Oh, two years ago this happened." He does it with almost all of his films. Um, yeah. Rarely, er, rarely ever are his narratives just a straightforward narrative. But with with this movie, that was my one big issue with it. It it just felt like it kind of broke. The, the and, progression of the story, and I feel like that filmmaking style he has that th he loves to do that. Obviously, like look at um, um, Reservoir Dogs when he goes back and he's giving you more information about Mister Blonde, and and, and, you're, and you're figuring out what's to, what makes these guys tick. It, it's really important as it leads up to the torture scene and stuff like that. Right. And there were a lot of opportunities to make that style work. What if they had went back and showed some of Samuel L. Jackson's like youthful uh, days? Some any of the characters. Uh, I would have rather seen a flashback of any character in that movie other than Channing Tatum. Like he's the one that who I just didn't give a fuck about. It, it, the rest of them are the ones I had bonded with, the ones that had really interested me with their rich backstories and and their interesting personalities. And and each of them, it seemed, you know, oh, you're that guy. You're the guy that everybody's heard of. You know, you've got a bunch of people there who who are who are kind of folk legends almost. So it would have been great to go back to any one of them uh, in, in their younger days, any kind of flashback involving them. But Channing Tatum's flashback not only felt clunky and messed up with the flow of the film for me, but just wasn't interesting. Samuel L. Jackson had my favorite flashback in the movie the, the, during like the first half where he's like, I made your son suck my dick. And, I was, <laughs> and, and you see it and you're like, wow, that's... That's pretty much the worst insult you could really give somebody. I mean, yeah. can you imagine, like, as a father, a, a worse insult than than some random guy just telling you what he did? Just he basically sodomized your son. I mean, it's like yeah. that's that's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's awful, and and that was a crazy moment in the film. And I, I know there's a lot of discussions online. I don't think that he actually, in fact, did that. I, mm -hmm. I feel like Samuel Jackson is provoking him in that moment, and he's just like. He's trying to be just really go over the top because because this guy hasn't pulled his gun out yet. He's already told him that he's walked him out naked through the cold, and he's just escalating. Yeah. He wants this guy to draw down. He wants to kill this guy right then, then and there. So I don't they think he actually believed it. But. Probably not, but they kind of leave it ambiguous. Where oh, they it's do. Sort of, where it's like you can choose to believe whether or not this happened. And I guess I guess the one bit 
that kind of for me teeters towards it did happen is that they show it. Like if they had just had him explaining it mm. without showing it, then I'd probably teeter towards he's just provoking him. But Tarantino filmed it and you you see it. So I kind of am sort of like 60-40 he did it. Yeah. So that's Wait, if, you, if he filmed it and showed it, then wouldn't you be like 100% no. Zero that he did it, or I haven't seen the no. movies. Like, I don't know. It, no, because it feels like he's, he's like painting t- a narrative. Yeah, he's like telling a story, and then you oh, kind of it, okay. it sort of like cross dissolves, and you see his story being told, and so it's like it's not a hundred percent visual aid uh, to his story, rather yeah. than an uh, something. It, it, it's it's a different point of view for the audience. Uh, I, I feel like that's how I felt in that moment. I, I felt even though it's there, there's some ambiguity there to whether it happened or not. I don't believe it happened. Um, in any case, that was that's how I felt about that one. I liked it, but I didn't love it, and I would rank it, you know, pretty pretty near the bottom of his films. I, it's right there with I like Kill Bill better. I I do. I I know I don't think um, Woody likes Kill Bill very much, but but I I like Kill Bill. Um, I consider it one movie, and I like the one movie of Kill Bill better than uh, Hateful Eight. Although I found the seventy millimeter aspect and the rope show aspect of the whole experience really cool. How where are you on uh, Death Proof? I, I for really me that's like, it. That's his least favorite for me. Yeah, it's my least favorite, but um, but I I can still get into it. I've watched it half a dozen times. Is that the, um, oh wow! I, they I like watching. Uh, I like watching Kurt dolls. Russell. I like watching him act and watching his eyes and and he's a really thoughtful actor. He's been acting since he was a kid. You know, he's back yeah. in like Lassie or something like that. Those old Disney things. He's the uh, best part of Death Proof by far. He's definitely the best part of the movie. Definitely so. Uh, he's really good and. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I definitely like that car chase. Once it starts and once she's strapped to the hood, uh, that's that's. it's not about dialogue in that moment. It's not about classic Tarantino filmmaking. It's not about how much blood splattering on the wall. It's about mimicking those grindhouse films that, that he, he, he's thinking back to from the 70s, and that's what he's doing there. He's not trying to be Tarantino. He's trying to be some weird... Uh, director from the 70s who made a grindhouse movie with a bunch of hot chicks driving in a, in yeah. a fast car. So yeah. it kind of stands alone, in my opinion, from, from the rest of his work in, in, in its own way. But um, there were a lot of movies this year that I liked, and uh, I, I really liked seeing uh, DiCaprio win, win the Oscar finally. Yeah, uh, that was a good moment. I, we all three were really happy about that. I, I just wanted to get it over with. Um, I, I felt like he deserved it. I, I feel like he's a good actor. I, I enjoyed The Revenant immensely. Um, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I, I, it, 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 it was more about... It, it was visually incredible. Um, the story itself wasn't, you know, wasn't perfect for me. It wasn't a 10 out of 10. It wasn't an excellent story. Um, but his commitment to the role and just the beauty of the filmmaking, and I can't remember that uh, cinematographer's name, the one who, who won his third uh, Oscar in a row, uh, the guy who did Birdman and then Gravity, and then it's Lubezki or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I want to say it's Emmanuel Lubezki. Yeah, um, he's the one. It, uh, DiCaprio should be thanking him for his Oscar in some regards because it thanks to his camera work and and what the the look of the film that's what kept me engaged enough to appreciate DiCaprio's uh acting um really enjoyed that film yeah Try it was di- directed by Alejandro G and Yuritu and then the cinematographer was Emmanuel Lusbeski yeah yeah i i loved that and and it made I, I didn't connect the dots with uh, Lubezki until with Gravity and Birdman until this third film. But I loved Gravity and I loved Birdman. I saw Gravity in 3D 
and it was an experience. It was it was it was reminiscent of the Matrix in that it was kind of groundbreaking. It was something I'd never seen before. And I always tell the story of how the man sitting next to me, there's a part where a Soyuz capsule breaks apart and it's got all these uh, these ropes flailing in space uh, that connect to a parachute. And she's slipping off the spacecraft and she's trying to grab these uh, these flailing cords. And in 3D, they look like they're in their face. And the man next to me was trying to grab one. And I, I was like, yeah, this is a cinema experience. Like, like yeah, or I, it's I Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, Lord, we're in right. space! <laughs> I told you we should have went to church instead of seeing a film. <laughs> I look over about five minutes in, I realize he's been holding his breath. He's all red-faced. We're in space! <laughs> no, right? But, but it was, that, that movie was great for me, and Birdman was too. It had that really long take that I, I think there was some trickery involved there, but, but that's what makes him good at his job, I feel like. I guess you could, you could spend weeks and weeks uh, orchestrating uh, a, um, a no-cut take that, that's really difficult. But what he does, it seems, is that he's the master of, of doing one or two takes and and making an incredible shot like when he walks out so he gets locked outside the uh the theater in birdman and he has to walk through the crowd and in new york and everything in his underwear um so really really enjoyed that film and then i i think my other the other one i wanted to hear your opinion on was deadpool because um i i fear with yeah, deadpool, I'm in that, that too with its financial success that hollywood is going to say ah there's the ticket titties and ass and cursing and 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 slice people in half yeah violence and nothing but winners. these yeah, are a and, few and, of my favorite things i, I feel like there's going to be a horde of, of bad movies that try to replicate <laughs> deadpool success absolutely um, there will be um i love it it's still currently my favorite movie of the year uh for me, Deadpool is is perfect for that because that's the character. The character of Deadpool is a foul-mouthed ass. And so if, if they're going to make the character right, then they might as well make the movie like that. And I agree with you. There's going to be a ton of people who are like, oh, well, now we have to make our movie rated R because Deadpool. And, you know, like the Batman v Superman Blu-ray is going to have a rated R cut. Um, uh, they're talking about making the last Wolverine standalone rated R, which I'm fine with, actually. Because yeah, the character too. of the character of Wolverine is can get very violent and bloody, foul mouthed. He smokes cigars and he kills people. So I'm yes. fine with that. And the original cut for the Wolverine, the the, the last standalone, was actually rated R. Um, and the studio, I guess, kind of was like, eh, maybe cut it to PG-13. But the Blu-ray wanna... uh, extended cut of the Blu-ray uh, is nice. There's a lot of blood. Um, he like throws ninjas inside like a woodcutter or something and, and the blood just like is spraying out of the wood chopper. It's amazing. Where was that? I want to see that. So Get you the you extended cut my, Blu-ray. My favorite um, example of Hollywood dumbing down an R or not dumbing it, censoring an R-rated movie, chopping it to bits to, uh, to make more money uh, is Galaxy Quest. Are you aware that that was originally intended to be an R-rated comedy? No wow. way. Oh, I had no idea. Not only that, but there is a scene at the end when I think the spaceship's crashing maybe through the atmosphere, and uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. He just passed away. He plays Snape. Uh, Alan uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman uh, says fuck or something along that line. Uh, he's motherfucker or something like that as they're crashing, and you can see his you can see his lips say it, but it's dubbed over, and he's like fudge or something like that. But they chopped that movie to bits, and what wow. was a raunchy R-rated dirty comedy with Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, and uh, to um, Tony Shalhoub, I think is that actor's yeah. name. Mm -hmm. um, 
was dumbed down to a. It, it, even in PG, I think it has its moments. It's 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 got some good. It, it's it's a decent movie for what you gotta it is, really but... sift through some shit to get to the good mo- moments. I, in it's not. That's what I'm saying. They butchered what was a good movie uh, because they went went from an R to a PG rating, and and that meant they had to cut a lot. Apparently, all the language. Yeah. I actually really like Galaxy Quest. I, I never knew that. I never knew that it was uh, originally R. That's interesting. I think um, yeah. that was probably a financial decision, obviously, because they probably figured, well, people aren't... When that come out? 1999? Yeah, Star Trek wasn't doing so well in 99. The next generation movies were starting to kind of phase out into the shittier next generation movies. And so since it is obviously a satire on the Star Trek world, they probably were like, well, <laughs> no one's going to see this even if it is... PG, so we better make it PG. But I've always yeah. enjoyed it. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, it has its moments. It's one of Tim Allen's better movies for me. Yeah, that's not saying much, though. Poor no. Yeah, I know. You know, it's I like really love Christmas with the Cranks. You know, <laughs> Christmas with the Cranks and Santa Claus. I mean, I mean, if you want to say Toy Story, Toy Story is probably his uh, best. But... Jungle to Jungle. Yeah, there's a classic. Oh yeah, Jungle to Jungle. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> Jungle. To jungle. <laughs> I'm a. Yeah, I, I think I've Looking seen back, all the Tim Allen. If Allen's I recall disasters. correctly, that kid was way too white. To just have been found in the jungle, yeah. even yeah. among his tribe, it was like, oh, so you picked you picked that one, you picked yeah. the white, like yeah, yeah. There was there was something a little wrong with that. I, I noticed that back then too. Yeah, yeah. Wild Hogs was one that blew up. Wild out of Hogs that, that was a, a low riot. budget. Yeah, they, they <laughs> uh, that that one did really well. I remember when that came out, and and I did not like that movie at all. I didn't, I didn't like that. No, I didn't it really felt, like it either. It felt lowbrow. I, I just didn't like it. Oh, you know what I'm interested in is Game of Thrones. Like, I'm sure you sound really into TV. Game of Thrones. Where are you at there? Talking to me? Yes. Yes. I've never, I've never seen it. Um, the reason is simply because you know it's one of those things where everyone says, "Hey, why haven't you watched that?" Well, because I watch, <laughs> I watch, I watch four movies a week, and then I, I try to watch other things, and then I have, uh, I'm married, and and so it's like it's one of those things where it's two like, minutes a week. Come on, yeah, but it is in the strictest sense your job, right? <laughs> well, when you have, uh, it, it when you don't watch one season. And then you don't watch two seasons, and then it you don't watch three up. seasons. It becomes a thing where it's not fifty-two minutes a week; it's a lot. It's <laughs> so two hours a day. Can I tell you yeah. what you have on your hands? A, a great show that trove. I've never watched. A oh, treasure okay. trove. Can I tell you something else, though? I want you to. I want to ask you a question. Um, you guys are doing a podcast here, and I imagine you get a lot of requests, right? Suppose I, I imagine a lot of people probably send you requests for things they'd love to hear you talk about or, or things that they're interested in, in hearing your, your knowledge on. Uh, <laughs> there comes a point where so many people have told you to do something to the point where you don't want to do it. And it's sort of like, <laughs> I, I would love to watch Game of Thrones. I would love to at some point. And I, brought, I, I can pretty much guarantee I will. Like I, wa- I waited until the, the last season of Breaking Bad to watch it, and wow. I, watched all, I watched all of it. And it was amazing, and it was amazing. Um, more than likely what will happen is when Game of Thrones comes to an end, I'll probably watch it. And it's simply because I can't stand cliffhangers. I hate them. I, I hate, 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 hate. Because it's like, well, I just, I don't know. I, I love finality. I love closure. I understand you got to wait for certain things to happen, and I get it. But I just like the idea of when it's all done, uh, just taking like two weeks or three weeks and just getting all the seasons and just binging it. And I will. Well, that's going to be really fun. That's going to. I'm um, envious of you because that's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, it really is. Because Game of Thrones really does stand apart from every other television show that's on the air, or ever has been on the air, in my personal opinion. It, 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 it's, it just transcends all of them. It's, it's a bigger scope. And usually when you go that big and wide with the scope of a television show, you miss out on the finer details on, on character A and character B. Or, and then you look in the background and that orc is wearing a rubber mask. You don't get that from Game of Thrones. You get movie-quality episodes once a week, all season long. There have been a couple of, of issues that are just aberrations that, that we were all kind of like, ah, what are they doing? Come yeah. on, that fight, that choreography wasn't so good. But most of the time, the fight choreography is excellent. The writing is incredible because it's based on such amazing writing to begin with. And the characters are so rich, so interesting, and there are so many of them that you'll need a Rolodex to remember them all because every one of them counts, matters, and has their own interesting twist about them and fits into the, the big Game of Thrones in their own special way. And um, after a while, you know, you'll be wearing Game of Thrones memorabilia and humming <laughs> the song issue. in your head, listening to audiobooks. One thing I don't <laughs> like about Game of Thrones is the names. Now, I'm terrible with names, so maybe this is unique to me, but none of them have, like, any human names that you've ever heard before. Yeah, it's never Ted of Winterfell. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's literally Ned! It's literally Ned of Winterfell! Come on! It's okay, <laughs> alright, Ned actually has. And John Stark. I guess there's a couple of them that, that have normal names, but there are a lot <laughs> of, like, crazy names, and all of them are just, like, bearded guys in their 40s. So, if you can deal with, like, a, a cast that has 92 bearded oh, yeah. guys in their 40s with made-up names... See... The big I'll take problem. Some bearded men. I have no problem. The with biggest problem is this. See, the on same. The Wire, uh, which is a show that I would I would put almost at the same level. The The Wire. Wire's incredible, but I don't think it's as good as Game of Thrones. In The Wire, you have a lot of multicultural people, multiracial people, so it's easier. And I hope mm. that doesn't come off the wrong way. But the issue in Game of Thrones is everyone is a white guy with a beard who's okay looking and has a sword and long hair and he rides a horse. This describes every man in the fucking show virtually. Mm -hmm. So every now and then there'll be a bald character or a guy with a big bushy red beard, and you're like, oh, that's going to be a cool guy right there. He really stands out. But um, it, it's, it's a lot to take in, and I w I've seen every episode I think three or four times at least. Wow. Um, I've, I've went through the audiobooks. I think I've got half of the last audiobook to go, and I'm about to start in on that because it's becoming Game of Thrones season. So I, I want to get like into the mood. I've been saving it till now. I did um, get to interview Sean Bean, which was oh, really that's cool. oh, that's awesome. That, that uh, is really. That's one of the only like real times I've interviewed somebody like really. Did you legit. ask him about the fact that he's constantly dying in movies and the films? reason I didn't ask him is because I, <laughs> I, I was like, let me make. I just want to make sure because that's an imposing guy. Like when you when you meet him, he's like you're like. Wow. I'm just not simply interview Sean Bean. Yeah, I mean that that's 006 from Goldeneye. That's Boromir from Lord of the Rings. Like and then he was in like Patriot Games with Harrison Ford and you're like, "Wow, like this guy's." So I watched basically every interview that I could of him that was already on YouTube and 99.9% .9 of them Did you know you die a lot in movies? And it cuts <laughs> to his, it, it cuts to his face. That that's what I've been told. Yep. And so I was like, "You know what?" I'm going to not ask him that <laughs> and just hope that he doesn't yeah. like, cause 
I think like go now, a whole different direction and be like, yeah. so Mr. Bean, what was it like when you were parading around that palace causing mischief? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bean, what was it like being alive in this movie? And tell us about not dying. So yeah, it's yeah. it's for me, it's just become and it's funny because um, you get kind of briefed with his publicist beforehand, and he was just he. This is what he said. He was like, I just want to let you know, maybe don't ask about the death thing and i said i wasn't planning on it and he went that's probably a good idea and so <laughs> it's just you gotta you gotta really put yourself in the guy's shoes you know he Makes is sense. A, he is he a guy who makes up. a lot yeah he that, wakes up he eats suck. breakfast he goes to the bathroom and then he's a normal guy you know and so and then everyone who walks up to him oh you're alive oh, you're yeah. still alive <laughs> and it's like he's like yes i'm alive it's great so you know it's one of those things where i i would i just didn't want to be that guy you know do you get to see movies yeah. early? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Superman? Yeah, I saw it Tuesday. I got my review up already. Oh. That's where I wanted to go with this, because Chiz just sent, sent us all this little push here that shows the tomato meter on uh, Batman v Superman, and it is currently sitting at 31%. Uh, uh, not good. From the critics and a 77% from the audience. Um, quite a disparity there, um, and it's worrying me a lot. I, I haven't watched any of the teasers, any of the trailers that that, are, that have led up to Batman v Superman. When I was uh, when I was in Deadpool the other day in IMAX, I literally plugged my ears and stared at my phone while that trailer played, and and my girlfriend looked at me like I was they were, I was insane because I just don't want to know anything. So I'm I'm a little upset by this because I was I was hedging my bet that this was going to be a big a blockbuster that I was going to be able to get on board with. It's kind of like uh, Iron Man 1 or Avengers 1. So it, that it was going to be great, but tell us. You might like it a lot. Um, I won't say anything plot-wise or anything for you. Uh, I think it's a visually stunning movie. I think it looks incredible. There's nothing wrong with the action sequences to me. I think I think it's an exciting action film, but as a story and a narrative, I found it to be a giant mess. Um, it's very hard to balance so many different characters in movies like this and the the other issue that i have is it is most definitely a it's a setup movie you know it's it's you go to it and you can tell that <sighs> warner warner brothers is pulling strings you know and 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 they see yep. they're, they're pulling strings and for me the best superhero movie of the past couple of years was deadpool and the reason i love that movie so much besides the fact that it was exciting and funny was because it could just be a movie it didn't have to set up a universe. It didn't even have to set up Deadpool 2. There's like one sequence in the after credits where he's like, by the way, we're going to make Deadpool 2. And that was it. The rest of the movie is its own contained film. For me, movies like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was awful. And largely because... What's Fox? It, well, no, that's actually Sony. Um, oh, excuse me. You're, you're right. It's Sony. Yeah. And, and one, of the, one of the things that it was so for me it was so bad was that it was just like hey here's a two-hour trailer for a sinister six movie that's never gonna happen uh even the for me the worst scene in age of ultron was like thor going to a pool to set up thor ragnarok because Mm -hmm. marvel said hey we have to set up thor ragnarok and joss whedon was like well shit okay here's this dumbass scene so that's kind of Batman v Superman's biggest issue for me is they shoehorn so much into that movie and it doesn't. You know like why, it. right? Yeah, of course. They, yeah, they fell behind in the the DC Marvel arms race. They fell far behind. Uh, you know, Marvel has had uh, a couple of phases now yeah. to to set up this this massive universe that keeps getting wider 
it's not it's not just getting taller it's getting wider this universe that they're creating and dc's like oh shit we don't even have time for a batman reboot we don't even have time for a superman for a superman 2 let's stick them together and throw in half a dozen other superheroes and this yeah. and and we'll get we'll start wide and then we'll build tall and yeah. it's 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 not i I'm, i, I, I can see where that could be yeah i'm with you there convoluted for sure and, and messy by far messy, for me the biggest the best part of that movie is perhaps the most hated element leading up to it ben affleck as batman is amazing he's incredible as, as i a knew he would be yeah, I, 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 three years ago, I, I was think, one of the only people saying he was going to be good, and yeah, it was like I, after I watched um, uh, the bank robber movie uh, that he that he did, um, the town, the town, oh, that was a good movie. yes, that was incredible. But not and because um, of him, though, I, don't I think thought it was great because of him. Jeremy Renner was good, but but he was excellent. Uh, I think it is because of him that that movie is great. I mean, yeah. he directed it. It's it was the movie was his vision. And no acting, acting. I mean, like his oh, acting. gotcha, 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 man. Yeah. Sorry, I Sorry, thought the guy who did. Uh, Hurt Locker. I thought he was a Jeremy better actor Renner. in that movie than. Uh, oh, is that his name? Jeremy Renner. Yeah, he's Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't care for him in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, Hawkeye doesn't have a. He's like the weird Avenger. He's like, hey, I'm here. I'm here. He needs a TV yeah. show. Yeah, he they, into the wrong room they asked him recently if he, he would is be, on the Avengers. You know, <laughs> they asked you know? him recently if he'd be open to a TV show, and he said, "Oh, totally." And I was thinking, like, give yeah. me something. Um, my favorite, more better than, favorite than, uh, part, uh, Daredevil. My, yeah, um, I think he is. I'm sorry. My I think apologies. Daredevil would catch those arrows, right? No, yeah. no, yeah. an arrow goes yeah. so quiet he wouldn't see it till it was too late. Until he heard that little like <laughs> flutter of the fucking back of the arrow swinging back and forth as it bedded in his forehead. But he like, has he just shoots arrows too. Yeah. He the has explosive part, arrows. The funniest part of the Avengers for me is uh, <laughs> when Hawkeye. It's like towards the last act. Where they're all like everything, all the shits blowing up. Everyone's crazy, and Hawkeye is like he jumps off a roof, he he fires an arrow, it, it like connects to a rope, and then he he crashes through a window and he lands on the ground. And, and look, he's just like, oh shit! Like he's just like, oh god! Like he doesn't. You can just tell that he's like a human being. He's like, oh my god, get me home! <laughs> it, you, it's just I love that. It's so funny. I mean, and and it's you know because he is he's just like there. He's he's like the guy who helps children out of the bus. You know, he's like, hey, the bus is the, you the know, bus that's fell what over. he should be doing. I'm yeah. gonna call it now. I bet they kill him off in the next Avengers movie because I, I feel like that's what Ultron. I feel like they've been ripening him, ripening him up for that. They got his family backstory now. We know he's got people counting on him. It's really gonna tug at the heartstrings when Jeremy Renner explodes because he actually runs into an actual supervillain and he just yeah. vaporizes his ass because that's what actual supervillains do to humans. They yeah, vaporize them by arrows. looking at them. Like, like when 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 it when uh, when it when it finally all comes together, and we get the Affinity Gauntlet cooking. Um, I think those movies are going to be great, and the scale is going to be massive when you when you have the Guardians of the Galaxy interweaving with X Men and Spider Man is swinging in with Captain America's shield, throwing it to to uh, you know Captain America. It, I love that there's so many characters in the Marvel universe, and they seem to be mixing them well. Um, although I, Ultron was definitely a step down for me. I, uh, I didn't yeah. like it nearly as much as the predecessor. Right, and I think a lot of that really does have to do with a studio saying, hey, these things have to happen. Because the Avengers was the end of a phase, and Joss Whedon almost had most creative freedom, and, and there were just a few things they had to do, but none of it was like this big setup. It was really just a standalone movie that kind of was like the end of something. And so Whedon was able to just end it and have all this amazing shit 
with Ultron, it did kind of have to connect and it just it was just too much happening and, and too many creative ideas being thrown at the wall, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And for me that was Batman v Superman. <clears throat> it's Batman's amazing at it. The action's awesome. Um it's a badass looking movie, but the story and the narrative, it's all over the place. And it is grim. I mean, it is like humorless. Just this hmm. blah. And and I I get it. Batman is dark, but I mean, the Dark Knight was a funny film. It had jokes. Yeah. There were moments, and obviously, the, <laughs> obviously the joke, the Joker's in it. But even Batman Begins was somewhat lighthearted at times. I mean, it, there were moments where you could laugh with it and, and feel like, okay, I get like when when he's uh, testing his Batmobile for the first time, and he's like, "Does it come in black?" Like, just great <laughs> moments like that. There's nothing yeah. like that in Batman v Superman. Like the funniest parts are are not even funny. It's just they kind of it it just feels like a a thing like a pin dropped and you can hear it drop like it's how quiet everyone was in the I, I would like some witty repartee between Batman and Superman while like while they're fighting like like little don't, quips don't back and forth it. and insults and stuff like and the cool thing about it would be that Batman could whisper the insults and Superman would still hear them <laughs> and stuff you know so it wouldn't matter if Superman was like thrashing him and 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 swinging him through a building he would just be like You'll never live up to your father, Clark. You'll never make him proud. You failed them before. You'll do it again. And he, he's just like in his head. That would be great. But yeah. you, know, you know what I want to see is I want to see the only realistic way that Batman could take down Superman. It's just eight hours, just long series of humorless litigation in court. <laughs> Constant. Batman has a team of attorneys <laughs> on this retainer taking down Superman. Superman's desperate. You know, he has no currency. He doesn't understand it here. He's, he's getting murdered in court. He's getting angry, breaking the desks. Uh, right. yeah, they're like, let's talk about Mr. Kal-El's legal status in this country first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> fucking Trump sends him back to... Where's he coming from? Krypton. Krypton, thank you. People of Gotham versus Superman. <laughs> 600 parking tickets. Yeah. You, you can't build a wall to keep him out. It's funny because, like, I, again, no spoilers, but the movie, it's funny how close you are to actually how <laughs> how the, how uh, parts of the movie actually does look, like put Superman in, in a way on trial, but they never... They never go anything interesting. It's just Snyder's answer to everything is it, something will eventually blow up. It can't be interesting to have Superman on a trial run by humans. The very nature right. intrinsically of that, it can't be interesting. It's like me being on trial of a bunch of stuffed animals. If the worst <laughs> thing that can happen is that I decide not to leave. Oh, you've captured me. No, I can leave whenever the fuck I want. Superman can sit there and be like, oh, golly, am I guilty, guys? Oh, you got me. And then... Boom! Just the entire court is exploded, yeah. and he leaves. Like there's no, there's I, nothing at stake. That's why it's not exciting, you know. I, I'm aware that I'm saying this without having seen the movie, but I, I, like I said, they had to load up a bunch of stuff to get the DC universe fired up. But I really would have liked a Superman movie where it was just Superman, and he was dealing with those issues—the issues of being a god, uh, at least a demigod, uh, in comparison to all the other human beings, and what that would be like, and what. I mean, surely if there were such a being in our real world right now, there'd be groups of people who worshipped him. I mean, we've got cult leaders who just t are good at, uh, are just silver-tongued and good at s telling you know, people lies, and they, and they get, end up getting worshipped. you like got a guy flying through the air. He's going to have a cult. The Watchmen handled that really well. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but th there was a character named Dr. Manhattan, and there are parts of it where, like, this guy could snap his fingers and fix all the problems, right? He was just, he was a super genius. He could do anything. He could clone himself. There's scenes where he's having sex with a woman and, like, 
coding on the computer. Doing the science in the background. Yeah, yeah, right? It, it's, <laughs> He's yeah. doing 30 things at once. It, it, yeah, with literally the clones of them. And he had like 12 dicks if he wanted them. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> there was a part where he goes to Mars, I think, if I, I think it's where he went. And yeah. they're, they're de- like asking him, like, hey, you know, can you help us? We really need you. And he ex- tries to explain, like, look, I don't care about you. You are so nothing to me. You, the, the, you are roaches or crickets to me. It's you're a blink of the eye in terms of, you know, time across the universe. And, uh, I don't know, it just, it was really, it was like, I know, I know, but it would be so easy for you to solve this problem. That's so key to us. I always thought when he's fucking the, the chick, who's very hot, by the way, um, I was thinking, like, I bet he's, like, there's definitely more than one penis involved. Like, he's for sure double penetrating her, because if you if, if, if your boyfriend can have a dozen penises, like, at some point, you're going to take advantage of the fact that your boyfriend can have a dozen penises. Well, I'm sure. I think you top out at two, being useful. A dozen. I, what, what do you yeah, do? You get at you least put three or four in there. Maybe I mean, yours, you know, belly button, maybe. I'm talking okay, about different, different entrances. <laughs> keep yeah. the streak alive. Oh, keep brought it up. All right, keep streak moving. Keep no, would, it, would it just be a little one? But um, right? but yeah, like, Zack like... Snyder's um, an interesting filmmaker. I I, I, I like his films, but they're all kind of similar and and they're all flawed in, in similar ways. Is but he the one that made visually the beautiful? Yeah, I, I mean, it's got a it's a good looking movie, but in classic Snyder fashion, he has a hard time balancing the amazing visuals with a great story. I yeah. I like that movie more than it seems most people did. I really really I like, like it. that. Yeah. I like it. you and I like like it seems like most people hate that movie and I watched the extended long ass version that's like 3 plus hours. I liked it. I fa- I thought it was very interesting to see more down to earth uh superheroes who mm-hmm. who in effect are just really fucking strong and that's their superhero. That's their superpower. Most of them. It just it seems Smart, like they're good at, agile, they're good at fighting. They different he- different powers. Right? There's a guy who could pretty much dodge bullets, right? The, the, the blonde, handsome guy at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them who are like super duper powered. You know, they're like another him. tier above. But like most of them are just good at fighting, it seemed. Yeah. Yeah. Daredevil wouldn't have made the cut. No. He wouldn't have yeah, been invited to class the first day if that was what he was applying for. No way. Well, anyway. I'm trying to think what other movies came out that... Um, that I'd like to hear your your opinion on. I know that Chiz is saying what. No, Chiz is all talking about more superheroes. Uh, yeah, yeah. superheroes. I like Sicario a lot. I thought that was really good. Um, How about I, uh, Mad Max or Star Wars? Do you guys see Mad oh, Max? Oh, Mad Max was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, Mad Max was... was my second or third favorite film of the year. I watched it twice in theaters. Loved it. Um, Mad Max was like literally the only movie last year I gave my highest grade to A plus. It was the only film I got it last year. Do you, it was, bother you that the the, plot the, was the phrase eye candy gets thrown around a lot, but Mad Max really is eye candy. It's just oh like my. it's it's great. Like it's just a nineteen eighty five movie that came out in twenty fifteen. And it they just <laughs> but they were utilizing today's technology to make it. And it, that's something I loved yeah. about it. Was it was just so old fashioned. But it like you know there are CG in the film, but it's mostly used for uh, background rendering. Like maybe we'll put some clouds here or extend the mountain range a little bit, stuff like that. The most or flesh most out the, the you know the, the, yeah. the, the CGI is really good at, at fleshing things out. At, you know mm-hmm. you know adding that extra ten percent that in reality makes the shot. Yeah, um, there's I mean, those the scenes best... where you've got it's it, they'll have twelve real vehicles, but then they'll throw in eight fake ones in the background and, and now it's an armada of vehicles coming across the desert and they you know they hype yeah. up the the sand a little bit get the lightning flowing and 
it was beautiful. Um, yeah. I, I really, uh, I really like Mad Max. Uh, I know there's a black and white version, uh, yeah. and I intend to watch that as soon as I get it. Uh, I don't want to see. I, I love the soundtrack in that movie too. Yeah, like the whole chase, the first chase, just gets you hyped and going, yeah. and then you get more excited when you realize like this isn't a movie. It's not bickering with itself about the plot. It's not concerned with that. It knows exactly what it is, and it is nonstop action. But yeah. they did you guys all though like it, the whole thing is like oh they're gonna go out and she turns left instead of right. Okay, I've spoiled it. You know, like that's yeah. there's. I get that it's eye candy. I, I I like Mad Max. I feel like I'm dogging on it. I just felt like it. You know, for it to be a great movie, it it needed more than just visuals. I like the universe they built. I like that the war boys have leukemia, and that's why they're getting blood transfusion. That's why they're all pale and shit. I like that their religion is the, the V8 V8's. religion, yeah. and they're they're worshiping the V8 altar. And you know, to to have a wheel, to have the wheel of a car is an honor, and to be a lancer is like a secondary position. And they've got this whole hierarchy and the you know the the, the scarification that they've got going on. And um, when she's talking, when the girls are talking about that, the, he's just a war boy on um. On his half life or whatever, it, it's clear that there's been a nuclear, um, you know, holocaust, and and now everybody has been affected by it. They're not so healthy. Um, there were some, re- and you know, you got the titty milk ladies in there. They're milking <laughs> all those fat women. Like, who wrote that up? That you want? You know what I mean? Like, like somebody idea. was like, yeah. I, and they've got the fake baby dolls. Did you notice that? How dark was that? That these 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 large women are being milked for their breast milk, and they have fake like baby dolls that are like post-apocalyptic scary baby dolls, all fucked up and mangled with one eye, and they're like rocking them. It was it was pretty dark. Um, that is I, dark. Yeah, yeah those, I, I remember those dolls. It's like, have you ever seen pictures of like it'll say like Halloween 1908, and the kids are all standing there in their homemade costumes, and horrifying. they're horrifying. They're horrifying. Very, like very they're dark. Standing there, like that evil doctor with the long beak, and it's just like, what parent was like oh, with glee, you know, be like, oh, hope you don't die in World War One. Like, <laughs> I think what makes that movie to me, despite Tom Hardy's amazing, he's he does a really good job. It's it's solid as a rock, but Imperator Furiosa is the mm-hmm. coolest female character He's that really there's cool. ever been. Maybe going Ripley and Alien. It, 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 they're, they're side by side. I feel like, like, like she no, is the epitome arms. of like a female badass. Like no, she's not sexualized in any way. She's there, there's no. We don't care about her titties. We don't care if she has a love interest or or, or any of that. It's all about kicking ass and driving a big rig, and 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 I love that. Yeah, she was phenomenal in that movie. And um, from what I understand, there was a lot of tension on the set because I guess both her and Hardy kind of had a hard time really understanding what George Miller, the director, was going for. And I've since like since it's come out and everyone loved it and Tom Hardy has like publicly apologized to him like in, in so many interviews saying like I'm sorry the movie was so good. I'm sorry I doubted you. So it's one of those movies that for me the first time I saw it, I was just blown away. It was just one of those movie going experiences. It it reminded me why I love movies so much. It reminded me that movies could be that transformative to where uh, they can actually like inspire you and just make you want to. I was laughing out loud. <clears throat> I was I was laughing out loud. I was like nudging my girlfriend and going, "Wow!" Like you know, when 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 there'd be a big action scene or something would happen that was ridiculous, when a face gets ripped off or something yeah. like that. It's like this is really a beautiful movie. I love the fire. I love the flamethrower guitar man just fucking oh, ripping it amazing. the whole time. It's just I I love that. Um, I I love that it. Part of their procession is. 
you know, he's playing the war drums. He's, you know, they got the music going, and and then I like the the various factions with the bullet farm and everything. Um, very cool. I, I look forward to the next one. I hope that they don't do something stupid and put Charlize Theron in there again because her chapter is done. Mad Max should now move on to another thing with another group of interesting character characters who are equally as fascinating as 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 Furiosa was. I hope that's the the path that they take. Yeah, because that's kind of what he is. He's not- and and let me just throw this out there: the the coolest thing they could possibly do would be to sneak Mel Gibson in there without anybody knowing it. I was just going to say, I was just going to say what I honestly would love this. It probably won't happen, but if, if Miller made the next one and just had it be like 20 years after Fury road, just have Gibson play him again. I'd be just, yes! that'd yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yes. Or at the very least a cameo, <laughs> like at least have him yelling at a Jew in the background <laughs> for a couple seconds. He could be the Jew master or something like like oh just God, really go over the plan. top like he's whipping them and stuff like no I don't want anything like look I've forgiven Mel um for, is for he his working anti-sim- again? Yeah, no, he's yeah I mean he's, he's got a he's directed a film called Hacksaw Ridge this year he's in a movie called Blood Father look the thing is like my wife's Jewish you know like I I have no I understand. Look, this guy was an alcoholic. You saying long you time. relate to it? and <laughs> you're like my life's Jewish I know where he was coming from. Is that where you're headed? No, <laughs> I'm saying my my wife is Jewish, uh-huh. and it's one of those things where if anyone were to be upset seeing I hatred know. towards towards Jews, I it would be me. You guys, right? Um, and one of those things where the guy fell off the wagon. He had a terrible night. He said some shit, and he it wasn't just the Jews. It wasn't just Jewish people. He did. He, he said yeah, things yeah. about black people. He said things sure. about women in particular. Yeah, yeah. He was just angry and drunk and spewing it's, hatred. The, the other, the other thing is, this was a decade ago. It, it's, it's done. It's, it's been talked about until it's been buried. And I'm surprised Gibson isn't buried. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know. <sighs> People make mistakes. If if I were to sit there and and judge him, you know, for some really terrible, horrible shit he said, acting like I've never said something that could possibly offend somebody, then I'd probably I'd feel hypocritical. So and the thing about it is, you point. know, he what he never said any of those things publicly. You know what I mean? Like th- yeah, they this were never goes meant back to, be to public. remember when that 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 old white basketball team owner said all that shit that he shouldn't have said at it in his house. It, private conversation. Sure. And, or and Hulk then he lost Hogan. A, or, well, Hulk Hogan got scary. his fucking... Let's talk about that a bit. Hulk Hogan dropped the fuck... We went, Hulk mania has been running wild all yeah. week all over Gawker, and it serves them right for their nasty tabloid journalism, their yeah. sexist nasty tab, tabloid journalism. I love when they show the disparity that, that, that came up when Jennifer uh, Lawrence's nudes were leaked. The Gawker's, Gawker's point of view was... Oh, no, shocker. Jennifer Lawrence's nudes are out there, and some websites won't take them down. But then when it's Hulk Hogan, they're like, here's Hulk Hogan's tape. We won't take it down. You know, and so it serves them a right. $150 million plus $25 million in punitive damages. That can be reduced, but they don't. Uh, that guy's got $3 million in assets outside of Gawker, so he's going to have one hell of a time funding the uh, the legal process that, the, going forward and the appeals process. Did you see? Um, did you see the question that was asked that that creepy guy, like the Gawker guy? Like I, I saw the video. Okay, the guy, the guy, the the lawyer was like, um, "Do you? Is there any celebrity sex tape that you think is not newsworthy?" And he goes, "If it's a child," and the lawyer's like under what age and he straight up says 
four. And I just went, I got goosebumps over my entire body. Chills went down my spine. I was like, I am looking at a fucking psychopath. That, like, I was just like, pay Wait, Hulk Hogan. Who said this? Yeah. Uh, right, so, the no. guy who, who runs Gawker or whatever. So they're, uh, um, they're, um, what's the thing called when he's like in front of the grand jury or whatever? Like they're, they're, they're taking his testimony, they're recording him, they're video recording him, getting his statement deposition. or whatever about this deposition. Thank you. And, uh, and they ask him that question, and he jokingly kind of says, you know, if it was, if it was under four years old, that, that'd be inappropriate for a celebrity sex tape. And when they got to trial, they brought that back up and they grilled him over it. They, they said, could, could you read back what you said? And he's, he's like, well, I was, I was making a joke. You were making a joke about a four-year-old child's sex tape. Yeah. Well, yes, and you thought that was funny. Well, I, I was being sarcastic. And then they go into the, they talk about the deposition process. They're like, you know, you had opportunities to change this testimony. You were asked, you know, to, to go back and review and see if you were happy with everything. Um, that video camera that was recording you, was it hidden? He's like, no, no. So you know, you knew that you were on videotape saying that, you know, they really grilled him over that. And that was probably Good. part of the decision that they were, they, they were looking at this guy and being like, this guy is a piece of shit. He's kind of Fuck a creepy him. motherfucker, yeah. Yeah, but it was a yeah, sarcastic so, um, remark, right? Like it was a sarcastic. It was remark. an inappropriate time to make one. Yeah, not a good time. It was an inappropriate time to make a sarcastic remark when you're being deposed during a when when Hulk Hogan's yeah. suing you. I'd I, say I, worst time. Yeah, I'm a Hulk Hogan fan. I I, I watched wrestling uh, as a kid when I was four or five um, with with my grandpa. I liked Hulk Hogan. I like his whole shtick. I like the things that he does. Um, he he was he was sleeping with that that his his his, uh, his buddy's wife. His buddy wanted him to sleep with his wife. It was that kind of an arrangement, and okay, um, and he was secretly recorded, and then that was uploaded, and then because of that, part and one there's only like nine seconds of actual sex, but there's one part where he goes on this uh, this rant about how his daughter Brooke is dating a black guy, nine and seconds, he doesn't like bad. that, and he he says the n word, and that 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 got him fired from WWE. So his lawsuit has it's all come full circle now, and I, I'm glad to see him kind of. Get what he deserves, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Fuck Walker. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, um, separated from all of the story of it. All I know is just certain things I've heard, and and I've just, I, all I know is I've heard quite a bit of people just come out saying, "Look, I know this guy. He's not racist." You know, it, yeah. it's it's it was it's it's not a it's a terrible moment in his life that was filmed and recorded, and and that's the that's the danger of celebrity. You know, I mean. You you go everywhere and you're photographed. I mean, if you if you got caught picking your nose, like it, it's national news. Uh, Emma Stone caught picking nose at Starbucks, and it that, you know what I mean. So it's one of those things where you you sympathize. You're like you don't condone what you're like. He probably shouldn't have said that, and and with that tone. But you but you also sympathize with the fact that being recorded almost constantly has got to be rather difficult. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't like that when um, when anyone gets in trouble for something they said in their in in a private conversation. It seems like you should be able to think or say anything you want in a private conversation, even if it's literally hate speech. If if you and I are just sitting here talking, obviously right now we're being recorded and this is going out to hundreds of thousands of people eventually. But if you and I were privately having a conversation, I should be able to say anything I want, no matter how hateful it. It is, and that shouldn't have any repercussion on my job outside of you and uh, outside of our private conversation. And that's why when that stuff happened to Donald Sterling, and uh, when this happened to Hulk Hogan, I'm just like, well, 
this is bullshit. That you know, it, it, I, I didn't like it at all, and I'm glad to see uh, the the Hulkster get paid off because he's had a rough time with his wife, and he's had a rocky few yeah. years. The only news I've heard about him is how he keeps falling deeper into this rock bottom pit, and then finally to see like, all right, well, something went his way, even if he doesn't end up. I, I read some comment. Uh, that said, I think it was on Reddit, so it probably doesn't mean jack shit, but it was like, oh, well, here's a kind of layman explanation of why he's not going to get any of this money. Um, maybe that's true, but I hope he at least drains Gawker of quite a bit and really makes it difficult for that to be a sight. Can you, you sum see it that up, thing like, that... why he wouldn't get that money? I, I, I couldn't even begin to. It was something about how uh, Gawker could re reattribute their resources to some other company that they're owned by i i don't know but uh I don't, I if saw, this is like a real blow to gawker that'd be great that website sucks ass i saw hulk tweeted out that photo of like him in the 80s or 90s like doing the flying elbow drop on a pic <laughs> on the gawker emblem or whatever he's like oh you know coming from the top rope blonde hair flying that 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 hot dog skin of his glowing in the lights <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, all those images of him photoshopped into different places there's so many and it's just so awful yeah. of images of him photoshopped like kicking down the world trade centers and like flying yeah. through the pentagon like just <laughs> everything awful that's things. ever exploded and there's a picture of online he's kicking somewhere wrestling uh, used to be legitimate pictures, entertainment though. i feel like some of those characters that were created uh back in the day like the macho man randy savage so oh they, they, yeah oh yeah he's slapping <laughs> that slim jim he's got them he's got them glasses on can i tell you can i tell you uh the best thing i've ever seen of randy savage someone did a compilation video of every time <laughs> that that guy takes a breath and it's it's incredible. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, I'm at the boiling point. And then it just shows him going like, <laughs> and it's like all these cuts of him like taking like breaths. His veins are popping out. It's amazing. You, you got. He was I'm such a show. Sure I'm not sure what the title is, but it's a great video. He's the Macho Man Randy Savage. That guy was fucking hilarious. He was a great entertainer. Uh, I liked watching him. Uh, the Rock was really good. That's why The Rock transcended uh, wrestling and became such a great movie star yeah. is because he would get in the center stage and pick up that microphone and he would entertain the crowd. He would talk great smack against the guys he's going to beat up. He would he would tell jokes. I've seen him get out there with guitar and sing songs. Um, <laughs> he's just very talented and you could really get behind him. And He had catchphrases and the people's elbow and can you smell what The Rock is cooking and it was great. Steve um, I, I love him. Steve Austin was good. He, he he went for a different demographic though. He's that beer guzzling redneck big big, big old good old boy kind of kind of audience, and they love that shit. Um, I saw Steve Austin uh, a few months back. He was down. He was in my town. They were filming some kind of reality show. Um, I don't know what they were doing, but but we saw him at a restaurant. He's a big <laughs> dude. Funny. I'm curious about because you watched wrestling as a kid. When did you always know it was fake, or did you kind of um, pick that up later? I think as a four-year-old, I thought it was real because, like... Because you're four, yeah. Yeah, and, and they would, four or five, and they would have these, like... If you watch... I don't even know what the programming's like anymore, and as a five-year-old, I don't know what I was watching, but they would have, like, these long segments where they would interview the wrestlers, and, like, and, like there would be no fighting. There would just be them talking for long periods of time, and oftentimes they'd be wearing masks or makeup. You know, it'd be, like, Sting or some luchador motherfucker. And, like, as a kid, you're like... 
All right, it's like a Power Ranger or something. All right, I, okay, all right, fuck. Yeah, he's fucking a luchador. What a badass. You know, okay, that guy wears face paint. That's what he's about. When I was <laughs> a kid, they did not it was it. fake. Like, all those things you see of, like, the yeah. wrestlers hitting the reporters and stuff, that was my childhood. Like, it, it broke that it was fake. And the way that it broke, if I remember right, I was young, was um, they had to go on TV as either sports or entertainment, and they weren't allowed to go on as sports anymore. And that was when they had to finally just, like, give up the truth and say, yeah, all right, it's entertainment. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah but who was really believing The adults who were still really believing really needed to That's take a good look at themselves. Because they do that move where, like, it, like you, 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 like, put your hand on the other guy's head, and then you just do this. And just, yeah. like, like, you can but there's like, some we've real all stuff seen in the UFC. Too. We know what happens when big men actually meet in a ring and start Ugh. throwing down. Blood is flying rather quickly. But blood and flies in wrestling too. You're unconscious, broken bones, fucking, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. But these guys are doing it every night of the week. You know, uh, we'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina, throwing down tonight. We'll be in Atlanta, Georgia on Tuesday. <laughs> Three like, shows on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> what if you break your leg, uh, Holster? Uh, I'll be all right. <laughs> I think the most damaging thing they do to themselves is just trying to pull off all the crazy stunts, and then like oh, they're, they're they're off camera life of the working out and the the you know the, all that stuff is is really what kills them i think yeah it's a so many really of those wrestlers died young from like if you check a list it's like some of them are like 31 years old and their cause of death is a heart attack because some of these guys in the 80s were just doing so much cocaine and just screaming Steroids. at a mix of <laughs> yeah. immature adults and weird children every night like oh i'm gonna take you down it's like they're Veins are popping, like they're starting to collapse because <laughs> they can't inject any more drugs because they're just. Ric Flair had a heart attack in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair was one of my favorites too. Like he's not even a, a intimidating looking guy with that blonde hair and everything. But he, he he's like Cadillac driving, private plane flying, son of a gun. And he had his like backup man Dusty Rhodes. It was, it Have was you all ever seen very. Any of the videos of like the wrestling fails. Like yeah. when they introduce the like a new wrestler and, and it's a complete failure, or they like it, something goes wrong. When the Hulk, the Hulkster, or whatever, I never watched it, but I watched the clip where he forgot his lines once when he was yelling at the guy who owns it. What's that guy's name again? Vince um, McMahon. He was yelling at Vince McMahon, and he just lost himself on one line, just yelling over and over, like, "If you actually believe that I would leave this company, then." If you believe that I would leave after all of this, McMahon, that you don't even know what I would do to stay. And it's like, what? Like, he just completely forgot all his lines, and he's screaming about it. Oh, it's so funny. It would be funny if Vince was like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about? You're over, Hogan. And he's just screaming like him. I love, I think Vince McMahon is a genius. That guy oh, is, is hilarious. Um, Screaming you when know he's slammed that, by Trump. You know oh, he there, owns here's the video. all of those people, right? All those people that, that he produces, like The Rock and John Cena, like he's still getting big chunks of them, right? There's a reason why The Rock doesn't call himself The Rock anymore. He has to be The Rock. He can't be Rock or something like that. There's some... See, he has to do one or the other. Um, but I know Vince McMahon still takes a big chunk of John Cena's movies and all that stuff. Anybody that comes through his, uh, his program... Oh, yeah, a lot, of those, a lot of those movies are produced by like the WWE production company now, like oh, like the Marine Seven, starring John Cena. It's like, so yeah, yeah. They, they get they get a chunk of that. If you, you see can... me move off camera, I swear I'm not doing drugs. Uh, I, <laughs> I actually, my nose is starting to run. I have a a little bit of an allergy problem today. So, where are you no, based where? at? Where do you live? 
I live uh, in Ohio near Akron area. There's a super high pollen count today, so I took an allergy pill right before we started filming, but it's starting to wear off. Do you guys want to watch? Yeah, this I've thing? got. It's uh, it's that time of year. It, I used to have crippling allergies. They, I think I kind of grew out of it, but I've still got to take some Claritin or my eyes and, and yeah. nose. Just a mess. Do you guys want to watch this Hulk Hogan video real quick? I, I'm down to watch it. Yeah. You, so you, we you, click it and then we uh, queue up at zero and then we'll uh, just three, two, one, and you start it. Okay. Taylor, count it off. Three, two. One, go. And you know, McMahon, the fact that I had something to do with building this company just makes you sick. The fact that I am the one that put this company on the map and helped you make it what it is today, that makes you sick to your stomach, brother. Yeah. And all those Lear jets that you have, all those billions of dollars, the houses that your kids live in, the $20 million vacation home in Florida, whoa, 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 that was shut up. because of these maniacs. Shut up! Kiss my ass! <laughs> <laughs> this crowd loves this shit. Let me tell you something. I think you're starting to believe in your own bullshit, Hogan. I could have had anybody play the part of Hulk Hogan. I could have had anybody bring Hulk a man. Hold on one second, McMahon. You actually think anybody could have ran with Hulkamania? Look at all the guys you gave the ball to. Look at all the guys that had the belt. Look at all the guys that ran to the goal line. Nobody ran as hard and as long as I did, McMahon. If you actually think, if you actually think <laughs> I was just the right guy at the right place at the wrong at the right time, let me say <laughs> even he looks confused. More time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right <laughs> guy at the right place <laughs> at the right time, well then you're a bigger delusional bastard than I thought you were, McMahon. And you know something? I had a match with you a couple of, I had a, you know what I say right now, McMahon? Right now we just settled this because I had a match with a rock a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and you were the one that I wanted to get in the ring. You were the one that I was supposed to have a match with a couple of weeks ago. And you put the rock in your place, brother. You say you're a man? Well, then I say prove it, Vince. Get in this ring with Vince me. Vince is like... Right here tonight. I'd be funny if he went... You just fucked up all your lives, Hulk. <laughs> now you're actually fired. <laughs> like, no shit. Get out of here. I don't get why he, he never hands the ball off. Like, there's a point there where McMahon is like, all right, you just let me talk for a minute. Like, like, he steps in and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, trying to give him a second to compose himself. And Hogan's like, no, you listen to, you You can't actually think that I. Like, and he just, he just keeps running with it deeper and deeper. Uh, oh, it's, oh, I love that. That's embarrassing. That poor guy. <laughs> well, he's so got a, maybe he'll be uh, worth $140 million extra dollars soon. He won't have to do that anymore because he's clearly a little, little past his prime there. 
he's not. I, I remember seeing him uh, body slam Andre the Giant though. Um, that 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 was awesome. A guy weighed like 500, 550 pounds or something. He, he was picked a weak him up. Slam, though, you right? ever seen those pictures online of that dude holding like a beer can, like a normal sized beer can? <laughs> he can put an egg through his fucking wedding ring. What? Guy was a it's a crazy giant. picture. It's like he's holding it like this, you know? Yeah. Like a teacup. He could drink incredible amounts of alcohol. And he like, did. Like, no shit, he weighed 600 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love him in The Princess Bride. That, that's, that's great. Oh, yeah. It's a thing you get to act more. Um, Have you ever one up in up? He apparently drank like 145 beers in one night or 150 beers in a night at some hotel, like passed out, and the hotel staff couldn't move him because he weighs yeah. like as much as a baby elephant, so they just like I put a carrier could... rug over him. You think he could beat Wade Boggs' record? What's Wade Boggs' record? I know it's baseball. Is that a real beer can? Uh, Wade Boggs drank like 170 beers on a oh. flight cross country okay. and then went three for yeah. four. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a true thing. It's a true story. He actually did. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't have been. A, there's no way he could even fit on a plane barely. Um, but he could have drank that many beers easily. He would have crushed yeah. the Wade Boggs challenge. Yeah. I, uh, I, I like Andre the Giants. It's it, that. I always liked him in the wrestling because he was kind of a gentle giant. Like, he had a hard time being mean to people. He was like, well, you're a big dummy. <laughs> just like, all right, then, Andre. And they had this whole thing. They had this bit where, like, I don't know. It, it was like like Andre. I think it was Andre. And he was beefing with some other wrestler. And they, like, disrespected the other's, like, father's funeral and drugged the casket behind a car down the road. It was, it was all ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, res- wrestling's always been pretty interesting. They, they put on a a show. I don't watch that shit, Can to be you honest. imagine it, being it seems... so mad at someone that you dragged their father's corpse <laughs> to end their casket down the road like some sort of ancient war chieftain who just conquered you'd, another tribe? You'd have to be pretty angry at him. Over wrestling. Look at, could you show everybody this, uh, maybe this, yes. uh, this thing Chiz just, just sent us? Because it's staggering. The tail of the tape. Yes, oh, seven foot four, five hundred twenty-four pounds, a seventy-one inch chest, twenty-one inch biceps. Um, although Hulk Hogan's biceps twenty-four inches, that, that's why I, I knew that. I yeah. knew he's always talking about the twenty-four inch pythons. Hulk Hogan uh, looks like a small guy in that picture, and he's huge. Yeah, he's a big boy, six foot eight. I didn't know six. Wow, I didn't know Hulk Hogan was that big. Well, six, that's eight. not true. There's yeah, no way. I don't think this is true. Is this true? No, Andre the Giant was like seven foot. Two or seven foot four or something. Or seven foot flat, maybe. No, he was taller than that because I think he was taller than Wilt Chamberlain, and Wilt Chamberlain was like seven foot one. Okay. He had nine inch wrists. Hulk did. Uh, nine inch Hulk wrists. Hogan. Hulk Hogan's uh, six seven. Wow. But is he? The guy, if you even... actually believe that I'm six seven, <laughs> <laughs> if you actually think that. <laughs> Let me and you believe one, one <laughs> so you really understand <laughs> just let me just start over <laughs> is what he's really saying let's get a reset yeah that, <laughs> he's seven foot four for real yeah that's that's a like forced perspective though that photo because yeah, he's standing so. in front of everyone that's a literal unless where is he in the philippines well, i know what it looks like when carrie yules jumps on his back and that's that's enough for me to know he's a giant the guy, guy's enormous have you, there's a there's a Reddit and it's just called like Yao Ming standing next to things, and some of the things he stands next to are also really tall people. Where you're like, wow, that puts a real perspective on, you know? Because yeah. he's like, he, when he stands next to Shaq, Shaq looks like a decently tall guy. Like yeah. you wouldn't look at him and 
that it was out of control because Yao Ming is just. It, you just reminded me when I was a kid, I used to watch the the NBA. I watched uh, the Chicago Bulls and stuff when Jordan was playing, and uh, I always thought I was like, all those guys look pretty normal, you know. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I saw Muggsy Bogues come in there, and Muggsy Bogues is one of the shortest basketball players of all time. And I was like, who is that guy? Like, what is he doing? And then I remember I saw a video of, like, NBA players with other people. And, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh. So they're all really tall. That's why they all look normal. I met so, yeah. Shaq. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so first, like, I heard he was in the hotel, right? And uh, it was at, he was at some, like, LG gaming thing at the same time. I don't think he was there for the gaming. And uh, I hear Shaq is around, and people are like, dude, Shaq's here, Shaq's here. And then I see this guy. And he's gigantic, and he looks like Shaq, but like I was like, all right, I guess he just looks a little different on TV. And he's like, like the guy could easily just walk up and put his chin on top of my head, and everything about him was ginormous. Like his wrists were big, his biceps were big. He's strong. He weighs like a hundred pounds more than me. Huge man. And then I realized that's not Shaq. That's like his brother or his cousin or something. <laughs> Shaq comes out, and he could do that to this guy. Like, Shaq was even bigger than the guy that I thought was Shaq. And it, it was just like, like I didn't know humans came in that size. Shaq was yeah. enormous. That's, uh, <laughs> well, who's the, um, oh, God damn it. Who's the, uh, the 80s action? Steven Seagal. I saw, I met, I saw Steven Seagal at SHOT Show, and he was standing there signing an autograph for someone, so I didn't speak to him or anything. But I stood next to him to kind of size up on the Steven Seagal scale. He's a big boy. Hey, I'm going to guess he's about 6'4", maybe 6'5", but I, I, I doubt it. He's at least 6'4", like a legit 6'4", and two, at that time, 280 pounds? I don't know. Yeah, okay, More than yeah, that now, just as he's, right? He was chubby and very bald, and he had a, uh, like a, a bandana do-rag situation going on, and he had a lot of either tanner or spray tan or something on because he just didn't look human. He had those Donald Trump, <laughs> he had those Donald Trump eyes where they're real pale, like like near the eyeball, but everything else is kind of orange. And he was still doing that fucking voice that he puts on for the movies. I heard him. He was like, "Yeah, what do you want me to say?" You know, like while he's like writing the autograph, and he's like, "What are you doing trying to intimidate this person you're signing the autograph for?" That's, he seemed like kind of a douche. But that's the thing about Steven Seagal. I can't tell if he's if he knows he's a goof or not, right? So if you're a UFC fan in particular... He doesn't know. Yeah, he Tell pretends... him the UFC, UFC stuff, and if you want, I think there's videos of him being silly and like doing that faux, like, like you know, flipping people around and he's, stuff. He's met with Anderson Silva. If people don't know him, he's uh, some people consider him... I, I don't like his star-tainted legacy, but they consider him the greatest of all time. He certainly has the most title defenses and crazy stuff like that. And Steven Seagal goes out there and says he taught him how to fight. He's like, oh, yeah, that forward front kick he knocked out Vitor Belfort with? I taught him that just recently. And, uh, like, it, he's seemingly serious about it, and I can't tell for sure. It's so obvious to me he's a goof, but he you never lets up. You think he could up. be a troll? It could Basically. be, right? <clears throat> Basically. Maybe? Don't you think? It's possible? Because how could it someone be that delusional? Because that doesn't look like someone who's taking themselves seriously. Oh, well, let me look. What, what do we have here? Yeah, that looks like someone who's on the wrong side of fame. Do you want to watch this together? Sure. Four minutes. Let's give it a go. Let's see what it's like. Call well, it. Kyle's not present, but we can give it a go. All right. Ready, set, 
played. Ariel Hawani post-fight at UFC 126 alongside Steven Seagal after Anderson Silva's brilliant win over Vitor Belfort tonight. And uh, Mr. Seagal, uh, you, thank you very much for the time, first and foremost. Uh, Anderson, after the fight, said that he learned that front kick to the face from you. Right. Where'd you teach that? Where'd you learn that? Where did I learn it? Well, I learned it, you know, uh, you know, sort of a, a variation of that in Japan probably 30, 40 years ago, and I've been perfecting it uh, all these years. It's not exactly karate, it's just something that I created that's a little bit different that I thought Anderson can learn well because he's sort of a natural-born athlete. He has very quick hands and feet, and his kicks are good to begin with, so... I started teaching him kicks that I thought he could really hurt people with, and uh, in practice he was knocking people out with body shots. At that point, I knew he was going to start to really make these kicks, you know, work. Have you ever seen someone in a combat sports match knock someone out with that kick? You know, the best part of this is that this, this guy doesn't even do his own stunts in his action movies anymore. <laughs> he's, apparently, he's, he's apparently able to do all this amazing stuff. And he's talking like he's got a shot so collar on that's going to get him off. if he gets just thinking? a little bit too really loud. Well, let me just talk to you this decibels. volume. That's what awesome. are your thoughts on this is how the people first talk, couple minutes you know? of the fight where they were sort of yeah, not really like each other? I just felt that yeah, he looks like a real goober there. I can't believe he's serious. Could he be trolling us? I don't think so. I think that that's someone who let... I don't know, it's like if Chris Pratt suddenly decided that he was the Guardian of the Galaxy and, you know, was going to sign up for NASA. Like, he really thinks... I think that's why he became a cop, right? Because he thinks that he's the cat's pajamas and that he is a real hard-ass. When maybe he is, like, a real hard-ass. He's a big guy, but he's also old and a bad actor and... Mm. Yeah, even, even, like... His best movie, which I guess you could maybe say is Under Siege, is really just a pale ripoff of Die Hard on a boat and not even really that good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, nothing about his career has been good. Like, no. this is all he is, is. So maybe he realizes the only thing I am is kind of something to, for people to poke and prod at and joke at my expense. So I'll right. just embrace this whole faux ninja kind of mystique that I've made for myself and, and see where it goes. So, that could be it, but that's way more brilliant than I think he is. Martial arts since the UFC started or MMA started has gone through like a ton of evolution and revolution in the last like 20 years. Cause if you go back to like, you guys are probably too young, but when I was a kid, people thought the baddest motherfuckers on the earth were those like gymnasts from the 1970s Kung Fu movies, right? Like they, they thought that was the, was the toughest people <clears throat> were. It turns out that the toughest peepers, people at the time were like wrestlers from the Midwest or something. Like that, that style was the one that, that seemed to win all the time. And the bullshit martial arts and the real martial arts got divided. Like you could see what was what. Boxing, turns out that's real. That's a thing that works. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, uh, wrestling, all those things were like real things. Um, karate was sort of in the middle. Um, now, what about ninjutsu? Ninjutsu tends no one does ninjutsu in <laughs> MMA fighting. And then, you know, when huh. they when they lose everything, like the ninjas and such, they're like, oh no, no, no. The moves that I could do were so deadly that my death touch would would be illegal in that sport. Kung Fu is another one that was was totally bullshit. And the reason I brought this up, uh Aikido, which is what Steven Seagal does, bullshit. 
it's this idea that I can somehow grab your wrist and like make you flip over and fall on your back and stuff. So and it's it, just like a movie. It's what he did in those movies. <clears throat> so he's a seventh degree black belt in Aikido. But I'm telling you, like if he grabbed your wrist and you decided not to, then like it's total horseshit. Like you'd just be like, no, like yeah, here's how I'll make Taylor do a front flip and roll into the ground and flail <clears throat> out. And I feel like, like he's I, yeah. I feel like he's thrown so many stuntmen into breakaway walls that he thinks <laughs> that he can actually do that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think he's built himself up that way. Um, I think that happens to a lot of actors, and it, I think the opposite is very true too. It's a it, it's a shame that a lot of these rappers and actors who have sort of a tough persona they have to go travel around with security because it's not like Steven Seagal gets picked. Get, has a fight picked with him once in a blue moon. It's like every time he goes to a, a, a crowded bar or nightclub, some drunk is going to be like, that's Steven Seagal? Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's who I meant to say because it actually happened to him. That's Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> I could kick Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass. I'm going to kick Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass. And then I'm going to be the guy who kicked Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass. And the guy kicked Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass, and that's what happened. Jean-Claude Van Damme should have had a big fucking six-foot-eight dude next to him, like Shaq does. I guarantee that guy Shaq has. He's the guy who's going to rough somebody up if they decide they want to throw down with Shaq. If I, if I have the Jean-Claude Van Damme story right, it's his bodyguard that beat him up. He had a six-foot-eight badass with him, and... That guy kicked Jean-Claude Van Damme's ass. Well, that's bad. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but if it is, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Can you look up and tell me if I have the story right? Um, yeah, a seventh degree black belt in Aikido. So is, Aikido, is this just you saying that it's bullshit, or is it kind of an understood thing in the MMA community that this is nonsense? I would say it's widely understood. There's a couple so, widely, so it's kind of like being like an eighth prestige in Call of Duty. Like no, no, you actually earned that. Nothing's done. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you actually earned this Aikido shit. Just like, right. like I'm sure you actually earn it, but it doesn't help you, yeah. right? <clears throat> There's some guy out there who thinks it works. Have you ever seen the video on YouTube of this guy? He thought that his like mind jitsu or something could yes. actually fend, fend someone off, and he, I'm sure Kyle's seen it. The guy, like, I can challenge someone. This kind of amateur karate douche goes in his gi and just starts beating the shit out of this master who's trying to like, this is. <clears throat> Is like, oh, the, the issue was back. that he, he was like this. He, he would put all these demonstrations where the, he would have a dozen students attack him like he's Bruce Lee. And very quickly, with short, quick movements, and, 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 and you know, he would grab the wrist and flip them, kind of like uh, we were discussing earlier. And they would just be flying like paper mouche all around him. And then he challenged, and then there's this challenge, this actual throwdown between him and a fighter. And the fighter does what fighters do. He punches the guy in the mouth immediately. <laughs> and, and, the guy, and, and, and the ninjutsu master Shaolin monk air tactic guy goes, fuck, I bleed? <laughs> I didn't know I had blood in me. Nobody's ever dared fucking hit me before because I flipped so many people through yeah. the air all day. Did you see like his, his little uh, preview technique where it wasn't even the whole like grab and flip which he does but he had like 12 Sometimes of his he... guys like <laughs> running at him at the same time and he did like a and like just yes. from a distance just like waved them and it was like they were a wave at a baseball game and they all it was crumbled. like he got lazy it was like for a while he would be he would be into it in high effort he, there would be like a ta 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 
and like knock a guy out. And then the next guy, he just kind of grabs his wrist and twists it, and the guy goes flipping through the air. And the next guy, he just kind of slaps him in the neck, and he falls over unconscious. But then the guy after that, he just kind of points at him and goes, Woo! And the guy just literally does a cartwheel and falls on his neck. And he goes, yeah, like, Whoa, like, what now? And then, like Taylor said, he, he goes, Ha! And a whole wave of people just like scatter like bowling pins. In fairness, <laughs> this fake martial arts guy, does he not have the better skill? Right? Like, I, yes, I, he's a manipulative. He's just a yeah. cult leader. He's a cult <laughs> leader. That's yeah. what I, yeah. where I was headed on this. Like, like that, that guy, the, the martial artist that beat him up, right? He's probably in the top 5% of tough guys. I mean, he didn't even look like a pro athlete or anything. Let's just admit that he's a regular sh tough guy. What's I'm 100% you? sure you could beat up that master. 100% sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. But what good is that? That master has managed to carve out a career for himself just doing this with his hand. That's amazing. Fair enough. Fair you know, enough. Can, can he use these skills yeah. other place? Like, does he talk people into accepting expired coupons at the grocery <laughs> store? You know, like, it's like, like multi-level marketing. Like, yeah, like, I guess that is redeemable. All right, two for one, two for one. Yeah, yeah, he's this crazy manipulator <laughs> that gets all kinds of shit, He looks back shit, at right? it, like the little Shaolin monks are like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fucking master did it again. Yeah, Two yeah. for one, motherfuckers. We're eating Domino's tonight. Yeah. He goes to a restaurant. <laughs> they're like super salad. He's like both. <laughs> and all of a sudden he has extra food. Like that guy's got got the gift. It'd be fantastic. Fair enough. He, but... He's like he's like the WWE of martial artists. He's got a lot of people convinced that it's real. But majority of people who are outside are like, yeah, that's fake. Does I don't he get his like lines things. wrong too. He's like, if you actually believe that I do not know how to control you, like, just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just picture I like him that, doing the Hulk Hogan thing. I like that in combat sports, you can actually say um, who is better, like a hundred percent. Like sometimes the Braves are going to beat the Yankees, and some days the Yankees are going to beat the Braves. That's why they play seven games, you know, to decide this thing. But at the when a fight happens, you, you know at the end of the fight, like like who who, who won and who lost. I, I love that about it. Yes, I'm sure there are some fights where someone's like, man, that guy was getting his ass beat the whole time. Then he lands one lucky jab and just that hits happens. The right button. That happens, but you see it and you and you and you know that you you get that eventuality just because it didn't go the way you thought it would. That's not a negative. That's that's another one of the positives of combat sports that you can have an underdog. You can have a guy get his ass beat. All night long, eating that jab, eating that jab, eating that jab until his face is blood and guts. But then he gets his takedown, and he's a jits master, and this other clown doesn't know what he's doing on his back. And it's all over because he's wrapped up in 45 seconds. And yeah, some he, fighters and, explode uh, when they have the adrenaline rush. You know, they get they get hit, they get hit, they get pounded, and then they... Uh... It's like the Rocky, the Rocky thing, you know. You you just take it, you take it, you take it, you take it, and it I'm not. I don't know much about fighting, but I I watch a little bit. But I'm not a huge sports guy, so I'm a little. That's why I'm not talking too much during this combo. Because all, all I can really say is, let's talk about sports like, movies. I can be like, yay, Rocky is great. Well, no, I I loved Creed. Creed blew me. I I was so surprised by Creed. I was walking in skeptical. Um, but I think it might be my favorite Rocky film, which is really kind of nuts for me to say. But I, I loved it. I haven't seen it yet, but now now I will based on that recommendation because I I, I think I, I I haven't been looking forward to it because it's just there's so many of them, right? Like yeah. I, at this point, it's kind of getting tired. I'm like I want to see Balboa make. <clears throat> I'd like to see Balboa do something completely different. He's always fighting. He's always training fighters. I, what if Balboa had 
what if fighting wasn't good enough? What if, what if he couldn't solve the problem with his hands? What if he had to pick up a gun? Finally, what if he Balboa had to escalate to law things? school? <laughs> no, no, Balboa's not going to law school. briefs. like, no, he picks up a gun and has to go on yeah. a shooting rampage. I'd, I'd rather see that. Yeah. Uh, it seems like your 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 things like your problems with entertainment are all solved by just giving the character a gun. Like I don't like Daredevil. Let's just give him a gun. I don't like Rocky. Let's just give him a gun. That well, problems it. in life are solved if you just have a gun. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, no, for me, it's just for the. I'm just I'm just messing with you. But no, I, I, and I like what something. what in the in the in the chat. Yeah, it's kind of like Rambo. That's what Rambo is. So Stallone <laughs> is, is is that's that's like the that's like Rocky grew some hair, went through a war in Vietnam, and now he's got a gun. It, it's it. What you you pointed out something pretty telling there <clears throat> about all movies and entertainment though, and that's that I think two pieces of technology completely change almost every story, narrative, movie, what whatever you want to call it, and that's the cell phone and the gun. Because those are the great equalizers mm -hmm. that mankind have come up with, I think. The cell phone means I can get backup. I, from anywhere and everywhere, I can get backup. You, you don't thing. just have to mess with me anymore. You, you might have to mess with all of us now. And, and Go ahead. So many movie plots are based on like missed connections or miscommunication. And the cell phone changes. Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. It's over in three minutes. All of Seinfeld? <laughs> Right? <laughs> They're yeah. on Tinder. Like, it's over, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if suddenly everyone can send text messages or phone calls to each other and they all have these devices in there, uh, that girl dies and taken with no cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting. So now, of course, plot, plots have adapted. But, yeah, if you put a cell phone and everyone can communicate and everyone can Google and all that stuff, it changes a ton of movies. And then the gun, I feel like, equalizes... Virtually every situation, like like how many movies uh, rely on the 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 device that the person the, the the enemy that we're dealing with, we just can't physically overcome it. Think about like Cujo, like we're just trapped in a car because of the big Saint Bernard outside, <laughs> right? Cujo comes, you just fucking shoot Cujo and you get out of the car and and then your little kid's not dying of dehydration. You're not no, then you don't have to deal with a slobbering Saint Bernard hand to hand because that's absurd. Sure. <clears throat> All of the, the slasher movie movies. would be boring as fuck. All yeah, of the slasher movies. Every movie character a gun and a cell phone. It'd be hard to manufacture a problem they couldn't escape. Like Absolutely. even the guys in Saw, where it's like, oh, we're gonna you know chop your head off if you don't do this intense. Oh well, I got a gun and a cell phone. The police are on the way. <laughs> um, you know that. that, that oh, like you give me forty minutes. I'll tell them to stop and get you know an energy drink on the way. I kind of like so, it because uh, it's sort of like when I see movies like that, it it reminds me. The things I take for granted, you know, because I mean, I grew up without the internet. I grew up without a cell phone, and these are all I, I'm I'm part of the last generation, and so I think some of you guys are pretty much close to my age too, right? I'm, I'm about I'm 28, 29. Okay, yeah, so we're like the last generation that grew up without the internet. Like every all the kids nowadays, they were born the internet. It's the thing, and so I when I see movies like that where a character is stuck in a situation like Cujo. Uh, it just reminds me, like, I, I kind of take for granted the fact that I have this thing right here that can just access anything. Like earlier, for instance, how tall is Hulk Hogan? How tall is Hulk Hogan? Oh, he's 6'7". Like, and it's funny because, like, I remember back in the day when I would have to physically go to a library or something to, to, to do research about for, like, a school project. About Hulk Hogan's height, yeah. Of course. <laughs> I, I, all, I could, all I could do was, was watch my, my 240p 
television with like the ante- the bunny antennas and, and look at Hulk Hogan and, and yeah. guess that he's probably a lot of about geometry work sitting yeah. there on yeah. the <laughs> yeah. taking account of like the, the weird meniscus shape on the front. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And <clears throat> I keep going back to the gun thing because I, I, I have a lot of guns. Uh, it's it's kind of like part of my lifestyle and stuff. But so I, I'm willing to put that aside. But when I, I watch a movie where any slasher movie, any any issue where there are bad guys coming to our house to hurt us, and and that's an issue for some reason, and also any movie where like <clears throat> for whatever reason they've decided that we can't kill the enemy, we just have to like knock them unconscious, like in um, um, Iron Man two, or was it no, it's Iron Man three when for some reason he's building like a taser zap gun instead of just going and getting a Smith and Wesson, like he's fighting terrorists, why is he making a taser zap gun? That Why does he need to build his own? Gun to a gunfight. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> Who brings it was a chainsaw absurd. to a gunfight? Kyle's gonna win all these movies. Every one of them. <laughs> any movie where the bad guy doesn't have a gun, I win all of them. I like 100% that. 100 of the time. Now, is that the reason that you? You've said before. I think I'm getting this right. That you're not afraid of movies where it's like, oh, you know, Mr. Jenkins gone crazy. He's out there with the scythe. He's going to get us. You're afraid Bring of movies. Bring it on, Mr. Jenkins. Yeah, Mr. Jenkins. Bring it on. You're not I've worried about him at all. on you. You've piled up all your clothes as a makeshift barricade in front of the door, just in case. Um, but your clothing I spend my afternoon shooting silhouettes of Mr. Like Jenkins. Of I've been waiting for this socks. day for years. But you're that afraid of demons. And we were playing uh, that uh, Age of Empires the, or Age of Mythology the other day. And I'll let you feel that, Kyle, because it impacted you more than it impacted me. And All it right, creeps so, Chiz out, too. This was dark. <clears throat> so it was like, it was late. I, I, midnight, one in the morning, something like that. And we were on our second game of this Age of Empires game. And Taylor, Chiz, and I are playing together. And we're using a public TeamSpeak server to communicate because we were having a lot of Skype issues. Skype's been buggy, and I'm sorry if, you, if, if any of you have audio issues. It's not us, and we've been working on this for hours of, uh, of time outside the show to make it right. But we keep having little issues with Skype, and I think it's Skype. So we, we weren't on Skype. We were on TeamSpeak in this random public server. And then suddenly we hear someone join, and the noise that he's making is this inhuman white noise screaming like just and it's overpoweringly loud it's so loud that I, I i literally throw my headset off but i can still hear it coming out of the headset so i've got to like turn my little switch off so i don't hear it anymore and i have to you know alt tab out of that screen and 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 switch to a new team speak server and then he joins that one i just got offline and chiz and i both agreed that it was disturbing. It sounded like a demon joined our team speak, and I'm sure it was some little asshole out there who's just being annoying, but it scared the fuck out of me, and I went to You know, to bed. it was funny because you guys both left right away. I stayed in the team speak line because I'm like, this is going to end soon, whatever. I didn't know they'd left, and I guess after you guys had left, like, it became very clear that it wasn't demon noises. It was like scream, like the Wilhelm scream from movies like that. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> and just like, random sound clips of like what you talking about Willis? what you talking about Willis? just like stuff that didn't make any sense just peppered in but uh yeah you didn't mention that you didn't get off right away you guys both came back and before that we were all chatting like talking shit because we we're playing free-for-all about how we were going to conquer each other and oh fuck you and i'd send someone to chiz and he'd be oh fuck you taylor having a good time we come back and it's quiet for like 20 minutes and chiz eventually is like so that was pretty pretty creepy right and kyle was just like yeah yeah, that really ruined my mood. And then he really didn't say did. anything else. He just logged off. 
that that really yeah. freaks you out. Those demon things. That's so interesting. Yeah, because I'm reversed. It, it really did. Because and and Chizd Chiz just typed this. He said Kyle is the man who said he thinks that there is a higher probability of angels and demons existing over aliens. And here's my rationale behind that. Aliens are something that by definition, should have some kind of material proof behind them, like maybe we get a radio signal or 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 they, they, they or we receive one from them or or we spot one, or you could okay. just okay. You, you just you could just go along the basis that the universe is so big that they would never get here anyway, so it doesn't matter if there are or not that they just couldn't have been here. So I'm willing to say that aliens are super super duper unlikely um, to, to be visiting us. I think that's highly unlikely. Just because of the size of the universe, I love um, them black, for entertainment. The, the black purposes. science man taught me this. Mm-hmm. For entertainment purposes, I love aliens. I, I love alien movies. I love. Yeah, I grew up watching the X Files. Um, so I, I've always been like, you know, I love entertainment around aliens. But I, I highly, highly doubt that, like, you know, tall, skinny, green, like black-eyed alien mm-hmm. men are, are, you know, walking around. But maybe like some bacteria or something somewhere i could see that happening I'm but you know fully now here's now, that there's intelligent life somewhere just not close as a must that's got to be out so, there so that's what i believe and 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 so i so that's firmly why i think no aliens are coming here so anybody who's seen a little green man, man is manipulate being manipulated or they're crazy or they're lying the reason I think that angels are angels and demons are more likely is because, by definition, an angel or a demon is some sort of they they live on a plane different from us, sort of a different a, a different dimension almost, which we know exists. Yeah, well, we don't and, know that dimension exists though. That, the black science man told me that we do, so I'm going I'm going with that. <laughs> he so so I feel like Touché. by definition <laughs> these angels are demons, which. Could, which are some sort of multi-dimensional beings, uh, by definition, are, are are impossible to prove or, or disprove. So, so maybe they do exist. Maybe so they're because floating you're not around, supposed like, to be able to prove that they exist, therefore they, pro- they they could exist. Therefore, there is there is because you can't dis- disprove them. There is at least a minute possibility of their existence. Where on the other hand, with aliens. By definition, we should have evidence of them, and, and there is hard, hard. No, we, we shouldn't like, have data to, no, there, The universe no, is so big. That, that's the point I'm trying to make. I'm sorry. That there's data there to consider based on the size of the universe that we just wouldn't encounter them. So based on both of those points, I think it's more likely there's some sort of angels or demons in existence than there are little green men uh, like flying around. One of around them or, was mainly just made up, though. Like. Made up, yeah, but but I'm not I'm not saying like um, little cherubs with wings that that come from Jesus Christ. I'm talking about whatever someone actually saw one time and attributed to being an angel or whatever awful like I don't know energy being. Uh, what about like, genies? Attack somebody like should, a genie? Do genies exist? No way. No, that's because that's some fucking made up shit. That's that's, that's like, the exact well, I'm having same a hard thing. time figuring out what's made up and what's not. How about leprechauns? Are they real? Uh, no, I think I, Woody. I know. Wait, going back, I think Woody I made think, a very good point with the genie because it wasn't I making think, a mockery of his point with a leprechaun. But the genie's <laughs> a good point. They believed in genies. They thought that was I a thing. Think, who believed in genies? I, I did think as a kid. I tested several lamps. Just there's something open. wrong I still, with. I test all of them. We know that now, just in case. So there's. I I feel like every group of people 
in existence have always believed in spiritual beings, right? They've always believed that there are intangible beings that are floating around some sort of energy that interact with us. And, and uh, Do you I, think that that's a consequence of insufficient knowledge, though? Because if you were to go, say, 300 years ago, you could be like, well, it's... Or I guess like a thousand I do think years that, ago, yes. like you, you, we, we know we've known for generations that our health is determined by our four humors and how those are balanced. With the, oh, do we have enough yellow bile, enough black bile, enough blood, and enough mucus? I, like the four humors of the body. Like, oh, yeah. you have too much blood. Throw a couple of leeches. Like, it's just a lack of information. I just until eventually be... we can be like, oh yeah, there are no wizards and demons and uh, angels and. I, I just want to be clear. I don't believe that there are angels and demons. I just believe that, that angels and demons existing is more likely than little green men existing. Now, is, is it possible? I, I often little rub green the men are aliens. I know they are. That's, what, what, I miss what no, Chris or said. aliens. Aliens. Alien beings like, like, you know, coming to Earth and visiting, that is much less likely than there being interdimensional, like, demons who have been plaguing mankind for years. Body, fucking Scientology is more likely than aliens actually visiting Earth. Like, like at least, I, I guess... No. Science, no. no way, because... By definition, Scientology even is the most ridiculous thing ever, because it does involve aliens visiting Earth. Yeah. See? Uh-huh. Came full circle there. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> I'm just going to make a point and uh, just debunk that real quick. Yep, doesn't make sense. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Flawed logic all around. Uh, all right. as, a, as a child, I often rubbed lamps, hoping that Robin Williams would come out, but it never happened. Oh. No. Robin Williams, yeah. he might have come. Yeah. So there's that. I was always wanting the genie from Aladdin to just pay me a visit and be my friend, but he never came. Oh, hey, oh, hey. Uh, Gary, Gary Shandling just died. Ah, yeah. who is uh, yeah. Gary Shandling? The guy from Larry Sanders. From Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. He's a comedian from the 90s. Uh, his yeah. last role was in Captain America Winter Soldier. Larry Sanders. Oh, he was Sanders there. plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. All right. What was his name again? Gary Shandling. He was 66. All right. Gary Shandling. Oh, you mentioned the X-Files earlier. I wanted to ask you your opinion about the uh, the six-episode miniseries reboot thing they did. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, it was a mixed bag for me. I loved... One episode. I loved the where the Where Man episode written by um, Darren Morgan. Uh, the season premiere was all right. The was the Where Man episode the one with the where the lizard man basically? Yeah, mm-hmm. I hated that one. That was really? the worst one for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, the worst one for me was absolutely uh, Babylon, which was the one where Mulder went on the mushroom drug trip, and uh, it was it was just so just all over the place. I liked yeah, that the, was- I liked the. I like the third one because uh, Darren Morgan is is written some of the better ones of the for me anyway. I like I like the comedy ones. He wrote like Humbug and some of the more comedy. Humbug was the Christmas that, one where there Muller and Scully are in the house with the with the ghosts. Or am I no, hum, that Humbug one? was the the sideshow circus one where they oh. uh, where like the guy is crazy and he has like a, a big ham, uh, nail that he constantly hammers into himself and all the sideshow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People. Crocodile people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, overall, it was a mixed bag for me. But to be honest, I'm a big X-Files fan. Every single season has a, is a bit of a mixed bag. There's always a season that has great episodes and bad episodes. Even the better seasons, like the first five to six, they all have a couple terrible mm. episodes sprinkled around. So 
I was excited to see the cast back. I loved seeing Duchovny and Anderson back. I think they still work really great with each other. But overall, the season, the event or whatever, season 10, whatever you want to call it, it didn't really hook me. I thought it was simply okay in the long run. Mm. I disagreed. I, I felt like I'm glad they snuck in some Monster of the Week episodes, even though they only had six. To But but my problem was that, that Wereman episode, I, I think, since you only have six episodes to do to to like sell the X Files reboot to me, yeah. that one just didn't do it for me. I I thought it was a really inventive concept, the sort of like the reverse werewolf thing, where this guy's mm-hmm. bitten by a human and now he's becoming one. Like that's a comical concept, but it just it just didn't hook me. What I did love is that they're kind of turning the whole massive conspiracy on its head and saying, "Oh no, you had it all wrong. Um, it's actually this thing." I really liked that a lot because mm. this because I. Uh, I've seen every episode of the X-Files twice, but to be honest, I'm still pretty foggy about that over overall big conspiracy that involves the Navajo and the aliens. And the reason why is because there was a divergence where there was a lot of proof to suggest that it's all aliens, there are bounty hunter aliens, you know, the syringes to the back of the neck, that all that stuff. And then there's the to- there's the all the stuff that supports the super soldiers created by the government uh, stuff. And I never knew which was which, but I guess now we do, and I like that. I, I like the mystery with, with Mulder and Scully's child out there. I think he's the one piloting that ship at the very end. I think he's coming to pick him up. Uh, I think that's really cool. And I, it, I had such a sigh of relief and such a moment of gratification seeing Mulder put his hands on that alien spacecraft. Yeah, and they asked cool. him if he'd ever seen one before, and he said, they said, in all your years, you've never you've never seen one before. He's like, no, never. And me as an X-Files fan, I know that he has seen one before, but they fucking stole his memories and took them away from him, and he mm-hmm. doesn't remember that he saw one. So for me, I'm like, yeah, Mulder. You... Oh, no. Did I lose everybody? Yeah, I, 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 it's, it, was, it was that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's been going. I don't think there's any interruptions, were there? Uh, only on my for side, me, the... I think. Oh, on my okay. side, there was too, yeah. Oh. Oh, I, I, I was just saying it was very gratifying to see Mulder finally get to touch the spacecraft. We talk about Lost here a lot as the worst show of all time um, <laughs> because it, it felt like uh, after with the writer's strike, they never really knew what the fuck they were doing anymore or where, the, where this story was heading. It was like when the writers quit, they didn't tell the new writers where all the storylines were going. And so every episode became a teaser for the next episode. And you were always pumped up like, oh, shit, next episode, they're going to get the others and they're going to fucking gun them down because that's what it's come to. But that would never happen. You'd never next get that. Episode, but but that time in X doesn't happen. Didn't happen. But Mulder putting his hands on a spaceship, I was like, it happened. Yeah. That happened. He did it. He's fucking done it now. Now he can keep climbing the ladder and tear down this conspiracy. Um, I thought there were some ridiculous things. It seems like they're trying to set up uh, some kind of bullshit reboot with those other two agents who are like Mulder Scully clones, but less attractive. I like, surely hope not. Even I really hope not. I won't watch a minute of that shit if they try to do that. They failed when they had Doggett and Reyes doing it before yeah. um, in season, ten, uh, season 9 or whatever. That was shit, and I, I watched it because I was a fan and because they had cameos, but I won't do it if they do it again. I won't watch and- that. Yeah, it, it for me uh, even naming her Einstein was a terrible creative choice. So so fucking oh so fucking lame. Yeah, it so was fucking lame. Like really bad choice for a name. Uh, Chris Carter, for me, is actually the weakest link of the whole show at this point. He he made the movie I want to believe, which I thought sucked. Um, you need to get what's his name back from uh, Breaking Vince Bad. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Yeah. 
Vince Gilligan made some great X Files episodes. Vince Gilligan get uh, and have. I would love if Rob Bowman came back and directed. It's my favorite episodes. He made the first movie. He directed the first movie, and now he does a lot of Castle. Um, but I, I, he didn't direct anything on the new on the new season. I would love if they brought him back because he made some of my favorite episodes by far. The Pusher episode. Uh, uh, he didn't direct Home. He direct, uh, Kim Manners directed Home, but he's since passed is away. Home, but is Home the one with the, can- the, the inbred? Yeah, the yeah. inbred. Oh man, that that's yeah. the one that's rated M for mature, and they only aired yeah. it like twice. I watched it. that shit in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I go to school the next morning, and me and my fifth grade teacher talked about it. I was like, "Did, did you did, did you watch Did you watch last night?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I think it came on Sunday nights then, so it's Monday morning, and she's she's like. We turned it off at our house, and I was like, "We you missed out." <laughs> I was like, "We didn't." I watched it till the fucking end yeah. when they when they're they're digging up bloody babies. They're smashing Andy Griffith's face with a baseball bat and his wife. There's a a a, a quadra bice, a no arm, no legged woman being slid under furniture and slid out when it's time to be. Fucked by all of her mutant sons at the same time, so yeah, they can make nuts. some sort of triple spermazoid mutant baby. <laughs> that's, that'll be pure. <laughs> that's I mean, it is dark. It's great shit, man. It's great shit. That's I would love a season of episodes of that level. I, I like. I like. Of course dark. you would. You're from Georgia. That's your king. Yeah, absolutely. We get down with it down here, little <laughs> little little motherfucking. Uh, you hell, you do what you got to do. Them boys don't look like they too pretty. I ain't gonna get going to the dance picking no ladies up. They looked hideous. That was the other thing. They're so inbred and mutated. They're just they don't they're inhuman. Like hills and have eyes, people. They are like hills have eyes, people. Yeah. Watch that episode that if you're out. Was fucked up. I, I I've I've had to search it two or three times to like find that episode because that's the one I like to show people as their first X Files episode. Yeah. Because it kind of like pushes them off the cliff and then it's like okay. Now let me show you what the show is actually about and the mm-hmm. big overarching storyline with the mini ones in between and Monsters of the Week and all that shit. But Home is a dark, dark episode. And it's it's Definitely. one of my favorites. Definitely. Right. Chris has been asking to leave. I think we need to let him go gracefully. That didn't seem graceful at all. What the fuck? No. Oh, I'm no, quiet. They, yeah, hear they can't hear me. I, it, so for people listening, there's some sort of Skype issue in which I'm silent and no one else is. And Can you guys hear me now? Yes, sir. I was saying Chris has been asking for us to let us go. So let's let's let him go. Well, I'm not I'm not asking to you, for you guys to stop. I just have to be somewhere at 1030 and it's 1024. So I'm yeah, just we like, understand. Oh, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Thanks for coming on. Tell, uh, really tell everybody where they can find you. you do you have a website? Uh, all yeah. that stuff. Plug it. Yeah. Plug your stuff. Thanks very much, guys. It was fun talking to you guys about all kinds of random shit. I truly was not prepared for all of that, but it was entertaining. Yeah, um, you did a great job. Thanks for coming if you on. Go- oh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, my name, Chris Stuckman, two ends on YouTube. Search me. I do movie reviews. I love movies. And thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, check him out. Have a good one, guys. You too. Yeah, good night. Okay, let's see here. Where do we want to go from here, gentlemen? Um, I was just starting to think about creepy movies and things like that, which I can understand why you got so into that gory, awful X-Files episode as a distraction from your dad yelling at your mom that he's just going to build his own house in the back where she can't come and, you know, where all the rules are his. And, you know, <laughs> it'll be my kingdom back there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> 
I was in the fifth grade when that was on. I, I really liked the X-Files. That was one of my favorite childhood shows. That was one of the ones that I actually followed. I didn't follow too many. I liked but, the Twilight Zone way more than X-Files, just because that's what I was exposed to first. Oh. My mom's really into that. That show's great, too. <clears throat> well, it's time to hear from Headspace.com. Let's be honest. Most of our problems start with our mind. Fear, anger, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness. They begin in your head, but they can wreck your life. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can make a major difference in just 10 minutes a day. The change comes through guided meditation with the Headspace app. Headspace is, a, uh, Headspace is meditation made simple. It's guided meditations that you listen to whenever you want, wherever you want, right on your phone, computer, or tablet. Meditation is rooted in thousands of years of tradition with thousands of scientific studies that show its positive effects like improving focus and relationship harmony and decreasing anxiety and stress. Join over 5 million users uh, already getting some Headspace for free right now. Download the free Headspace app and begin their Take 10 program for 10 days of guided meditation at headspace.com slash pka. The Headspace Take 10 program is 100% free way to experience the benefits of meditation in your busy modern life. Train your mind for healthier, less stressed life and uh, start your free trial today at headspace.com slash pka. That's headspace.com slash pka. Check them out. Well done, Kyle. Very nice. Yeah, that's a, that, I think that's a really neat idea for an app. Yeah, I had an ex-girlfriend who uh, meditated a lot, and uh, and she seemed to think it brought her a lot of focus and calm throughout the day. I don't have any personal experience, but um, I, I really do believe in it. I know that uh, Stern is a big believer in transcendental meditation. He he uh, he donates a lot of money to those yogas or, or whatever the fuck they're called. There's see, there, there's even a con man getting his hooks in Stern. So, so there you go. I I imagine it. Because <laughs> Oh, because he gets fun. Anyway, I imagine it being my launch pad for the day. Like that's the thing that that I, I it could just if I started my day with like fifteen minutes of sort of meditation and calm, and it was like, all right, here we go. Whereas now, I don't know. I just sort of slide into my day without. I, yeah, I think that it's refreshing to do because it's like planned procrastination in a way. You know, where it's like, oh well, right now I got to meditate. So it's like you're getting something done. You're meditating, but it's also you're not doing anything, you know? So it's like, you don't... Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, you don't regret doing it. You don't dread doing it. Like, you may hate working out, but nobody's ever like, fuck, gotta sit here and do nothing for 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a natural way to help yourself. I've never tried it. I'm gonna have to download it and see. So we were talking earlier about how, like, celebrities and, and stuff like that need to have security so that they don't have to throw down when it when it comes to it. So that if somebody comes up and wants to fuck with you just because you are whoever you are, you know, somebody else can handle it because, you know, you, a lot of these celebrities can probably handle themselves, but there's no reason to be getting in fist fights in this modern age and, and especially not you know, every day this. of the week. I love so, this. Oh, he looks like such a bitch. So here's what happened to Cat Williams. And, and oh, let me preface this. I didn't by, know where we were going. This is great. So, I have done a lot of yeah, research on this, and here's what I've learned. Apparently, Cat Williams was visiting that neighborhood, and excuse me, they've been playing soccer uh, for a couple of hours. He'd been playing soccer with kids, and so he's been running for a couple of hours playing soccer prior to this. Now, during the entire soccer game, apparently, this larger teenager person has been like, messing with him he's been like talking trash and like bumping him when he doesn't need to and like playing a more physical game of soccer than 
than, than anybody other than him wanted to play. He's been kind of fucking with Cat already. He's a and seventh then grader, happens. I think, right? Oh, do you have a well, link? You, yes, this, this guy's happens. a seventh grader, but he's a black seventh grader, which means he's 24. Well, Cat Williams is a very small guy. Oh, come on! <laughs> I was going to not draw attention to that and just, <laughs> and just coast on by. <laughs> oh, come on, that was fucking hilarious. That was good. You're not going to laugh. <laughs> no, 24-year-old. And look at him! That dude is huge. <laughs> well, he's, he's got to beat him up quick. He's got to get to work. <laughs> all right, I got it Q to zero. Uh, all right. Ready? This is... Oh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, yes, sir. I can hear you good. You know, I... <laughs> 24. If you give me just 10 seconds to ramble on and say nothing, this is a bit of a mic check. I'm just wondering, can you guys hear me fine this entire time, just like we could before the show started and there were no mic issues whatsoever? You were good the whole time there. I I, I think it might have been his presence. I'm not sure. I, this has been tough to debug. You mean right. like a demonic presence? Ooh, like that was on TeamSpeak. <laughs> All right, ready, set, so the guy gets a cat face. Left, something or another, punches the guy in the face. The guy takes it down. Mounts his back. He's not choking. He's got like a left arm in there. So the guy gets the best of cat in grappling, and you could tell he, it got to the point where he could do anything he wanted, and the whole crowd just get off. Yeah, I, now cat's just lying on the ground. He's he's just. At one point, we could probably stop watching pretty soon. He's just kind of laying there. Something I want everyone to hear. Ashamed. Yeah, I don't like how he lays there like he's on a chaise lounge. Just like, oh, you you happened upon me. Like, just no, you just got your ass beat. In a minute, he says something like, what kind of community community is this where you'd let this happen to a celebrity? And I think he's got a point because this guy is kind of, I feel like he is a celebrity. He's somebody who, came, who probably came from a rough background and he's he's made something of himself and he's done well for himself. And, you know, he should be a role model. He yeah, should be. He's just trying leader. to spread the message that you should treat people differently based on who they are in a community like that. Why would this people not like that? That's weird. There's probably some history behind it. Let's not look into it. Um, yeah, I, I, he, he looks like a real asshole in this. The sucker punch. I don't care if that guy was like throwing kind of dirty bows in their soccer game. It wasn't a game. sucker punch. You don't. It was a complete sucker punch. His head was turned this way and he got hit in the right side of his face. There's, there's there never so. been a more I, of a sucker punch than that. It went like that. Yeah, like, he they did were face the guy, to face. No, and the guy's like in his face. Like... Rewatch it. He turns to the left. And even if you did, that's still a sucker punch if you're right in someone's face. Like, so, if I'm talking shit to you and we're in an argument and you're right in my face and I'm right in your face and I just decide now's a good time to just kind of target that little spot on the underside of his jaw and I hit you, that was a sucker punch. You were I like, way. like the no, smaller I guy is entitled to take the punch. That's my take on this thing. If, if it's me and, I don't know, name somebody big, Shaq, right? And Shaq hits me first, he's really being a bully in that situation, yeah. right? Like, he's just, <laughs> it's, it's not right. But if Shaq and I are having some disagreement and I decide, you know what, Shaq? I've had enough of your bullshit. And I throw a punch. I'm the little guy. Right? Oh, my belly button. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't go well. But, but you know, now, is Cat the little guy? Like, he's a little, no. he, he's certainly smaller. Tiny. 
He's I think he's smaller, but he's also Cat a grown is the, man. Oh, the little guy. Yes. He's yes. a grown man though, right? Like if if there was Time. hypothetically some six foot one twelve year old, and I knew a guy who was six one and twelve. Yeah. Am I allowed to go after that guy? I feel like I've still got no. the best of him. You know? Of course not. Yeah, it, it's that's ridiculous. He is totally at fault here. Like, I don't care if he got roughed up a little bit in a soccer game. Like, fuck off. Not a big deal. Uh, the little if he actually said the whole, I can't believe you'd let this happen to an unfunny comedian celebrity. Like, if he actually said that, that's pretty douchey. But he did say that. He did. I can't I, get over him hitting that. Basically, like, he's a young guy. He's not a tiny guy. He's probably pretty strong in that like pubescent age of like sinewy, dense muscle as he's growing. So he's probably stronger than he looks. But still, like he's the asshole. I, I, I think Cat's the asshole there. I, I feel They're, like you can't hit a seventh grader, even a fourteen-year-old yeah. seventh grader, um, because of a soccer match. Now, if that kid hit him first, I'd be on Cat's side. You know, yeah. I can see them disagreeing. I can see Cat standing up for himself if he's kind of being a soccer bully. I, I, I'm, and, and even though he's a kid, you don't have to let kids beat you up. You know, so but Cat would. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. And I'm yeah, also I don't not a guy. That, that kid wasn't going to escalate it anymore. I don't think. I don't think he was going to start swinging unless Cat did. Yeah, and I, I, I don't like that. Did I get quiet? By the way. You're coming and going, to be honest. In and out. Yeah, when, I'm, when we're talking and you're talking, it's not to, cut, to trample over you. It's just because you've stopped making noise. Yeah, if, if, if it ever feels like we're just talking over you, it's because your mic's not uh, working and we're just filling. My filling mic the air level dropped from 100 um, to 50. Skype is not king, but did you just hear economy, me? There? Cash really is king. So instead of getting stuck with high interest rate credit cards, go to Prosper.com. Prosper's online marketplace connects people who need money with those who want to invest. Invest in you. You can use Prosper to, to borrow up to $35,000 in as few as five days. With Prosper.com, you can borrow money for just about anything you want. You can pay, you can pay off high interest rate credit cards. You can fix up your house, even plan a vacation. Anything you want, it's your money. Prosper.com is the better way to get your cash, uh, the cash that you need at a low interest rate. So uh, to check out your low rate instantly without affecting your good credit, go to prosper.com slash PKA. So for up to $35,000 in your account in as few as five days, go to prosper.com slash PKA. Check them out. Check them out. Yeah, yeah that sounds Take some good. money. Pay right. off your high interest credit card. There you or go. Or go on a vacation. Or I'm going to go on a vacation soon. On a vacation got, with your high interest credit. My uh, my dad's having to have uh, back surgery. He's got a ruptured disc in his back, and uh, it's it's uh, it's on a nerve that runs down his leg. It's really painful for him. So next month he's getting a, a surgery to fix that, and uh, I think we're going to go on a little vacation after that. Um, he said he wants to. He he said I'm getting to the age where if I'm going to go anywhere, it needs to be getting done. So I was like I was like, well, where do you want to go? Let's go somewhere. So uh, I suggested that we go down to Argentina. I suggested that maybe we go um, do that Alaskan highway thing. When are we going? Um, and I su- <laughs> 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 no, no, me and my dad. <laughs> oh, this is a father-son connection kind of thing. What do you, I, I, I would invite. I'll tell you what I will do though. I, I, I Tim Kennedy. I got Tim Kennedy's phone number, and I'm gonna. I swear, I'm not bullshitting you anymore. I won't. I promise, I won't do that again. I still feel bad about last time, but I've got Tim Kennedy's cell phone number, and uh, I'm gonna arrange for some kind of a meetup with him 
in Texas with an explosives guy so I can get some explosives training. And I'm going to see if Tim wants to come on that trip and we could maybe plan it in a way so you could come too and you could get in on that because I think you'd like that. I would. And, that would be really you know, neat. Um, I will say, and, and please do you know what you said, I might end up turning it down. Um, and it, it's because of the uh, whole my mother-in-law. She has the. Cancer. I'm not talking about anytime soon. You know, oh, like I didn't like know that. I'd, I don't know when it would be. Uh, like I don't know how long this is going to impact me. Like uh, you could fast forward four months, and it might be even harder to leave than it is now. You know, she's talking about a, a woman with cancer. So, uh, you know, well, it, it play it by ear. I'm sure that I'm sure Tim and I are going to be lifelong like. Yeah. Best friends now, so <laughs> I mean, you know, you'll you'll yeah. see him around. Let's pop on the show. Probably sitting right next to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see him walk in the background. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, Tim. Tim's spending the night tonight. He was just passing through. You know, he's on the way to kill some terrorists or something. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just I, I if people don't know. I think I've mentioned it on the the show here and there. Um, my mother-in-law's coming at the end of this month. So actually, Jackie's leaving Tuesday to pick her up. If you're watching this, it's Saturday, so she's, she's gone in a few days. And um, she'll be coming back that weekend with my mother-in-law in the car, and then she'll be living with us for a while. Uh, and we're going to, uh, I guess, sort of take care of her the best we can. She has cancer. and I believe Woody's mother-in-law <laughs> is coming to live. Let's see if we can piece together what the story is, Kyle. So, I, I think that uh, Woody's mother-in-law is in poor health. They can And that <laughs> um, the eventuality is going to be that she's going to come and stay at Woody's house, perhaps in the in the guest house he has, perhaps in the big house, as I like to call it. Um, but, but she's going to be staying hip with him for the foreseeable future to kind of see out um, the rest of her life, it seems, because she's, she's very ill. We try not to admit that, <laughs> but... She's 75. She has cancer. They can't operate on it. Um, it would be very fortunate if this works out well. Yes. So. Yes, it would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Did you so mention what kind they, of... They, uh, they all demanded uh, that we use Skype again, right? Use Skype! You have to use Skype! I think you guys don't even know what I'm saying right now. I think it's no, we're no, getting all this. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, yeah. We're getting you. The, the people were like, you got to switch back to Skype. It was the greatest thing ever. This is why, actually, it, it, it had been at least this bad previously. We all worked on it before the show today. It was working really smoothly. And at first, I thought it stopped working because Chris joined, but now Chris is gone, and it continues yeah. not to work. I, I'm well. speaking for myself, and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for Kyle, that we mo must have uninstalled and reinstalled Skype six times every <laughs> time trying to like chiz sending us this little screenshot of like is this the version you have and it was never the fucking version that we had we went to every i downloaded the same i'm deleting program like files data files i'm scouring my computer for anything that even says skype or has a blue emblem i'm deleting and uninstalling <laughs> so there till, till skype doesn't even know who i am anymore i was about to delete some accounts and make a new account or something <laughs> And every time I get the same fucking uh, uh, version of Skype. 0100 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't figure out why. And and I don't think that it's anything that I'm doing wrong. They've sent me special download links to, to use. I've used those twice. I, I, I've, I've downloaded si Skype six fucking times and uninstalled it six fucking times in different ways and configurations and ways to make it work. I still get the same version. And I'm not even sure that that's our issue. I feel like Skype in general has changed. The band we have bandwidth issues. We have 
for some reason, we're all in 16 by 9 format right now. That's never been the case before. We always be in a uh, a um, a portrait four mode. by three. Screen, yeah, yeah, four by three mode. And, and so that's a whole new thing. It, 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 it the audio's been bad. I hear a white noise in the background sometimes. Um, I don't know what to say about Skype because I feel like it is the premier video conferencing service that's out there. It's it's the it's the Coca Cola of video conferencing. So if if you before you cast some stone and say ah what the fuck are you doing. Give me an option because I would happily pay any amount, you know, that's reasonable to have a video conferencing. You know, I'm gonna pay ten thousand dollars a month for you to set up some private line between me and Woody so we can video conference. But, <laughs> but you and know, we have there's certain some... um, like requirements too. Like it would be really nice if people didn't move around too much during the call. You know, like it, in um, WebEx, people just shift all over the place. Also, the video feed should be big enough. Uh, Cisco's WebEx thing, everybody is a postage stamp. You can't do that. You know, like, like I feel like in WebEx was designed that the PowerPoint was the show and then people's faces are just this like little side thing on, you know. No, the people are the show here. So what other things are out there that are better than Skype where the people are the show? And and it can't be something like Chiz is saying there where uh, the guests that we're having on are required to install something on a computer because sometimes we have guests who aren't computer savvy. They have an assistant setting this up. Like Chris Hansen like, had somebody come over there and set all the shit up and then slide a laptop to him, you know? Right. He's not going to be able to install something. And, and, yeah, there's, there's lots of people who are just going to be unwilling or unable uh, to, to do that. So it needs to be something that either people have or, or maybe a solution to a current or... problem. We're going to keep looking into it as we have been all week, but as of it's now, that's where now. we are. We've obviously fixed a couple things because just yesterday, we, Kyle and I were we, we couldn't even have a conversation on Skype. Wouldn't work. Yeah, zero yeah. percent of the time. That's why we. And I've been having it. some, I've been having some net issues uh, ever since I started paying for my internet, and uh, and I complained about that thoroughly today. Um, uh, I almost told the lady she she smelled bad, but I but I held back at that because because now I know for sure that it's her that smells. Because last time I was up there, I smelled her, but I wasn't sure it was her. I didn't realize Maybe there was a was it a breath you were there or a person? Yeah. Good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not calling them. No, I, they're they're only like ten miles away. I go and I I'm in there. I, those people know me by by face. Like like I I you have to pressure them constantly so that you're an annoyance so that they'll go the extra step to have a truck come out and dig up a line so i go you know two or three times a week when i want something done until and i'll i'll be like is he back there can i talk to him i can hear him listening to fox news back there i hear trump get trump on the line he'd fix this <laughs> he'd build a wall and an internet line <laughs> make my internet great again he'd make it great again that's what i that's you want to go to some politics talk um you know, I'm always down. I feel like there haven't been a lot of updates. doesn't have I to think, be a long talk about it. I, I think that the it. update is this, that Hillary continues to dominate. The Bernie supporters continue to be brainwashed into denial. thinking that they have, in denial, thinking that they have a legitimate a chance at a legitimate uh, path to the delegates or the nomination. Can I jump in? Their own, his only path is through her, in, her, in, her, her indictment. There's uh, another thing. Her, so, so it's funny. So... Up until recently, the Bernie people have been saying, hey, this super delegate system is bullshit. I really don't like it. I don't like the fact that in a race to 1,200 or whatever it is, she started 400 points in front of me. Now, his shift is this. Hey, super delegates, 
I can't seem to get more votes than her. Why don't you come over and give me the kind of advantage you previously gave her? He's hoping to get this. He's like, look, I'm the one here who can beat Trump and Cruz. If you look at these national polls, I seem to win all the time. So superdelegates, give me the hookup, even though she's kicking my ass in the actual elections, rig the system in favor of Sanders. Which... No, but that's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I don't though. believe he can beat Trump. There's a thing about that. So no. um, the unnamed candidate, right? If, if you say, hey, who would you rather vote for, Hillary or the unnamed Republican? The unnamed guy always crushes it. I could go the other way. Say, who do you think will win, Trump or the unnamed Democrat? The unnamed person wins because there's no negatives about that person, right? Mm -hmm. It's just all your favorite things about that party. Bernie Sanders, when they do these head-to-head things, benefits from that. They say, hey, do you like – I think that was one of the reasons I liked Kasich early on. I didn't really know his downsides yet. I only knew, like, the bright points. So they say Bernie Sanders beats all these other people. That's because Bernie Sanders isn't known well enough. And if they knew him, warts and all, and everybody has them, then, you know, he wouldn't get that unnamed Democrat versus Trump advantage. Yeah, I, I think if it came down to it, so the, the fuel that the Sanders fuel is young white people. His kryptonite is black people. Uh, on, on the other hand, Trump's fuel is white people. <laughs> Any white people. Um, working class blacks. And... Uh, and his kryptonite seems to be and apparently young class Hispanics, right? <laughs> apparently, apparently. I, I feel like in a Trump versus Sanders, it, it's it's a big election of people not showing up. Um, it, it, the Trump supporters will be very fired up. The Sanders supporters will be very fired up. I just think there's more Trump supporters. His there rallies are. are bigger. They always talk about Bernie's rallies. Uh, Reddit won't shut the fuck up about how huge Bernie's rallies are. They're enormous. No. Trump rallies look like fucking Woodstock or something. There's 35,000 people. They block those intersect and inter, uh, intersections, uh, uh, and people walk three miles anyway. They have concerts, uh, concert stadiums yeah, sold it, out. It's not even things. on the same level. They're not, not even comparable. All. It's an open mic versus Bill Burr at Madison Square Garden level of difference in the number of people. Chiz, you just commented that they will show up to make sure Trump doesn't get in office. He will get crushed. The The people number do of, that. of Sanders fans out there, I think, is very much overstated because the people who are his biggest fan spend time in circles online. That obvi- It's confirmation bias. You're seeing it's two what things. you want to see. It's twofold. Not only are they loudmouths, but they're often the kind of people who were not allowed to call loudmouths. Because they're because like Black they're, Lives Matter? Because they're like part-time social justice warriors at the same time. They'll be triggered or offended. They'll call you a racist, a bigot, a sexist, a misogynist, or something like that. It's, it's, it's such a mixed bag of people who are so sensitive that you can't really criticize them. Without, no, without you can't the- even have a discussion with people that sensitive because you say one thing that even just kind of pokes at their sensibilities a little bit and suddenly it's not a talk about an issue it's a talk about how their feelings were impacted when you were so insensitively used that word or that argument tactic or you know what i mean it's like you can't even i feel like you're a white male should that should be racist right like if i were to say like you're only jewish you know people would be like what the fuck is wrong with you that's what your white male should be regarded as. I, I, yeah, but it will never be that way because it, people think it's okay to punch up. And the perceived highest 
level you can attain is white guy. And so that's why it's okay. Is it? That's I think so. Uh, if you go by PC uh, political correctness, what's the one group that no one will get fired yes. up to insult them? You know who it's gets white a guys. pass? That she, Every the, other group, Asian even if it's dudes. a little outrage. Asian dudes has, get so much of a pass. They're, they're, they're beating us like economically. The they're beating us. On, yeah, the Asian guys. They're beating us on SAT scores. They probably they're, deserve it. They're, they're kicking our ass everywhere. And I, I just feel like, the you know. Penis size. Okay, almost everywhere. <laughs> and driving abilities. <laughs> yeah, women are kicking our ass in education mm. because the whole education system is set up to teach the way women learn, not the way men learn. That's yeah. just the way it. When you give a a twenty three year old let fewer exams. Yeah, when you give a twenty three year old girl who just got out of college the ability to mold the minds of a bunch of fourth graders, like who do you think she's going to kind of cater towards? Like, do you really looking back? Like as a kid, you went in there thinking like this is a Bonafide professional teacher who knows exactly the words to say to inscribe that I knowledge that into my I thought that was Socrates I was learning mind. from. Yeah, I thought it was a great philosopher imparting his wisdom upon me. That's just some fucking guy. He didn't even have a degree. He had a teaching certificate because he had served learned, in the military. Yeah, you learned later that you know, he old, killed some Iraqis and took a little shrapnel. They put him in the educational system. He would lose his shit and like throw books. It's almost a good thing though that kids don't know what their teachers actually are at that age because it's like if you knew that old Miss Ms. Johnson six months before that was blowing someone at Kappa New House, you know, getting shit faced, <laughs> like you wouldn't quite listen to her about you know long division the same way uh even into yeah. adulthood i think i i think that though i'm glad you brought this up because it's i'm kind of only now thinking of this but I so I, occupations yeah. i i've had a lot of friends who were teachers um and they're younger they're like a year younger than me or so a, a couple girls that i know and they both teach and uh you know i'm talking to them stuff and they're smart girls and everything but on some subjects i know a lot more than them and i'm thinking like for some reason, even now as an adult, I thought you would have known that. I, don't you teach social studies? Isn't that – you guys don't teach that about you know the Constitution and stuff? And, and mag No? You know when you're around someone, it doesn't take too long to sort of figure out where you are on the intelligence If you're peers or not, yeah. Yeah, if you're – like, yeah, like I, I might hang out with a um, – you know, the, the black science guy, as Kyle calls him, and realize, like, oh, I'm, I'm really outclassed mm -hmm. here. And sometimes it goes the other way, and sometimes you're peers. Yeah. I remember visiting Hope's classroom in elementary school, and I was surprised to see that her teacher was clearly not on my level. I was, like, just probably a good 15, 20 IQ points above her. Just that's how it was, maybe 10, 15. But, yeah, yeah. Teachers Noticeable are, difference. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've met people that, that I have, I, I've been blown away, but I was, wow, this is someone I should really, I should really listen when that guy talks. When, he's, when he opens his mouth... Some good stuff's coming out. Let's let's all quieten down and, and just absorb that. what's Thank coming you. out of him. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Taylor, but when fucking <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, um, I, I was actually thinking of my my friend Matt Barnett. He's um he's a chemist. He got his degree from Texas A and M. Um, he's got a master's degree in chemistry, and um, he works for the government destroying ordnance. And uh, he'll he he was speaking to me about chemistry and the chemistry of explosives, 
and uh, he was explain and I won't be able to, to to repeat this very well but he was explaining he's like oh yeah this is the difference between a sulfate and uh, a phosphate and the difference is only this and this and it's a little temperature and a little bit of this instead of that and they look the same but if you do that then you die but if you do it this way and and it gets to and it gets above 214 degrees then you die but as long as you don't add any acetone during phase three, then you won't die. And it's just like, this is what yeah. you do for a living? He's like, well, yeah, sometimes. It's not complicated. You just need to isolate the fate, and then you can add the <laughs> sol or the phos uh, post. And, and then you get either one, you know. But yeah, Sorry, I, I de- that was so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about there with um, sometimes. And, you know, we've been to, to events and stuff, and we'd run into fans. And sometimes the fan is like, Oh shit! He's a peer. He's one of us. He's really on our wavelength, especially because he's a listener and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll feel. Some of our fans feel like Kyle 2.0 or Woody 2.0 or or, or, or Taylor 2.0. They feel they feel like copies of us or versions of us, so similar. And they're into some so many of the you know the, the they're into Game of Thrones. They've talk heard and Mike so talk. many of our conversations that they can really hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. There's a and and I really appreciate those and those make up. Probably the majority of our fans, I would say, that I meet at the events. But then we'll meet some guys where it's it, it's a little different. Um, and, you know, I still appreciate you being there. But, you know, it's just different. Just some people are different. And by different, I mean not as intelligent. Genetically. <laughs> and genetically inferior, if you will. Um, I, I recommend yeah. some sort of testing. Or even better, some subsequent purging. Oh, right. not the sterilization talk again, Taylor. Why do you always go back to this? Chemically sterilized. Chemically. That's your answer to everything. I, did, I thought our texts were private. Don't air this laundry here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm really involved on a bunch of forums about eugenics. Just in the- <laughs> I re I renamed you know uh, on like Skype you can rename people. I, I got Taylor named Goebbels. That's, yeah. that's, his, that's his call sign. Oh, <laughs> well, that's just dark. Well, yeah. now now that we got that out, let's uh. I have talk a, about. I, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Are we going to do an ad? Yes, I was going to tell everyone about Audible. Oh, I'd love to hear about it. Go ahead. Although, the page here seems to be lagging a bit. Oh, oh hang on. Just Would you like me to do a topic while you prepare? For, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the subs don't want to hear my topic. They really oh. want to hear about Audible. I'm going to give you this some information on of... Audible. Yeah, <clears throat> this episode of Painkiller Already is being brought to you by our friends at Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider for premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. I can see you out of the corner of my eye, and it really fucks with me. i got to close your little box and get you out of there. You always do that shit, and I'm always, like, sweating it out watching you be an ass. This... Keep going. All right. Keep going. Audible includes more than 180,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines, and newspaper publishers, as well as business information providers. Download and listen anywhere on your iOS device, Android, Kindle Fire, Windows Phone, and over 500 other MP3 players. Are you still a fan of reading off your Kindle, but reading while driving to work is just too bumpy for you? No problem. Whisper Sync for Voice lets you switch back and forth between... Reading the book on your Kindle. I can just hear the funniness, and it's, 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 it's like tickling me. Or Kindle app and listening to the audiobook without ever losing your, pe- your place or missing a word. It works with your iPhone, Android, and your Kindle Fire. 
Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash PKA and choose from over 180,000 downloadable titles. Get your free titles today and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash PKA. That's audible.com slash PKA and get started today. Um, we've recommended a few different things. I definitely would recommend The Game of Thrones um, by Roy Dotrice. It. I don't, I don't know much about audiobooks. That's the one that I've got the most experience with. I don't know if there are other audiobook readers who are on his level, but I would, I would guess not because he's incredible. I really loved Game of Thrones by him. Um, Ch- Chiz wrote down here, check out The Martian, You know that, that, that uh, movie that came out last year. That sounds pretty interesting. Here's the thing I do know about audiobooks. Game of Thrones is more expensive than average, so if you want a free one, good idea. That's yeah. true. Definitely I do paid, that. I, I'll tell you what it cost. Um, I paid for the discs because I, I, I really wanted to listen to it in my car. Um, and I, I bought the first two books on disc, and they were about $45 a piece. And then after that, I stole the rest of them because I figured we I paid enough. $90 for that shit seems excessive. So but and I stole the rest It's easier just to get it from Audible. Or what it's happened much to me easier to go to Audible. Storm yeah. of Swords could happen to you. Or no, A Feast for Crows, where I was listening a few, like four or five years ago at an internship, and I was just, every day I'd go back, start working, put my headphones in, listen to the audio book for like eight hours and go home. And I just got all mine for free. First couple books were flawless. Uh, oh. By the time I got to Feast for Crows, I listened to like four chapters before <laughs> I realized I listened to the whole book out of order, ruined everything. All because I didn't get audible and I couldn't skip to where I was. I had to be like, well, fuck, like skip to one area. And he's doing the same voice for another guy being like, oh, back off, Jon Snow. And like, it, you don't know who that is. Sounds like 50 other people. It's impossible Please to find. that audible. rustled in menacingly as he yeah. <laughs> When I listened to And it. they blew the horns. Hello. I really Hello. Wish that- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Hello. <laughs> they have to bring like a younger person to reinflate his lungs after every one of those as a take because he's just old and feeble. His his skin is like translucent, Paper. like the wings of a of an old moth. <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I was uh, I anyway. gonna say. Uh... Oh, so Woody, I got some good news for you. Uh, tomorrow, I am sending you a package. In this package, I have a uh, some sort of a saw that collapses into a pipe uh, that belongs oh, to you. I have yes. your sleeping bag. And okay. I have a fucking flamethrower, and uh, and so I'm gonna UPS that shit to you tomorrow. It should be there, you know, pretty soon. That sounds like a good no. Game. I did not damage you those items. I, ca- I took very good care of them. Oh, this is a rainfly joke. What God damn it! Can you imagine if I sent his uh, his yeah. sleeping bag back and and like something hot had gotten against it, it had like melted the fuck out of the side it of smells it, of and urine. the saw teeth were all dulled and broken <laughs> and chipped off, like I'd been sawing concrete. <laughs> I should bought du- I should have bought duplicates of uh, every item, fucked them up. <laughs> mailed them to you, and then the next day mailed the real ones, so it arrives a day, <laughs> and just ignore you for the first twenty four hours. You people are terrible friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twenty four hours would be would be too long when it chills. He'd be here in six. <laughs> uh, uh. So we could do AMA questions. I have a uh, topic I brought myself. Maybe that'll be a hit. Or you... I'm open to any uh, anything. All right. So this was an Ask Reddit topic that I thought would be neat for the show. Uh, let me pull it up so I get it exactly right. 
What event? Oh no, I lost you all. All right, oh, Al's moving. Taylor's I didn't hear anything there. that you've said up until now. I, I was lost too. That wasn't you, just. You, I both Kyle. lost yeah. your video and stuff. Anyway, sorry, sir. I, I, I blame Skype. Anyway, what event divided your life into before and after? Like. Maybe it's a girl. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a traumatic event. Uh, some people in the thing were talking about going to war. Uh, what event divided your life into before and after? Uh, it's done it a few times, right? Like, um, shit. Uh, getting out of high school. That's definitely one of them. There's a before and an after. That really? Big fucking. It's totally, yeah. Like, once I'm out of high school, then I'm free. I can do my own thing. Nobody can fucking tell me a thing at all. Like, I was, I was like... I didn't think I was a man when I got out of high school. I wasn't under any any. I wasn't under that illusion. I didn't. Th I, there were a lot of things that I think that you need to be able to do or have done to a be a man. man. I I didn't even, I didn't I don't buy into that bullshit either. I don't believe in young men. There are young men, but I wasn't one of them. It, it, in, a few years later, uh, breaking up with that with my girlfriend. There was definitely a before and after then. Because that just really fucked my life up, and you know the the direct. I had been going in this direction, and it was like you know just hitting a brick wall, and 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 it's just like all right, we got to go in a different direction now, and it was really hard to to get the ship like going you, again. So there was you a dated before her and twice. After. Is this the? Yeah, dated Which, her twice. What are you and of? there's a before, and there's a break each during each breakup. So so she's two. She's two, um, uh, you know, like ten years apart, like two breakups, ten years apart. They were both like like life shattering. Um, I don't know. Um, when I first got that like fucking fifty six thousand dollars from Machinima, uh, uh, when they finally unlocked my money and and got around to paying me, it was like, it, it was a bit of vindication. It wasn't about I had I had had money. It wasn't like oh my god I've got so much money because I had had large sums of money before. It was more about the it was the vindication for all the people who didn't believe, um, not in me or what I was doing because I because I didn't. Did he just drop off, uh -oh. Taylor? Yeah, he just dropped off. Kyle's silly internet. Ugh. After he was Golly. coming, when he comes back, I'm going to ask him to pick one of these events. Because you can't just choose every big event in your life. That's, I agree. That's Sorry about that. He's clearly Am I back cheating. Now? Yes, you're back. Okay, so um, <laughs> what I was saying is, uh, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that, it wasn't vindication where, I, I, I understood why people didn't believe in what I was doing. Um, I didn't believe in me. But I wanted them to believe in what I was telling them. It, it's like you don't have to believe that I'm going to go and do great things on my own. That's okay if you don't believe that. But when I tell you that the great things are already happening and that I've done this and here it is on paper, and you know they were, my dad was like, "What are you? Where's the money?" He's like, "They're not going to pay you that. They're not going to give you that money." And I'm like, "They owe me that money." Like he's like, "How long has it been? Three months? Four months? They're not going to give you that money." And I started to believe it. And, and I'm mm. like, "I'm I'm I'm on I'm on Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare Two or something with Ch um, Hutch with Hutch." And and I'm like, uh, "Hutch, you've been working with Machina for a while, right? Machinima for a while, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "It's like they pay you and everything, right?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "Before you went over there, you had some big channel payments, right?" And I, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like. I told him what mine, what I was owed, and he was he had been owed a similar amount of money, a very large sum of money, tens of thousands of dollars, and I was like, 
did they pay you? You got it? He's like, yeah, they paid me and they paid this much to so-and-so. I'm not going to drop any names that he told me long ago. But, you know, there were some other guys that he knew who had been paid large sums of money, too. And I was like, okay, good. And finally, fucking, there was a day on Twitter and you saw everybody. Uh, they went alphabetically and they went through the row. And when you got to White Boy's last name, he was on Twitter blowing up, you know, like, ah, I love Machinima. Everybody loved Machinima. And when, they fi- and when you finally got to me in the middle of the alphabet, I was like... Fuck yeah! Finally, they're, they're actually—I I believe them now. But um, that, that was time. That was definitely a before and after moment because because it was nice to know that it wasn't all a big scam that I had been working into. That I wasn't that Machinima wasn't a pyramid scheme. That YouTube wasn't a pyramid scheme. That it was a legitimate business and that I was uh, that I was being given what I'd been promised because I didn't know uh, up until that moment. So okay. Which one of those of like five events was the most impactful? The before like, and after, probably the high. I would think the high school one. Oh, they're like, they're all equally like nope, I, nope, I couldn't not fair. rank them. Each of them like completely changed like the way I thought about you know everything in life. You know they they changed the direction, the path, the the goals. They everything changed at each of those junctures. Do you want to be known mm-hmm. as the guy who cheated on this question? I mean, f- down for the rest of time. I don't oh, know. I have to pick one. That's the question. Oh, okay. Um, you, I don't know. The first time, the first time the girl broke up with me, then uh, the first time that, that we broke up, because if she hadn't broken up, I would have almost certainly uh, married her and worked in finance. Um, that would have been me. Worked in because that was finance? the finance. Tra- yeah, because that was the, that was the trajectory that I was going on with the car dealership thing. I that that's definitely what I where I was gonna what I wanted to be a finance director. I wanted to be in charge of a finance department, but that. I didn't give a fuck about any of that after we broke up, but so that was probably the a big change there. Um, That's a good answer. Go? I was gonna say the McRib, but honestly, <laughs> Kyle's answers are way better. Um, probably finishing college because it's almost the exact same reason that Kyle said. But if you go to college, you have more responsibility to get your shit done than in high school. You know, not as many people holding your hand, but there's still that. It's like a limbo before you reach reality, if that makes sense. Like, you still have some buffers up. Um, when you're done with college and you're kind of just thrust into the real world and you realize, like, oh, my God, nobody taught me how to do taxes. Like, nobody showed me how to do these things. Like, fuck. Like, I, I figured there would be, like, the last class in college, like, how to be an adult, 1,000. And, like, then you, you take it and you figure all these things out and you figure out what, like, APR means and all these things that you see on commercials and, like... I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm alone here, but you feel like you're sent out into the world and that everybody else has a handle on what's going on and that you're kind of like, I don't know, Jesus take the wheel. Like, you don't really know what to do. That's what that was my first like big schism thinking about that is like, holy shit, school's over. Like, there's no more going back to that playpen and goofing off unless I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to grad school for something stupid and, you know, make take out one hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, yeah, that's definitely my real one. Finishing college, like hmm. finally feeling like an adult and having those responsibilities. Like, I, so I thought about this question before the show, and uh, you know, there's meeting Jackie. I've got a bunch of these, like Kyle does, right? There's meeting Jackie. There's finishing school. Um, the YouTube thing was kind of big for me because it was like a transition to self-employment and being in charge of my own time. But um, when I thought it through, like the real sort of before and after to me. Oh, someone wrote suicide attempt. No, that wasn't that. It was uh, Colin's diagnosis. Yeah. 
Um, when was that? I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. I, 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 I knew this going in. I, I, feel, I feel like before Colin's diagnosis, maybe the plan involved a really big family. And uh, a really big family, maybe four or five kids. And, um, and seeing that, that Colin was going to need more um, attention than, than, than you could give to, to four or five kids um, meant that you had to keep it a tighter-knit family. Right. He's, exactly. It, it's um, our house, especially the Apex house, especially really, was like is geared towards his development in a way that most houses aren't. Like, you know, did your house look like an elementary school with fucking alphabet all over the walls and stuff? Probably not. Uh, but ours does, and not not the new one. Um, Jackie homeschools Colin, and that is like a huge time investment every day, and. Uh, I don't know, just something about our whole lives became geared towards giving him and hope, but she's easy by comparison, the best shot in life possible. And like so much of what I've done, like regards to my career and my time uh, is all wrapped up into Colin. And that, uh, that's been life changing compared to like it, it, uh, that I feel like the before and after one. And, uh, yeah, so Colin's diagnosis was probably the biggest thing. A lot of people, um, they don't know what he was diagnosed as. Uh, yeah, it, it, the first diagnosis we ever got was autism. They said he's autistic and he was just a delayed speaker. And then we started going to more and more professionals and, and it seems like delayed development or whatever you want to call it. Um, you can get any diagnosis you want. You know, we, we, speech apraxia and, and you know, it, it, uh, what do they call it? Expressive and receptive uh, language issues. Uh, they all, it, the, the point is autism is a spectrum, which didn't mean anything to me when I first heard it. But what it means is like, you know, some people have it really mild and it's hardly anything. They're just kind of awkward. And some people have it really severe and they're completely nonverbal. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a broad description of a, of any number of, of ailments that, that can be applied in any number of uh, combinations. Yeah. And yeah, it's a huge, huge diagnosis. I used to work with some autistic kids, like, uh, volunteering. Mm-hmm. And some of them would be like, it wasn't until they did, like, one odd thing that you'd be like, oh, okay, I see why that kid is here. And other ones would be, like, 26 years old, unable to speak. Like they're knocking into other kids because that they're a full-grown man and running into a little girl to like grab her toy is inappropriate. Like it's a huge chasm of what you can be in there. And um, one of the common threads about autistic people that made us push back on that diagnosis was how autistic people sometimes don't connect with other people, right? Like, you know, they, you might expect an autistic person not to read your verbal gestures, or I'm sorry, your nonverbal gestures. You know, an autistic person might not understand other people's feelings, right? The, you say you mm-hmm. love you, and that kid never says I love you back. Colin is the opposite. Colin is really, really expressive, and he's really in tune to how you're feeling, how you're You're sad. coming in and out, my friend. I, I think I am for you, but I'm not for the world. Yeah, I think they'll... Oh, that would be good. Here. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so, uh, anyway... He, if anything, I almost feel like he's got this daredevil thing for nonverbals in that, like, because his language skills are weak, the non-language skills are super strong. And uh, um, 
that's that's who Colin is. I think that's why he's so sweet. You know, that could be part of it. So anyway, so, yeah, I know that you've probably told this before, and I just don't remember. Was it pretty quickly after he was born that you got a diagnosis, or was it? A, I, I guess something like that would take a while. Um, like, don't know until like the speaking starts right exactly or doesn't start so like i remember i remember this so he said like mama or, or something like that at nine months like you'd expect and uh as a baby baby they weren't words but he was just really verbal like chatty cooing and and you know he was more verbal than even hope was in that pre-verbal stage and um i remember <laughs> i remember this jackie was talking to colin who of course can't talk yet and he has like a younger niece or something and she's like you know oh i won't name her but you know like gloria is saying mama you know you got to keep up and at the time we had no idea how hard it would be to keep up you know for him so he was 18 months to two years something like that when um when we got a diagnosis for the first time and we thought they were wrong uh, you know, we did kind of push, but they're like, yeah, he's autistic. And, you know, I can tell I've been doing this forever. That's him. And we're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you know, because you do this and he doesn't like pay attention to it. And we're like, but he, he totally will if I do this or that. And um, even now, like I, I think at first we had an objection to just like autism as a diagnosis. Like we didn't want someone to call our kid that. Um, that's where we're past that. You know, it, it's do you feel like over time that you've that you've become more like content with the diagnosis as it's been narrowed down and you've called in more people or experts or whatever or, or is it kind of just a whatever um, well at this financially point? it's a good diagnosis <laughs> to stick with yeah so th there's that uh I'll, I'll circle back to that i don't know if content we're, we're losing you right now woody oh um <clears throat> i don't know if content is the term that i would use it's that uh, like we're no longer sensitive to it. You know, you can say he has speech dyspraxia. You can say he's autistic. You can say he has Tourette's. Like, you can say anything. And we're just like, yeah, almost any diagnosis you give us is not earth-shattering or even news. It's just a different take on it. Um, a different take on the same sort of, like, I'm looking for a better term than mental disability because it, it almost implies retardation. Like his intelligence is fine. Um, it, it's just like some sort of language processing that he's lacking. And uh, some of the things, like I said earlier, that impact autistic people, like just understanding feelings and recognizing that other people are people and they're different than objects. He's super strong at that. So, yeah, you can call him autistic. You can call him speech dyspraxia you can call them anything um they're not really issues oops um it's i don't know and then kyle was saying autistic is a good thing yeah there are a lot of um like if it's a known disability like it, for example let's say, let's pretend he had down syndrome uh the whole world, like social security and benefits and stuff, they're kind of prepared to handle Down syndrome. They know. Like if you want extra like assistance at school and stuff and your kid has a Down syndrome diagnosis, then they provide them because they get what Down syndrome is. If you go to school and say, you know, he has speech dyspraxia, they're like, I don't really know what that is, but we don't have shit for that's not on my list. So um mm -hmm. <laughs> so in some ways we always just like accepted the autism diagnosis because it's on the list 
So, so we kind of glossed over it earlier, but yeah, yeah, you're getting the flamethrower. What are you going to do with the flamethrower first? Start fires in the fire pit. I think Ex- that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I um. Ca- the the new ones are actually better. That so so they they upgraded them again. The XM forty twos and shocks Skype. The, like I don't know, like like a standard spray bottle. It was it was like that that screwed on there of camping fuel. And now it's one of those really small, uh, almost like a cylinder, uh, pr- uh, propane butane canisters that goes on there. Uh, it's twenty five feet uh, of distance, and the flame is a lot wider now. It's it's. Works real nice. I have a thousand gallon propane tank because that's what we use for the house. I wonder how hard it would be to turn that into a refill station for the flamethrower. They're like three bucks a pop, and they last a long time. You, should, you really <laughs> don't, um, don't 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 risk this. This is how you die. <laughs> this, this is like how you this, you're gonna be a goner because you you were too cheap to buy three dollars worth of propane. <laughs> like, just fuck, I'm gonna send you two canisters. <laughs> don't try to refill anything. <laughs> I just feel like that. Could, I used to think that they make. I can um, see you tapping into this 500-gallon tank thousand. to fill up this 3.7-ounce cube <laughs> of butane, <laughs> okay. and it's just filling the air with vapors. Yeah, and, right. Know, just, it just uh, just buy a bottle. Yeah, they're two dollars and forty-seven cents a piece. This is just. But uh, but yeah, I, I played with those things the other day. We uh, we shot up our. We did the firework woman. Uh, we did the thermite car. It melted the engine block. I, I was pretty fat. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I put uh, um, thermite on top of the car, and I threw propane tanks all inside the car. So the, the thermite's melting the, the propane bottles, and they're exploding. And I didn't consider this, but they're exploding and sending thermite flying through the air. So it's kind of raining thermite. So we're kind of running from the action with a flamethrower strapped to me, and I'm talking to the camera like, I'm really lucky I've got a cameraman who doesn't mind when thermite rains from the sky. <laughs> Are you trying to, like, desperately hold the Russian accent together? Oh, yeah, talking? yeah, because like, it's... Oh, sometimes things do not go according to plan. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. You'll see. That's that, That'll be in the video. It's it's me kind of... Like, I, I, I light all the thermite up. I get it going. You know, I'm using the, ther- the flamethrower to light magnesium strips and sparklers that initiate the thermite reaction because it's got to be that hot. You know, a flame won't do it. Um, and then it starts, and there's liquid metal flying and dripping and pouring, and it's getting pretty violent. So you can't and, just light uh, tannerite on fire? Uh-uh, not tan. This is thermite, though. This is So thermite is three parts... Um, um, it's iron. rust. What is... Iron oxide. It's three parts iron oxide, one part aluminum powder mixed together, and when you initiate same the element. reaction... Periodic table. Iron, aluminum, same thing. <laughs> All right, wings. <laughs> I shouldn't have this said isn't that. aluminized steel we're talking about. This is no mag light flashlight. This is thermite. <laughs> so you put I put the stuff in flower pots because flower pots are ceramic, you know, like space shuttle. Ceramics doesn't matter how hot they get, they they don't melt. I guess eventually they melt, but not at five thousand degrees, which is what thermite burns at. So it drips through the car, melts the engine block, hits those propane tanks, they're exploding, going everywhere. And uh, we just kind of try to get some distance between us and it. But the firework woman, I put four hundred and f- roughly four or five hundred dollars worth of fireworks, and attached them to a female mannequin. And big fireworks, mortars and bottle rockets and Roman candles, which are all pointed back at me. Um, and about six thousand like long strings of firecrackers that I like braided and made a dress for her. Um, and I shot it with a flamethrower at pretty much point blank range, and I put one of those face shields on um, to make sure I didn't I didn't lose any any Thank of the money making here. Yeah. 
But um, but <laughs> I, I took one. To, I hope it's on uh, on video. We shot it in high speed from a from a side angle. But I definitely got hit a couple times, and it really fucking hurt. Uh, <laughs> shit, like a Roman candle. A Roman candle or a bottle rocket. I don't know which. There is shit flying everywhere. It's I mean it's a real shit show. And I got a flamethrower in each hand, like doing crazy arms with them. So we had a real good time. Um, yeah, the pictures you sent look. That's gonna be an awesome video. Yeah, we had a good time. We, yeah, I did not had a. I did have the Ghostbuster suit on. Yeah, I've got the Ghostbuster suit on the whole time. What's I don't the, think I make any reference to it either. Safety first. <laughs> What's the ETA on that video? Uh, end of the week, I guess. So you think it's it'll be April? No, he'll, he should have it done in two Wait. or three days. I, I forgot it was Man, March. March. I forgot it was yes. March for a second there. So uh, you think it'll be March? Yeah, I've got um, I've got two done. I've got the shotgun video already filmed and ready to upload, and I've got uh, I'll have that flamethrower video in two days, and then that other thing that I don't want to talk about should happen soon, and uh, and then we'll do some other things. The shotgun video is that the one with the very expensive shotgun? Did that happen? No, um, we use these. These are the double barrel shotguns. I follow. No, I. I Those are also you... very expensive. Yes, but there's. Uh... He was at I don't one know whatever happened to the shotgun guy. He someone. kept putting that off more and more, and I don't think she's just. I just think she hasn't contacted him in a while. Yeah. He kept extending his European sales to something. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'll say it because I don't think it's too much of a secret. Uh, he was working with someone who made a hundred thousand dollars shotguns. Well, he only, doesn't make them. He's he's like the. They sell them. He sells like four, like three or four different brands, and I guess. It's the brand of shotguns that the royal family of England use, and I, I, they're really fancy <laughs> shotguns. They, they, I'm not exaggerating; they literally are. Um, and they're Chiz wrote it there. They're like over one hundred thousand dollars shotguns, and so our idea was to get some of those and do a video, and we sp- probably still will eventually. Some sometimes there's, it'll it takes years to finally hook up with people to get an idea going. There's a YouTube video that shows the making of one of them, and yeah. So I. <laughs> Can you explain what make like what in there blew you away to the point that you're like, okay, I see why that's a hundred thousand. So a couple of things. Um, sometimes the, the the materials they use are fantastic materials. They'll use like petrified. Uh, the the stock will be made from petrified wood from some like inundated forest somewhere, and it'll it'll look like stone, but it's wood. It'll be so beautiful. Um, but they do a lot of hand engraving. Um, on not just on the wood, but on the on the metal, on the on the on the on the breech, uh, uh, on the steel of the gun. They're hand engraved. It's incredibly intricate can, and beautiful. They use yeah. There's aspects of it. And I've watched these videos several times. I feel like I know everything. Um, they're building these things. The people that are doing it, it's a lost art. Like hand engraving metal, like carving metal to be engraved in a way like that like i just feel like there's not a lot of people on the earth who have this skill set um they make screws right like if if i was building a shotgun i think i would buy screws they're kind of standardized you do whatever but because they make their own screws the like um the slot in the screw is aligned like perfectly either perpendicular or parallel to what you want it to be aligned with like Everything about it isn't it. Oh, and then afterwards they like file the screw so the screw is like you know, it, totally it, flush with the wood, like thank all smooth. You. That's what I was looking for. Um, that there is no detail too small to get perfect, and uh, and I guess for a hundred thousand dollars, that's what you'd want. So are they like old timey looking shotguns, like over unders or double yes. barrels for the most part? Yeah, they're over unders and side by sides. 
Yeah, they're really beautiful. They'll have like gold leaf stuff and all kinds of intricate designs. Um, I bought my dad a uh, a Colt nineteen eleven, um, not about three Christmases ago, and it's got a lot of like um, engraving on it and stuff. And we were we were shooting that thing the other day, and it really is beautiful. Everybody was everybody was wanting to take a look at it. I, I like stuff that's engraved. Um, I, uh, I want to buy a, co- a gun that is a limited edition something like like I don't know the next time like I, I missed nineteen seventy six where I'm sure there were a lot of like two hundred year anniversary guns, but something needs to come along where I can get like a, a special gun, you know. And it's a few years until the end of World War One, hundred year anniversary. Maybe there'll be something there. Cool trench gun. Something like that. That's I don't know. actually cool. Someone should that do that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that's neat. Yeah, like m- one of my buddies actually, he wanted to get a gun for home defense and he bought a trench gun as his home defense gun. And he also keeps it in a bug out bag because he's like super paranoid about shit going down and he wants to be prepared. But yeah, that thing is awesome. You can just feel the Germans that died by it. <laughs> I've seen um, those Luger, the World War II German Luger pistols with, um, like, uh, you could, where blood had been splattered on it, it's corroded. You can see the blood stains on there. And I, I've definitely, most of the time they, they'll, um, I don't know what the word they use, but they'll grind off the swastika and the eagle. But I every think now that's and then. Yeah, well, you got to think like you just had beat the Nazis. They weren't thinking that it was something to hang on to. They were oh, just kind of, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought so, it was a PC you know, thing at first. No, modern collectors look would much would much rather have the one that hasn't that, been that makes uh, sense. defaced. Okay. Defaced. Yeah. I wish I had like the. I don't want like flags or any of that stuff. But the the guns in particular, I think, would be really neat to own. Like, I'd love a Luger. I, I, actually, almost anything, any side. Weapons that have been in war are interesting to me. Those are really cool. There's a whole story to it. You don't know all the places it's been. Yeah, I, but, I, I, I imagine, yeah. uh, you know, somebody really terrified or brave or either one is fine with me. Uh, you know, being under fire, counting on that thing with his life. Yeah. Uh, that's someone at some point in time experienced a lot of turmoil or exhilaration or something holding that that you're now holding and that's a cool feeling you know yeah it's very neat i have you know that world war one they uh, the germans wanted to get rid of the trench gun because the american it was so effective in trenches that if they were like running through clearing the trench they could just whip around the corner and fire and suddenly you got a brutally maimed german who a bunch of people have to drag back to their side like did you know about that? Yeah, that they, they tried. They wanted them uh, sort of outlawed as uh, you know, cruel yeah. weapons. And you got to keep in mind this is during a time where where gas weapons were were very prevalent, especially with the Germans. You know, using chlorine gas, mustard gas. Yeah, and they don't want us to use a shotgun, but they'll just gas you. That's ridiculous. Shotgun. And uh, it was also this may be some bunk horseshit, but I read it and I choose to believe it because it's cool. That when they would throw the Germans would throw grenades some of the like really good uh, skeet shooters who had like trench guns could like shoot the grenade and hit it in midair like you're shooting the skeet and just kind of knock the trajectory off and make it so that it wasn't going to hit you. Totally. Which sounds maybe unbelievable, but that would be so cool. 
I'll to prove just be it. Like, I, I'll do that next week. It's just not a problem. That's so. Do you easy think to they do. had like a go-to guy as they're saying like Billy Joe? Uh, I would be man. your guy. <laughs> I would Real be your guy. Shit. That's that's what we do. I, I sit around and um, we we use shotgun like spent shotgun shells a lot as targets. I, I mean, it's nothing to throw two up and pop two, but I'll usually have someone throwing them for me and try to keep re- keep the gun reloaded. Um, but but yeah, that would be easy to to How shoot do you a grenade. Do it with I spent believe shotgun that co- shells they're so light. You just flick them just right. You can throw them really far. End over end. I Never believe tried. that Kyle could hit a grenade. Sorry if I'm getting quiet. But I'm not certain that it would change the um, the trajectory of it. Like, because grenades are pretty heavy, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would depend. What, what kind of, is that it, it depends on the shotgun and the load. I, I don't know. I, I would guess that they're, they're they got buckshot. If they got a full chuck with buckshot, I feel like I could totally divert the path of a grenade as long as it was within 20 yards. You know I'm what, Kyle? I'm also thinking that it's not one dude who's the designated grenade shooter. There's probably 50 dudes in that trench with a trench gun, and they see a grenade flying up, and all of them are firing at it. You know? Like, I just, it's I'm probably going to get hit by more than one. Thinking out loud, load. Kyle, you could probably do a video that's not as high effort as a typical FPS Russia video for your second channel, just as a Mythbusters on that. Like, hey, you know, the uh, people pitch me ideas and I always hate them. But, I, shit, my volume. I, uh, I'd be super interested if you could just, like, prove or disprove that you can alter We're losing you, Woody. Sorry about that. We, we totally lost you right there. Try again. I'm, I'm very upset. There you go. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, it, it, anyway, it, as a second channel video, I bet just a prove or disprove whether or not you could knock a grenade off course would be interesting. I like that idea. Um, I I, I want to make some real grenades. So I think we should do it with real grenades, but not a live one. You know, I, I think there should be real grenades involved with the video. I think part of the, the funny part should be that first we throw a real grenade and it like blows up and it's devastating and then we're like now we're going to see if we can do this whole world war ii thing where they diverted grenades you ready you ready sergey like sergey's over there waving it's jeremy <laughs> and he throws the other grenade at me and i, and I try to shoot it. so yeah that would no, be but when you do the the dry run through of it don't have him lob it like they would have him like pitch it just line drive straight at you so you're firing just <laughs> like oh got right at him Oh, I yeah, did do that. Th- I did that thing once where I had a pitching machine throw throwing. Overhand, yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a pitching machine throwing baseballs at me, and I was shooting them. That was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> it looks like it is just about time to tell everyone about Club W. If you're anything like us, and you know exactly what you like and how you like it, except when you're in the wine aisle, tannins and terrars mean nothing to you unless you happen to be some fancy pants professional sommelier. Well, with Club W, the guessing game is over. Club W is the world's only personalized wine club, and your wines are sent directly to your door. Not only does Club W send you your wine, they send you the wine that you're going to love drinking. That's because... That's because Club W's easy six-question quiz figures out your palate so that every bottle you receive is perfectly tailored to your tastes. Club W is leading the grape-to-glass wine revolution they work directly with vineyards to cut out the middleman which saves you money club w even offers a no risk guarantee that you'll love what they send you or your money back and right now club w is offering our listeners 50 percent off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash pka50 wine should be fun not pretentious start learning as you drink at clubw.com slash pka50 you'll even get 50 percent off your first order and this is a really smart idea because uh 
Uh, I think buying one. wine is one of those really difficult things. And the, the, the price of wine is, is, is there's such a big spectrum there. So there's, you know, there's, there's $8 bottles of wine and there's $8,000 bottles of wine. And somewhere in between is probably a really tasty wine that you would like that's not going to break the bank. And with Club yeah. W, you're able to find that wine without. I never you know, know what wine I'm supposed much. to bring if you go somewhere and you know it's polite to bring wine. Right? Like, I, I don't know. Is somebody else bringing a $60 bottle or is he bringing, you know, two buck chucks, you know, best wine from the 66 down the street? Like, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Club W. I, uh, I, I'm not the I've never been the one to ask about that for sure. But uh, so so Club W is definitely, definitely helping me out. We, we ordered uh, we, we ordered this thing the other day. We got good and lit. And <laughs> and uh, right? I decided I like how they all drink. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I haven't done this before. I think you know you you know what I think is that wine. It's been good the whole time, and I just haven't been drinking it. <laughs> yeah, drink six, glasses, <laughs> six glasses of wine is quite an afternoon. Is that um, what so, you did? You just yeah, well, I just had a good nap after that. Yeah. What, what kind of wine was it that they gave you to try? I got a lot of dessert wines. Um, going through the quiz, I definitely sided toward the sweet things and, and things that I thought I kind of. I think I did that thing where you like manipulate the test to kind of make it be what you wanted to be. Because in my in my head, I wanted to be to be like sweet, make it sweet and tasty and delicious. But instead, I just kind of answered the questions to kind of guide it down that path on purpose. So mm-hmm. most of them were pretty tasty. Um, I got a little heartburn after, but I did drink six glasses. So that's a lot of. Was it maybe a riesling? There no these these were red wines. Um, what is what the fuck are you guys doing in the chat? All right, push private stuff it's away. Just... That's oh, thing. I see. Yeah. I, I, I okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. She just writes a lot of homoerotic things over here, and then quickly spams to get rid of them. Um, <laughs> it, it, for people wondering, it just says like one enter, one enter, one enter, so that uh, if somehow something shows up on the screen, it's then it it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so bad. frightening for me, though, because I'll be doing the ad read, and I'm, like, staring at, at, at the screen over there, so I can't see what's going on, on Skype, and it's just blowing up. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what, is my tit, is, like, my dick hanging out? Is, like, is somebody, like, walking <laughs> up behind me, creeping with a blade right now? And then I start, like, getting paranoid about it, like, maybe there is, dude, I need to look. And then I stutter, of course, and so, so I'm just like, you guys are really fucking with me no, over there. You did, a, you did a great job, and Let me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some Club W going. Try that out. Maybe I'll like some of their wine. I uh, I got this in the mail today. Um, I was I was a bit sleepy when I opened the package, so I, I didn't even read who it's from. But thank you. Um, oh, it's it's a gift. Yeah. I didn't realize. I thought you bought it. No, no. I I, uh, I would never um do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I mean, uh, you know, I, I got my shirt, but. Build the wall. Yeah, um I, I thought that was really funny. It's all red, white, and blue and everything. Um How does it make you feel to wear it? It feels really cheap. Um it's 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 padded and, and cushy in a way that I doesn't I don't like and I've never liked these hats that have this plastic shit back here. No. And it's one of those hats that's really tall and I don't have a tall head. Like like it's 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 that. And and this hat is like like, yeah, I don't know. The hat but, is taller than my head is, so it's like I have to. I need to be like, wearing it down here or something. Like it wants to eat my whole head. Yeah, Kyle's got a three head. You know, mm. little, little the, smaller. 
There's a thing about the MAGA hat. Look, Melon Head, don't you be even pointing that shit out. Look at Kyle's tiny head. You walking over there like a fucking lollipop. Get out of here. Come over here talking about my little little head. As I'm walking around, sometimes my my neck just gets tired and I have to go rest. (laughs) Hang it to the side. The MAGA hats are... The MAGA, MAGA, the Make America Great Again hats are interesting because, like... On one hand, I'd never buy that shit, right? Like, if, if it wasn't Trump wearing that hat, it, it should be an ugly as fuck hat. Like, it, it, it needs somebody to push it. On the other hand, it's kind of iconic. Like, if it was a regular fitted cap, like I think is attractive, somehow it wouldn't stand out as much. Like, when you put a MAGA hat on anything, like Photoshop it or meme it or whatever, then I feel like it's a real distinctive hat because nobody buys that shit. I remember when Trump... I think he spent a million dollars on these hats, and they made fun of him. They were like, Trump today spent a million dollars on these hideous hats. <laughs> what a waste. And then you look, and there's a million fucking people wearing those things. I went to the rally. They all got them. And if they didn't have them, they were doing their they best. They wanted them. They wanted them. And they were slinging them outside. Like The guy had a cart full of them. He kept emptying the cart, going back to his van and returning with more. He did it all day. Everybody had one, and they're not good caps. They're they're no, not. No, they're cheerleaders. It, it looks. It like has what nothing would... to do with this. This is not what you're buying. You're you're buying a, a piece of the. You're you're getting in the group. You're becoming one of the Trump followers, and uh, I I've been really fascinated by this by this political season and, and what Trump's been able to do. I, I hope he can beat Hillary in the end because that's my that's my only wish. I want Hillary to lose. Uh, and if I would rather have a reptile, a, rep, a pro-gun reptile would be a better, better president than Hillary Clinton. I, I really, I really strongly believe that. Um, I think Woody would be a pr- better president than Hillary Clinton. I think that Taylor's Mexican gardener would be a better president than Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. I'm up there though. I'm close. <laughs> I might be a, a better president than her. You could You're be secretary not 35. Yeah. No, I'm not. Kyle's not 35 either. I didn't say I'd be a better president. Oh, hmm. Well, you are good at this, covering your bases already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few more years, that'll uh, be great. Those, that, that Make America Great Again hat, it looks like the hat that they would just give to an extra playing a trucker in, like, a middle school play, yeah. where he'd come out in coveralls and that horrible like a dollar. hat that clearly like has a dollar never been piece. before. You know what he sells these for? I bet, and squeeze it. I Guess what this costs 20? on Trump's website? 60 bucks. Uh, uh, 1995. 25 25 Whatever. bucks for these things. Oh, is it 30 now? Jiz is saying 30. That's you know pretty... what would be fucking hilarious is if Bernie Sanders started a Kickstarter at this point for the rest of his campaign just to kind of like throw in the towel, see if that's what it takes, you know. I have no I, hate I, in my I, heart for Bernie, but I do like to make fun of him for some reason. Him and the like It's it's because anytime people get super into something you want to kind of pick it apart naturally, you know? Like, that's... You just kind of see from the outside, like, there's no way this fucker is as good as they're saying, and so you kind of make it your mission to go in and figure it out and, and just kind of run with it. I'm sure he's a great guy. He just is... He, he's done. I, oh, has the implosion started on Reddit yet? I'm sure that you've had a closer... They're hanging the on. They're, they're hanging on and, and coming up with all kinds of ways that they can pull it off and saying this needs to be done and that needs to be done, and it's, it's pretty pathetic. Um, the only way they, the only path that they have that I can see is her indictment or her untimely death. And what's funny is they're they're to use basketball. You know, they're down by fifty at the half, 
And then they go like another quarter goes by and they're down by 50. And it's like, really? We were even that quarter. So looking better. And it's like, no, dude. Like You needed to start winning quarters if you want to win games. But they, uh, it doesn't seem to happen. All right, I lost you guys for a sec. I don't know if you're live with me. The last thing I heard you say, oh. Woody. Oh, you know, I, I'm not in love with Skype. I feel like we succumbed to pressure to use this shitty fucking Skype thing. And uh, maybe me in particular, I've just been, because you guys can't hear me all the time, that uh, I'm just not in love with it. Yeah, it, it sucked. The whole first part, the whole first hour, 20 minutes of the show, you kind of had to just sit there and try to get in. Because you just, like, there was just no way to get in. I would raise my hand sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was it. And even if somebody called on you, you might just start talking and they'd set. But, and then you'd keep going with it. I'm pretty sure that's only but to it, you, though. Like, there's on the recording software, I can see my mic levels, and it, and it should be fine. I hope. Goodness, I hope. I hope so. Mm. Yeah. Anywho. I'm looking for a uh, this Donald Trump uh, gif that I saw recently. It was really fucking funny. I like his gifs. Uh, his subreddit is very good. They're, they're, is it they're, the they're, Donald? That's yeah. his. Yeah, the Donald. Oh, Philadelphia not looking as hot as they were last week. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs anymore, Woody. Pittsburgh was on a six-game win streak. Now they're 88 points. Philadelphia is 85. Got the Islanders between them. I'm not feeling it. I'd like them to pick them. <laughs> I, I wonder if I uncheck the box that she's... This is working per... Fuck, and now it's broken. Never mind. But you're not broken. I can hear you. Well, I had to fix it manually. Am I broken right now? Is it sort of not working? Did I get quiet? Uh, no, you're good right now. Well, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, before it started, Chiz had me like check that, uh, uncheck that box. I checked it again because that's how it was before, and I wasn't having any problems. So, let's try it and see if it works. I don't know. Oh, I'm quiet. Mm. Well, fuck. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, people requested that we use Skype this week because they liked it better. Like, maybe this will, at the very least, elucidate the problems we've been having. Elucidate. Maybe, maybe make sure that they they kind of understand. They see, ah, this is why they didn't do it. You know? That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. This is you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check on it. Elucidate. Uh, to is to make something clear that was formerly murky or confusing. Fuck you, Chiz. Oh, shit. Yeah, elucidate is a word. It starts with an yeah. E? Who the fuck knew that? <laughs> I thought for sure the root word was the same as the root word for like illuminate, but uh, it's not. It's E L U C I D A T E. Uh, make and then parenthetically something clear. Explain. So yeah, I like Chiz's quick on the draw before I can even get out of my mouth. That's not a word, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Uh, it is a. Let's word. just go with that. Can we just go by group and make Taylor wrong more often? Like the next time just he says some word, words. we'll just all agree that what he said wasn't a word. You're not going to beat Taylor at this. Lefty gave him this thesaurus, and it's all over now. You're just—he's uh, got. All, it's not going to happen. We're doomed. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the Lefty thesaurus thing. He used a lot of 
large words. I, I honestly don't know hardly anything about Lefty's tenure on the show, aside from the three episodes I was on with him. <laughs> there was one where anyway. you seemed to have a strong opinion. I love that. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah, there was there was one. Yeah. What are you even doing? Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, Why do I you. even keep you around? You're not even funny. <laughs> you know what you have. Can we watch this? This is hilarious. Sure. This gif? I love oh this. Oh my god. Did you find this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching it. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Romney. <laughs> the look on Romney's face when he breaks his hand. <laughs> is this from I, Superman? No. Oh, what is it from? Look, look at that physique. Is oh, that look like a Superman physique? Terminator? No. <laughs> that is Terminator Two. That's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he, he's slinging bikers around. That's the beginning of Terminator Two. He I walks like in there. Based realized. on Rubio, but he's like, oh. <laughs> he's getting thrown through the window. <laughs> he slaps him with a pool stick. That's a great fucking movie scene. He walks in that bar fucking naked. The, the jukebox is playing. Well, you taught me how to hurt real bad and cry myself to sleep. <laughs> with the waitress like walking by with the with the drink. She like looks at Arnold's cock. She's like, mmm. Like keeps on going. <laughs> he he enters the room and the big bad biker man is just like, the fuck are you doing in here? I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> He's like, they're like, hey, 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 and he burns him with that cigar. And Arnold doesn't even fucking move, of course, because he's a machine. And, Cause he's and Arnold. that, yeah, because he's Arnold. You know, I forget that he's a machine. Uh, that was a living, good Arnold impression. Living tissue of a metal endoskeleton. Yeah. <laughs> You're the very good staccato delivery of all the lines. It doesn't <laughs> flow well between the words. Barely sharp oh. endings to all of it. <laughs> Arnold is, I, I don't know how. He transcends being an actor. He's he's more than just an actor. He, he <laughs> really makes, does. It seems insulting. Where it's like he transcends that, you know. <laughs> he goes like, beyond. He, that. Like, he really does. It, like I go back and I watch him and Carl Weathers and fucking Jesse the Body Ventura and Predator, and they're riding <laughs> in that fucking Huey riding into battle. He's spitting that tobacco. And Jesse the Ventura is like just looking around, bunch of slack jawed faggots, and just just fucking dirty. This is all heart. because of chemtrails. <laughs> <laughs> He's not talking about that back it's then. It's the government that caused I, I this. I know I've ranted thing. on this before, but you got two future governors, Schwarzenegger and Ventura. You got Carl Weathers. You got um. You got Dennis two uh, Rodman. Governors. I never thought some about of those shots. <laughs> some of those shots are Dennis Rodman in that Predator suit before he like left the film. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme at one time was attached as the Predator. He thought it was going to launch his career. He thought he was going to be out there doing karate moves or something. But, you know, they just need a big guy to walk around in the suit. And it ended up being this this just tall black guy that was scary. But that is a pure action Racist. movie. It is my second favorite action movie, only to Die Hard 1. But it is almost a perfect movie. Um, and, and you know, there's so, so you, many one-liners. You really think that... Your your favorite action movie is Die Hard One. I know that's probably a common pick for people. It's just I don't know if that's number one. Like, I don't know what I would put in front of it. I, I really like like it's so it takes itself seriously and it's well made. And originally it was it was supposed to be the sequel to Commando, which is another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that I like a lot. 
Um, when they kidnap his daughter to try to make him kill that South American Presidente, and he's like, fuck that shit, and he's got, remember, Benny, when I told you I'd kill you last? He's like, yeah, man, that's right, you did! I lied! (laughs) 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 At one point, his his car flips upside down, so he just picks it up and flips it back over. And he, he, in the beginning of the movie, he's like walking with an entire tree on his shoulder, just like that's casual for him. And then later he picks up another truck and like pushes it down a hill. Like those movies were full of like feats of strength for him. And I, I, I love that. That That's what I, I grew up with those movies. They, they, they're different for me. Um, but yeah, Die Hard. I think Die Hard's my favorite action movie. I, I've seen it four or five times. I, it's not one of those movies that I watch repeatedly. I'm just, I'm just familiar with it. That might be uh, higher up there for me than I think, because the more I'm thinking about movies that I like with action scenes, the more I'm thinking, like, well, that's not necessarily an action movie. Like, Lord of the Rings has a ton of action scenes, but... It's, it's fantasy. Yeah, it's a, like a, a fantasy epic, I guess you would call it, or something yeah. like that. I don't Die know, Hard just, with a Vengeance, which is the third one with Samuel L. Jackson, is is a close second. It, it's a very good movie. I haven't um, seen the third Die Hard. Oh, really? Only it's, the first two. So, um... It, this isn't too much of a spoiler because it, what the fuck, right? But yeah. the guy, the the terrorist in the first movie, his brother comes back to get John McClane. He's Hans got a Gruber's hot brother. Yeah, he, Hans' brother has a hot female like uh, counterpart who's like slitting throats and stuff, and it's kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of cool. But the main thing is he he pairs up with Samuel L. Jackson to kind of do this thing, and Sam Sam Jackson is just a regular kind of everyday guy who's like, oh shit, you know, every time you know something crazy happens. Um, and uh, at the beginning, what the terrorist makes uh, uh, Bruce Willis's character do is, is stand in Harlem on the street with a, in his underwear with a sign that says, I hate niggers, and I mean a big sign. And so he's just standing there with this sign, and it's not long before he's spotted, and, and you know, shit goes south, and Sam, and Sam Jackson's character intercedes to defend him from these like people who are going to murder him. And... And so the terrorist is like, you know what? You like him so much, you guys are stuck together. You've got to jump through my hoops today, or I'm gonna blow up a school. And you know, then that's what Die Hard Three is. It's very good. Die Hard Two was very, very bad. Very bad. Yeah, I there's did, um, I, I looked. It's good. considered an action movie. Uh, Braveheart. Oh yes, that's another one that I, love you. I don't always even have. know if yeah, always have. Yeah, I don't know if I would include that as I almost think of that as a drama, almost just as much as an action film. You know, there's a re-edit. Same of with that the Patriots, is I think so. There's a re-edit of that film, uh, Braveheart, that has the torture and death of William Wallace at the very beginning. You get that out of the way, and so then it feels like the rest of it is redeeming. You know what I mean? And because the way it's currently set up, I don't like to see the last like 30 minutes of that movie. I don't want to see them torture the hero to death. Freedom. Oh, that's a- <laughs> Just there's another thing. Out. Um, I, I, both of those movies are great, but for me personally, and it's considered an action movie according to the internet. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, I might like more than. Oh, oh, that's a great answer. That's that's a good one. I really it's not like what I would consider a, a pure action movie. It, to me, it's a World War. I, I it's 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 a, it's a it's a Spielberg fucking action. It's definitely movie, closer you know? than Brave. like. It's a, it's an incredible it's a masterpiece it's the best World War II movie that's ever been made it's the best uh, it, D, the the guys who were at D Day watched this movie and said that's accurate that's what D Day was like Isn't that and, crazy? And, and 
like yeah yeah the whole d-day scene is sorry Woody. i'll let you talk oh yeah i'll try but like i i think i've talked about this before in pka i was blown away at like how anyone could survive this situation you know you've got those amphibious boats i'll call them they roll up and like drop the what i presume to be a bulletproof door right now it lays forward and becomes a ramp um and then they just get mowed down and there it is yeah 15 dead americans never had a chance uh it it wasn't like they were bad at war if such a thing exists they just got a bad spawn so to speak like that's not callous that's just the fact it's like they might there might have been the most badass guy who just dominated in his classes and they're like god tony over here is gonna tear shit up when we get into germany and then he's about to go and then tim kennedy (laughs) green beret from last week tim kennedy green beret army guy special forces ufc fighter one of the toughest people on the planet legit uh if he's on that first boat there's no skill set that protects you from what happened there. Like, yeah. I think he's in a lot of trouble. The whole, like, uh, and it's been parodied even in the South Park Imagination Land, like that uh, ringing, like the ee from the flashbang and all the firing when they're on the beach and the guy's, like, yeah. like walking around, like, and he finds his arm, which is just a remake of footage from World War II of the, a guy who actually goes goes to pick up his arm, misses it, and then picks it up again and walks away. Like, that's real footage. It's so fucked up to watch that because he's, like, have you seen that real footage? Did you know that was real, Woody? I didn't know. It's real footage of this guy. He's so in shock. The battle's like going D-Day all around him. And he's like standing there with one arm, like just trying to find his other arm. And he does. And he just picks it up and walks like he's in a grocery aisle. He's just so like not even there. Fucking horrifying. Uh, yeah, that's an, and I think especially as a man, you can empathize more with that. Where it's like, man, I was just born in a time where I lucked the fuck out. I could have been that guy standing there pissing himself or the guy next to him who was pretty confident who also died like that. I don't know. I'm sure you guys. I like the one, you know, you see that there's one part that really shows off the senselessness and of it all that, you know, there's the doctor runs over and he patches up this soldier and it's a real fight. He's trying to, to, to get this artery clamped or whatever. And there's blood spurting and it's a fight because they're on the beach and there's explosions and mortars going, going up and tracer fire. And he's, and he's, he's working and digging and digging and he gets it clamped off. And he's like, Oh, thank God. He's going to, and then a bullet hits the guy in the fucking head that he's been working on the whole time. And he's just dead like that. And it's just yeah. like, it's all like right. At any moment, it all can crumble. Like so nothing saving private and saving private Ryan. If you, if you go, if you look up that, I'm sure you, maybe you've got it pulled up. Look at the supporting cast. I can't name them all very well offhand, but every one of those guys is outstanding. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel's in there. A lot of people don't remember. Yeah. Um, he's in there for just a few minutes. He dies uh, when they when they try to save the French children, uh, that that girl or whatever. Yeah, he gets sniped by the sniper in the you know More than the a bloody few minutes, letter. But, um, here, let me read some. So Tom Hanks, Tom Sizemore, Matt Damon, yeah. Adam Goldberg, Barry Pepper, Edward Burns. Um, Ted Danson. Yeah, Ted Danson's that uh, that officer. Giamatti, Dennis Furry. I'm trying to... Max Martini. I don't know a lot of actors. Um, yeah, it's a I only list. know like three of these, so don't feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon and Vin Diesel and Tom Hanks. Tom Sizemore and um, um, uh, what, um, Ted Nathan Danson. Nathan Fillion? Uh, he's the lead in Where is Firefly. He yeah, he's, oh, he is plays that eyebrows? Minnesota Ryan. He plays. Do you know the movie Firefly or the TV series? Ah, yeah, yeah, I remember now. So, so remember they're looking for Ryan, 
and he was one of the Ryans that they found who wasn't the right Ryan. Oh, okay, okay. He was the Ryan who I think he might have been the Ryan that they told that his brother. They're like, yeah, your brother's dead, and he starts crying or whatever. What happened? My my brother's in grade school. You know, it doesn't make sense for him that, that his brothers have been killed in war because they're like, you know, in school still back home. So it was, yeah, I think that's the character he played. Vincent. Anyway, Walsh. that's one hell of a fucking movie and an outstanding cast. Um, Spielberg's made some of the great, I, I, some of the greatest big fucking perfection perfections of movies. Like Schindler's List is just incredible. I love Schindler's List. Um, it's a, it's, it's so sad. It's a, I, I hate, I don't like crying. But some movies I know are going to make me cry, like a Sling Blade will make me cry every time. But I've only seen uh, Schindler's List twice, and both times it was... I feel really bad after. Sling Blade didn't do it for me. And, and I, I, you know, I used to bravely go against popular movies, but... Uh, oh, here we go with fucking... I'd rather listen to the dog impression. <laughs> but... Uh, um, yeah, I just I got kind of bored in Sling Blade and never invested in mm. the characters. And... Uh, yeah. Also, at John Ritter, at John Ritter's performance, powerful. Saw the end he coming. He lives in his heart. Mm, I don't know. I, I yeah. Now do bad Santa. She's going nuts. <laughs> well, I, I I love that movie. Um, I, I think he's incredible. Um, it, it's on it's on Netflix. If you're listening out there, go watch Sling Blade if you haven't seen it. It it is a touching. Incredible performance by Billy Bob Thornton. I think it's just as good as Forrest Gump as far as a performance of a uh, mentally challenged man. And uh, it, when it, if you watch it all the way to the end, you'll it's it's so touching because uh, his character is such a kind, pure uh, kind of individual. I don't know. It, it really gets to me every time uh, his relationship with that boy and how you know he did, he he was missing any kind of human relationship, especially with his own father. And then he connects with this boy who has lost his father and. And both of them are kind of lost in the world, and they just kind of have each other. I, I love that. It just really uh, like tears me up when they're having those conversations by the lake and uh, all that stuff. It's a sad fucking movie. Oh, I don't think I've mentioned it on um, PKA yet, but it appears that my father has completely recovered from his Sweet. whole like cancer scare thing, and he's good, and You're... he's going on vacation again soon. So your mom's not walking too well. One would guess, yeah. One. <laughs> oh, your dad's, your dad's all better. Uh, it looks that way. Yeah, so. that's great. Congratulations, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, it, at at one point, uh, I mean, he tested positive for, you know, cancer signs and stuff like that. So he's um, he's good to go. That's uh, great. That's great. Yeah, I thought I'd give everyone. Let's see here. I'm trying to think what else I want to talk about here that uh, that that I've got going on this week. <sighs> Other oh, you got some AMA questions? Fucking chiz and age of mythology after this. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna do that. Can we... So, we I think I've kind of I think I might have picked up a new game in Age of Mythology. Um, uh, I, I think I'm gonna need to get practiced up because I'm still learning the very 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 basics. Um, chiz says he's going to stick his cock down my throat and make me cry again and again okay. is in all caps that's the like, best part yeah. which which really makes me not want to play with him so uh, chiz hey, is good well, at you games. know there's a mode we can put on where alliance <laughs> he says, he's over here talking shit he says then whip your ass in speedrunners name a game that dude chiz uh, is good at games you know who else dash. is good at games 
All right, <laughs> Olympic Games. Uh, How's that, motherfucker? Swimming competition. Endurance. Um, <laughs> um uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, Lefty's good at no games. Physical too. activities. <laughs> he's got he's got his stipulations. He's realistic. I'm trying to think of a game that so I, I know that I can beat me. Chiz in in a one v one situation. I think if you gave me time to get a little practice in Call of Duty Four, um, I, I yeah, he, he even said it. Like as soon as I said it. Like, if you give me a little time to get practiced up on the stick, I, I, I think I've just got so much knowledge on that and just so much experience at it, I could probably get him. Um, I think I could get him in Civ as long as I had, like, maybe two days to prep because uh, I, I would need to do a little strategizing because he's very, very good at that game. Um, Chiz is a natural gamer, but I do think I could take him in Age of Mythology and Age of Empires because I think I put more Chiz time in than him. Chiz is a natural gamer because he he's got he's got two two really two qualities that make up a good gamer. First of all, he's really smart. He's good at thinking things out and uh, and strategizing and just finding out how things work really quickly. He he puts the pieces together faster than most. And second of all, he's got a hand eye coordination uh, advantage over most people when it comes to gaming. He's just able to control his character more accurately uh, with more dexterity than the average person, and he does it time and time again. I'm not stroking your ego, asshole. I feel like I got, got, got a winning. Pl I've you got, got plenty of flaws. I'll, we'll have a roast next week. I've so, got a winning oh record God. against him in worms. Yes. Roast of Chiz, and he can't defend himself. Your hat <laughs> selection, your headwear selection, for one thing, that and that that ethnic look you've got about you. Know, you I mean, Chiz is actually in this call. He could choose to, to like talk back, and he's literally yeah. just typing instead. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like games like Speedrunners and um, um, what's the one um, that that's blowing up and it's cross platform now. Rocket um, League, Rocket League, all that stuff. Um, Chiz just kills me and Woody. Um, he's just he he picks it up faster and he he hangs on to that lead despite practice. I have to work. I have to outwork him to beat him. Uh, if I do beat him, you know what, Chiz? <laughs> I bet I this is some. I'm only a couple of years older than you. So we both came up in the Pokemon era. Uh, I bet I could take you in Pokemon Blue or Pokemon Red if we both had to start at the same time, no cheats, and we only had a given amount of time to play. I bet I could take you. I bet it would be a bloodbath. Not Ooh. even close. Oh, you played Ruby? I'm not that much older than you. Why the fuck didn't you play Red and Blue? Well, he's typing, so that's not a good question. Shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> it was too <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, it is too hard. You know why? Because it was made in 1996, and there were a lot of problems with that fucking game. Uh, yeah, no well, balance I, at all. Well, uh, I, I'm liking this Age of Mythology thing. Cause it's it's real-time strategy versus turn-based strategy, which I like in some regards and I, and I dislike in others because with turn-based strategy, you're able to click, 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 <sighs> All right, I'm going to wait for my turn to play. Now I can look at my phone, I can run and pee, I can fill up my drink. But in real-time strategy, I feel like if I take a minute away, then I've wasted a I, I wasted that time. I need to be ordering my empire around. I need to be scouting plus slamming my, my hotkeys and, and, building, and building shit and getting structures up and advancing uh, through ages and making sure that my workers are doing their thing. There's yeah. always something to do. If there's any downtime, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. If uh, That's the hardest thing, I think, for people getting into that game is either as soon as they have enough resources to start making soldiers, they'll pump out like five of them and just let their ten villagers keep doing their thing, or they do what I 
struggled with, which is you get your economy like roaring and then they attack and you're like, well, fuck, it turns out there's nobody here to, to kind of keep the peace. It's just a bunch of useless berry pickers. There's um, a balance you've got to find that it took me a very long time to find it in Civ. I, I would I would always run into a situation where if I got attacked earlier, early, there would be no one to defend the castle. And I never knew how many units to have and how early and to start building more. But now I've learned, you know, every so many turns, you add another. And eventually you've got this many, and then you start diversifying. And, and, and with Civ, it took me fucking months to learn the, the balance because the games are so long. But with this, I feel like we're learning. I'm at least learning much more rapidly because Chiz and I played three games in a row, um, you know, this afternoon. And I don't know, we played for an hour, maybe 20-minute games. Yeah. Yeah, they're not yeah, super, you're out super there, long. Um, we're gonna, it's going to take me a while to, to pick this thing up. And I've only played like a, a handful of games, so I'm not even... I don't know what I'm doing yet. But once we get good at it, I think uh, I'd like to play with some of you guys out there, some of the fans. So uh, it's Age of Empires Dragon something or another Age bullshit. Age of Mythology, Tale of the Dragon. Thank it's you. It's like 34 dollars on, uh, on Steam. There's like 30 people of, playing it. <laughs> trying to think of games that might be better than Chiz at. The list is going to be small. Uh, Pong? <laughs> Didn't you do okay at that night uh, medieval game with the swords and shields. I did, but I'm not sure I did better than Chiz. I might actually be better than Chiz in Left 4 Dead, but I remember he wasn't awful either. Um, I haven't played Left 4 Dead in years. I don't know if I'm. Like, so Chiz was good at COD. I don't know if I could beat him in any of those. I'm. It's weird. I. I, I hate to say I'm not a gamer anymore. But something about picking up a game that requires a huge investment to be competent isn't interesting to me. Like, I, I've been playing, I actually play probably 20, 30 minutes a day of that Agario game. Do you know it where you just mm -hmm. get the balls and you sort of get bigger and bigger? Something about that game is really interesting to me. Um, but it takes five seconds to sort of learn, and that's that. Um, Oh, Chiz wrote, I agree. If you're not playing with friends, things like Civ and Age of Empires wouldn't appeal to him. Yeah, somehow I just, like, like you could pitch the coolest game in the world. And if it takes 12 hours to be, like, to even just know the game, like, from beginning to end. Uh, and, and I feel like Age of Empires takes more than that. I, you might have 12 hours in it. And I, I would guess that you're still learning the game. Yeah, yeah that's a big investment. I, I can't see, like... I don't know. I guess I did it with Civ. When Civil when Civilization Revolution came out, I, it just interested me, and I got into it, and that kind of got me into Civilization. So when I got when Civ Five came around, I was just I was sold immediately, and I and I'll I bought that uh, Civilization Beyond Earth bullshit, and I'll buy the next Civ too. The the actual the real sequel that's made by the same publisher, I think. Um, Civ Six comes out next year. Um, I like that game. I, I really do. It's the kind of game that I've always kind of fantasized about playing. This kind of devious plotting, planning your battle for hours kind of thing. The forces slowly move in and, you know, tricking people. I love, like, like I've had some victories where, like, they didn't know it was coming at all. And you're just like, ah, ha, 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 yeah, I got you. You never saw it coming. And I'm just, here it is. And, you know, I, I love that. I've, you know, you'll send some weak army up the front, but really you've got an enormous... Uh, army crossing an ocean that it, it's going to take them 30 turns which is like two hours to even get there like two <laughs> hours of real time two hours of real time can you imagine but, I but can imagine. Let, let me stick with me here let me let me let me tell you about a scenario that really happened 
I'm sending a faint army, which is just kind of to draw their forces away over, over land, and it's a little bullshit army. But my other army is literally taking two hours of real time to go across the ocean to, to get around his flank. Now, if at any time he discovers my armies in the ocean, they're just in canoes because it's like soldiers in canoes. They're not actual naval vessels. You don't, there aren't transport ships in this mm-hmm. game. So they're incredibly weak to his navy or anything that he might bring over there and shoot me. So if he finds me, he'll just destroy me. It, it, I'll lose like that. So my heart's pounding as my as my troops for are like two hours. <laughs> not for two hours. For it, in the last five minutes, the last few minutes when it, when I'm close to like getting everything landed, and I and I actually start the invasion, then my heart's pounding. Then I'm just like, yeah, I got him. I got him. It it, it all came to fruition. All my plans came together. I I out I, I outsmarted him. I outplayed him. And uh, and I, I love that about Civ. The, the 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 losses, of course, are just crushing. You know the thing. So like I've played games before where they mattered to me. Like it was a thing. I really wanted to not lose. Civ is not one of them. Uh, with Civ, I just want to stop playing. Yeah, you just want it to be done. But mm-hmm. you haven't played in a long time, so you're on a good stretch. <laughs> it's been better than ever. <laughs> Just said Civ is like Call of Duty 4 game battles to him. I don't know what that means. I like that Call of Duty 4 game battles. Yeah, no, Although it's really That's high. something I used to say about game battles. I, I started game battles in Modern Warfare 2. But, like, yeah, yeah it that. just, there was something on the line. I remember Kyle telling me, like, ah, oh, you don't want to play game battles. And, and he told a story of someone he knew that cried because that person made a mistake that cost them the match. And there's just, I don't know what's on the line, like, Game battles, ranking, so but so it our matters. team was called Lethal Talent. We were ranked either 11th or 10th on the team ladder, the the reg team ladder that year. Um, so we didn't want to lose. Now I was not the driving force that was carrying us to 11th or 10th place or whatever we were. It was Socrates and Impulse and um, me and maybe two other guys. Yeah, you were the so, fourth liner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd come in when when you know victory was was more likely. Like, but 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 they would play <laughs> against uh, they would play against Fear's team and um, Envious's team, like whatever their game battles teams were, and be competitive. Um, so I lost my train of thought where I was going with all that. Game I was trying matters. to be braggadocious. I was talking about game, game battles matter. Uh, sometimes stressed out and cry or. Oh yeah, yeah. I would be incredibly stressed out when when I was there. It, it would be. Because we would play S and D three v three, and you're the last man, and I know what to do. That's my game type. That's what I spent the most time playing. But it's still like you know, I'm laying in my in my hiding spot. I'm watching the bomb through a crack, through a hole, by a dumpster with a gun, and I'm just killing the defenders one by one as they come. And I'm just praying that nobody hears my my silencer and knows that I'm way the fuck back here hiding because they'll come kill me. And it's just, it's scary because there's a lot on the line and they're watching you. Everybody's watching you in Search and Destroy. Uh, you know, your whole team, your buddies, they're counting on you. Um, so you don't want to let them down. It's not that they're judging you because I don't mind that. It's that they're counting on you. You don't want to let them down. I realized that Game Battles wasn't for me. I've only played two matches in Game Battles ever. Both were with Woody and T-Mart. It was once that we played. And I... After hearing about game battles, I was just like, oh, so it's kind of like a little more competitive. You go, and it's still fun, but you compete, and you kind of get ranked. And I was like, that's neat. And so I got on there with T-Mart and Woody, and Woody was, he certainly had more experience than me in game battles, but still wasn't, like, this was five years ago, I bet. Uh, maybe six. And But he was more experienced in game battles than me. Trevor had been doing it for a while, and like 
40 seconds into the domination game on Afghan or whatever fucking map it was, and Trevor's yelling, like, two topside, two topside, like one by the big rock in the fucking red cave or whatever the shit. And I was just like, this isn't fun. This is stupid. I hate this. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm actually failing when I die. I'm not good enough to be here. Like, it, I hated it. I hated everything about it, and it seemed like everybody in the lobby afterward, granted, my sample size is two different groups of people, but they were cunts. They were cunts, and I hated them, and they were very difficult to deal with, and it's like, I'm creating stress for myself that I don't need. I'm not going to go to a chess competition to try to have I, fun. I played that, so, oh, I played some. I remember there was one. It was Modern Warfare 2. I don't remember the map was called, but it was like a construction zone. And uh, it was T-Mart and I, and we, um, uh, this, this is on my channel somewhere. I don't know if I could find it, but T-Mart and I both went like back-to-back -back super clutch plays to win at demo at the very end, and it's one of my better moments in gaming history. Uh, and that's what Game Battles does. The highs are higher, the lows are lower. So what, the way that I found... The game battles matches that were the most fun for me were the 2v2 um, uh, hardcore matches. The 2v2 hardcore ladder on World at War was hilarious. Me and uh, Impulse, um, who's it was another friend that played with, he was, he was on the same level as Socrates, I feel like, just as good. Um, I, I'll never forget that night that we were all playing with Junkyard and trying to help Junkyard get a nuke. And uh, Impulse joined, and he was, like, he was like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, well, this guy's never gotten a nuke. We're trying to, like kind of help him get one and he gets a nuke that game just to like rub it in and leave <laughs> <laughs> you know junkyards on like kill 12 and it's like eight or 12 minutes into a domination game and he's like i can get there and and and, and I, I guess I'm, i was wrong no it wasn't that it was it, he got it just a few minutes in he got it real fast really fast yeah, 12 but kills it, that's like six junkyard quickies <laughs> you chop this up i got videos all month baby <laughs> tune in next time to see if i get killed when i go around the corner yeah. he does he, he does it's like a reality <laughs> show last time on the quick <laughs> it didn't go well um but we would play this hardcore world world at war uh game battles uh ladder and if you remember there were some really really big maps in world at war like some gigantic ones and i don't recall their names but they they did a good job of not just making the map big, but there would be these these deep recesses of the map that were open for Silo. travel. You could walk back there, but nobody would ever go. And there'd be buildings to hide in and large fields of flowers. We'd get the first kill. You know, we'd throw our pre our preloaded grenades and pre fire. And if we got that first lucky kill or two, got up by one, two, three kills, we would hide. We would hide, and I I don't mean we would like get in a in a, in a window and like look out the window. No, no, no. We would lie in the grass, <laughs> so the gra in the tall grass. You just lay there motionless, and if he walks by you, you don't kill him. You let him keep walking. That's the best part, because then he's eliminated this area from his search pattern. <laughs> 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 and and people would get so angry. And and of course, that was the goal. We're trolling them, right? Because that we want them to dispute. Because I'm running a capture card. I have proof, uh, and we knew a ref or two. We were going to get it straightened out anyway. But these people would lose their shit and call us scrubby dubbies and get all mad because we weren't playing the right way. And occasionally we would beat really good players who thought a lot of themselves and really get mad when you you know use a tactic like that to beat them. Did you tell did them this... you had your dazzle going? I had my I had my hop hog PBR rolling at that point. I'm sure oh, I had wow. them in beautiful 1080 uh, quality. That saved us. Um, a few and no, times 720. Two. Yeah. It, like one. 
I, I remember we'd be flat out accused of cheating, you know, like this guy's cheating, that guy's cheating. And it's like, no, man. And, and like all of us are YouTubers, you know, we'd be like, look us up, you know, look at my channel. I've got other game battles things. You know, I, I do this all the time and uh, they'd still be douches. They'd still be douches. They do. They dispute. They the I don't know if it's gotten any better or if it even still exists. But the game battles community at the time were just filled with awful people. Cheaters. It was because it was because of the lack of these things right here. Now that everybody's got a camera with video and, and, and pics, you can just be like, bam, there's my proof I won the game. Back then, Chiz typed it earlier. You've got the digital camera up to your TV, and you better be quick because it only displays the scoreboard for, you know, mm -hmm. five seconds or something like that. I was usually responsible for that. Like, before I had a capture card, you know, can I get that picture real quick? And, and you know, if you for I remember every now and then I would forget. It was Chiz's job, too. Every now and then i forget, and I'd be like, don't dispute. Don't dispute, because I don't want to have to tell my partner or my team that like I didn't do my fucking and you job. Didn't do the thing you needed to do. Yeah. 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 Because I'd be so I'd be like, yeah, we won, we won. I'm like, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh shit, oh fucking, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> and and there, then it, you know, it's back to the loading screen. I had one where like, I didn't uh, record. Uh, yeah. When I was supposed oh, to. Oh yeah. You know, they oh, they were telling us that they were gonna dispute, and I'm like, don't even bother, dude. I got my cap card. I'm Woody's gamer tag. I record the whole thing. Check my YouTube channel. You can see I record every game I play, and I'm lying because I fucked up the recording, and it worked. Yeah. Same bluffing, here. Bluffing. Yeah. Bluffing. Um, we've we've had we've called in refs before, and some of these refs <laughs> would be much younger than us, like kids. Hey, and, what seems to be the problem? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'd be like. Well, I'm Iffyus Kyle, and this guy's an asshole. And he'd be like, "Well, fuck him then." Dispute <laughs> overturned. Like that happened a few times. I was just like, "All right, all right then." I, he didn't even want to see the proof. He's like, "How dare you do that to Kyle?" So, I don't know. It, I had mixed uh, experiences on game battles. Very exciting, uh, fun wins, funny moments when we troll people, and then of course, you know, crushing losses. If I can't remember any any instances in particular. But in those high stress games where it matters, um, if I underperformed in that, because I remember we used to do, we had a hardcore ladder team. We had multiple teams. Like I might have had three or four teams. I bet I got a bunch of GB points. Uh, if you look on there, um, I, I think I, I think I was ranked up pretty high at one point because we had so many teams. I had an Uno team. Uh, you know, just trying to get trying to get all the rank you could. Of course um, you did. Uh, we had a good rank. I played doubles Uno. Yeah. We were uh, we were like twelve and one, something like we that. We were running about rank. Like we were, we were just trying to make videos. We wanted close games. Our our ideal game was not a win, it was a close game. You know, it, a close win would probably be the very ideal. But that's what we were going for. And uh, people would dispute when we won fair and square, and we wouldn't give a fuck because it wasn't what it was about. It was just about, I don't know. I guess getting good competitive matches for our channel. So yeah, we didn't do that. Yeah, I liked it though. It was a uh, that it was interesting. It was a, it was a cool concept. Do they still do it? I wonder if it's still as popular as it was then, or maybe more popular. I was in that kind of bubble where, to me, it was very popular because everybody I I knew was talking about it, and even in lobbies, you'd hear it discussed and stuff. So, I don't know how big they are anymore. Yeah, I just feel like competitive cause. I don't I don't even know if that's. I, I'm sure it's still a thing. It's obviously still a thing. I just I I'm not sure if. I left that world, or if that world barely exists, or if it still this doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because to me, Let's it's see. just not. A, I mean, remember, Drama Alert used to be like focused on either COD girlfriends or like player switching teams, and now it's not on the radar. I just, you know, yeah. All right, lost you there for a sec, Woody. Of course.
There you go. You guys want to wrap it with uh, AMA? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking through here for a good one. Yeah, let's try and find a good one. There's always such a big chasm between the very good questions and the very, very bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what YouTube channels are you currently enjoying watching that nobody knows you watch? I like this guy, uh, 2BC Productions, 2BC. He makes uh, NHL videos mostly, like the video game, NHL 16. Going through GM modes and whatnot. I think it's kind of neat. And he's very he's so much better at the game than me. That's something I could beat Chiz in. NHL. I've been watching that guy with the hydraulic press crush stuff. <laughs> That's really cool. The hockey puck was great that Woody sent last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you like your steak cooked, Woody and Kyle? Medium rare. Um, and, and more... And on the rare side of medium rare, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. I... I don't want there to just be a little pink in the middle. I want the whole thing to be pink. I, I don't want it to be bluish purple, which is what like ultra rare seems to look like. It sort of looks blue almost. And yeah. I don't want actual blood to run out at any point. But I'm fine with pink all the way through. Um, like a, a warm red center, I think, is, is, is what's going on. Or a cool red center. Something like No, it's warm. Yeah. I, I agree cool with everything you said. Rare. The only yeah. thing I would add to that is... I like the seasoning to be pretty heavy. That's gotten to be like kind of how I evaluate a filet mignon. Like Sorry, I never what did, you, did you? What did you say? You, you like medium rare, medium rare, no, no, but the, the, the seasoning is important to me. I, I, I like. I, I rarely complain about being too salty or too peppery or whatever that shit you're putting on it. Put a lot of it on there. Outback does a good job of that. I like some places that don't put any seasoning, and it's just maybe a tiny bit of salt and pepper, and then that's it. Like if mm. I, and I think the way I like it cooked depends on the cut of meat. If it's like a ribeye, then I think like medium rare, so the fat can kind of render a bit more, you know. But if it's a fillet, I like that really fucking rare, like almost to the point that it's blue, like Kyle's describing, and a tiny bit cool. It's like cow sushi, you know. <laughs> like I like that, you know. Feels more. Yeah, as long as you're not afraid of worms or parasites. No, I don't use steak sauce. I don't. It's, it's, steak sauce is not very good. I don't understand the hub about A1. It's like tart and bad. It makes it worse. So, no. All right. So I like A1 steak sauce. And no. if I'm e if I were eating like a chop steak, which is basically hamburger, um, I would put A1 on that because that has like no redeeming quality really. It's just kind of meat. But if it's a good steak, especially if I've paid more than twenty dollars for, I'm not gonna put steak sauce on that thing. It should already be tasting really fucking good because I've just paid twenty or twenty five dollars yeah. for a piece of meat the size of my hand. But also, like, skirt steak, strip steak, flank steak, flat iron. I think a lot of those are the same thing. Just cheap cuts of meat. Like, you're not really throwing that on the grill and eating it in one piece. You're mostly, like, marinating it, it making tacos, doing something yeah. like that. Like, you should get a steak that's two pounds at your local grocery store and just go, oh, whatever. Oh, it's a fucking bull's tough part of its shoulder. Just throw it on the grill and hope for the best. Like, no, that... Some steaks shouldn't be eaten like that. That's, that's gross. I've had some great steaks. Um, I had this gigantic fillet once in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I don't remember how big it was, but it was monstrous. I've had some of those crazy bone-in uh, cuts of meat. I've had really big ribeyes. Um, I, I got a New York strip steak the other day, though, at uh, Texas Roadhouse. 
which I normally don't go to. It's one of those restaurants with the peanuts everywhere. Like they just throw them on the floor, like the shells. And Kitty's hyper allergic to that shit, so she can't go in there. So I wasn't with her. So I, I was. It was just my girlfriend and myself. We were in uh, South Carolina, and I went, and it was good. Um, I, I don't consider places like I don't know Longhorn and Texas Roadhouse to be nice restaurants per se, but um, as far as like a middle of the road um, steakhouse, like it's pretty pretty fucking tasty. Of, I've got a topic. I think of Texas Roadhouse is higher up than Longhorn. Anyway, sorry. What'd you got, Woody? Yeah, maybe I, I, so. I would, uh, shit, I just lost it. Uh, oh, 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 semi-politics question. <clears throat> Hypothetically, which of the current presidential candidates do you think will die the soonest? Sanders. Bernie. He's, He's the a, oldest. By four years over Trump. I think Trump will die first. No, Trump those lives, four years are no. essential. Trump will live to be, I'm going to say, 82, and Bernie will live to be... Trump. No, Trump has enough money. He'll live to be like eighty-nine. No, eighty-seven. I'm going to say because I'm sure his life has taken some He's out. He's been of him. living the good life his whole life. He's been pampered, taken care of, the best of medical can- care. He's not going to get some random disease that that needs years to actually get you without detection. No. He's- he's not going to like have some heart attack something like that. If he's going to get like he's struck overweight. down, it's going to be like a barely overweight for uh, he's he, i feel like he's what 35 40 pounds overweight uh, that's that's the thing American... i feel like trump has been living a rich man's life you know like not necessarily See, the kind of like yeah, i, was coming I, to I feel like he's had a lot of alcohol in his life not alcoholic i'm not saying that i'm just saying i bet he's enjoyed beer in a way that like maybe Barry Sa- bernie sanders hasn't i bet he's enjoyed red meat in a way that he doesn't bernie drink sanders... He doesn't drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes. It's a big thing that he teaches his children. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Well, zero I did not know that. I was thinking not so much like drinking, smoking. I was zero drugs, like zero alcohol, zero He's probably zero eating like really nice desserts and crazy fancy sweets and, and steaks. And I just mm-hmm. meant like his overall diet. Like when you have that right. much money, it's like, uh, am I going to get that red meat filet that costs, you know, $90? Yeah, I think I fucking am because I want it. And I want uh, that little chocolate cake piece afterward. I mean, it's not like I drink or smoke. I deserve a little something, right? Like, <laughs> right? I, that's how you I, rationalize things like that. I don't know why I just thought about this, but I saw a little thing on Reddit the other day. It's a completely different topic. Remember in Lord of the Rings, the steward of Gondor, he's, uh, he's eating those... Denethor is eating those tomatoes on that pewter plate with the pewter goblet as he's losing his yes. mind. Yes, I I never made the connection, but uh, the 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 acidic nature of tomatoes um, on on those pewter plates, I, I guess, it exposes the lead that's used in the manufacture of them, or something like that, and it poisons your mind and makes you crazy and wacko. So there, that was kind of a a little oh, and by the way, he's crazy because he's I eating tomatoes off pewter plates no all the time. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, because um, you know they, they, it's a close up of this tomato bursting in his mouth and like and running. It, well, it was so gross that scene because he's doing it right as Pippin is standing there like singing and and Faramir is riding with the riders of Minas Tirith back towards Osgiliath to try and reclaim the yeah. river position so that then all of the forces from Minas Morgul can't pour through Osgiliath and lay siege to it's Minas like Tirith. Stephen Colbert, <laughs> we must take the river. I I went through a phase where like I've watched that whole. I had a weird obsession with Lord of the Rings, like just knowing knowledge of it. Like, I'm sure Kyle was the same way. Like, I've watched that uh, that rant from Stephen Colbert where most people are like, look at this guy, name in places, where's Lorian? And, like, all these things. And I'm sitting there watching, like, yeah, yeah, well, 
Yeah, Miller. Yeah, where's the like? I I feel you. I'm tracking with you. Like, I have a deal. I have a hard time regurgitating a lot of that information, but I, I I've watched all those videos and read up on you know like what Gandalf is. What you know the, the 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 there's like a there's like a god and a devil sort of character in there. What the um when he's a flame of Udun, you know, and all that shit. Like like what is the flame of Udun? Like I, I looked into all that stuff and um the flame of uh, light of some I was servant of Anor and a I know a servant of the secret light and and on and all that bullshit. Um and the the Balrog of Mordor and and how it was um. Sort of the antithesis of of, of Gandalf, the you know, the Balrog opposite of, of Morgoth. Yeah, Morgoth. Sauron's Thank master. Mm, also, yes. yeah, that's what you don't know until you get into it. Sauron, he's just a lieutenant. He's the lieutenant to Morgoth. He's the big mm. guy. Yeah, Sauron's just kind of like the placekeeper. Who's Morgoth? He's the like the original badass guy. And when he was fighting, I think the Valar, uh, way back in the day, like the gods, basically. Um, he had Sauron as like a lieutenant. And then as time went on and Morgoth was defeated, or I guess kind of defeated, uh, Sauron lay dormant and then came back and started ruining shit. But yeah, Sauron I, was Sauron the White at some point, right? No, you're thinking of Saruman. Saruman is uh, <laughs> the wizard in Isengard. Yes. Uh, yeah, Sauron is the, the eye. You know, the big eye on the tower where it's like, <laughs> you know, every time it pops up. That scared the shit out of me in that movie, the first few times. When I watched uh, The Fellowship of the Ring... And they that touched out, the orb. Oh, no, that came out... Yes, that and that, that movie came out in, like, 2001. So I was, like, <coughs> 10, 11 years old when I saw that movie. Can I tell you that the most terrifying so... moment? Let me guess. For me, the scariest moment is... <laughs> when... Yes! When, when, when he's like, oh, you've got my old ring! <laughs> and, and when Bilbo goes, like... <laughs> And like mutates for a second. I went frame by frame to watch the CGI like mutation of his face and paused it at its worst. And he is a ghoul, like with like black eyes and sharp teeth. <laughs> his at eyes, one point, his eyes sink into his. That scared the piss out of me. I like I said, I was like ten or eleven years old, and I was watching it, just thinking that this old nice Hobbit was gonna talk to his nephew, give him a couple good wishes on the deck because I hadn't read the book by the time that came out. And just the whole like, oh, my old ring, just so gentle and saying. <laughs> And then I could just hold it again, one last time. No. Ah! <laughs> just to, you know, like I, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> just yeah, uh, oh, uh, no thanks. Yeah. That, oh. And then at the end of the trilogy, of course, he's like, yeah, how, "Do you know what my old ring is?" Like, no, Uncle Bilbo, I lost that old ring of yours. I don't, I wouldn't have said that. I've been like, "Motherfucker, you don't remember what you started." Look yeah. at my look at this shit. Look at this shit. A a goblin ate this shit. <laughs> a little mutated hobbit man. <laughs> he had eyes this fucking big and he gnawed it off and then fell into a lake of fire. And it's your fault, you asshole. Like you don't remember what happened to your ring. He went senile at a very convenient time when that was going down. If I'm fro I'm like, look at me. It's hollowed me out. The last four years, I've been doing nothing but walking to get rid of your yeah, fucking just, ring. 
I don't even know who I am anymore. We're leaving right now because my soul is empty and I have to go to the land beyond the sea or whatever the fuck. I'm exhausted. I'm tired of dealing with people like Gollum. I'm pretty sure I'm gay. I didn't even know until I went on this journey. My God, me and Sam blew each other on that rock because we thought we weren't going to get saved. And then, my God, those eagles showed up. I think they saw Gandalf. But I swear. Oh, Jesus. What are the rest of the guys going to say? I don't know what year we're in, but they can't be cool with that. Like, <laughs> I mean, Legolas will be okay with it, but but, but what's Gimli going to say? <laughs> Gimli won't take kindly. Yeah. Gimli? Did you guys read the books? Yes. Yeah, um, no. Yeah. Uh, in the books, Gimli was, was quite the badass. Um, I, I, the movie really, really did him wrong. And I, I, the dwarf tossing scene was an insult. There, Gimli in the books was Legolas. They're running too. Legolas's equal. And uh, not in the movies. Yeah, they did not play that up as much as they should have. Like all the competitions where it was like uh, Legolas versus Gimli. I think in Helm's Deep, in the book, Gimli wins the little competition. In the movie, too. Like, in the movie, too. He does. I thought that Legolas like ties it up at the end with like a shot to the orc Urukai sitting uh, under Gimli. And yeah, but that's bullshit. <laughs> He's like, he was twitching. He was twitching because my axe is stuck in his brainstem, and he like wiggles it, and the guy's like arm does that. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah, a... Gimli was like my favorite, one of my favorite characters. When everybody else yeah. was raving about Legolas, it was like, yeah, but well, I, I knew that actor previously. And Gimli's playing two roles in that movie. Do you know the other role that the actor portraying Gimli is playing in the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Doesn't he play Treebeard or something, too? He plays Treebeard. Yes, he does. There we go. Oh, this is... Memory lane. I I didn't remember that since... I know you've watched all the extended edition and all the special features. Oh, man. I'm I'm due to get obsessed with Lord of the Rings again. You know? Can't be good for me. We should do a PKA movie night again. I'm down for that. We haven't done that in like a year. We used to watch movies together. I, I, I do that. We got we gotta pick some good movies though, and and I don't know if a three and a half hour epic is the way yeah, to go. Yeah, that I like to watch. I, I, when <laughs> Snore. I, when I rewatch those, I like to watch them with somebody. Like I watched them with my girlfriend recently, and I like to kind of be the shepherd guiding them through. I'll often pause and I'll be like, "All right, so here's what's going on." <laughs> I'll explain like, like like why something's crucial, and I'm no Lord of the Rings expert by any means, but I've seen it a bunch of times, and I and I've got the extended version, so I'll I'll be like. I bet you've never seen this before. Remember how that rope fucking unties itself? She's like, no, they didn't even have that rope scene in the movie. I'm like, exactly. Like, like now we get to see the elvish rope, you know, untie itself. And you get to see the scene where Galadriel is giving them all their gifts. He's like, all that, those fine daggers, are you? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> he wanted the dagger, and he gets the stupid uh, uh, rope and everything. I, I, I like that movie. That movie had so much heart, and it was so, uh, it, it was so ahead of its time uh, technically. Um, great, great movie. One of the one of the best uh, best things that's ever been done on film, especially in the trilogy sense. I think it kills Star Wars. Oh, it blows it out of the water. It's not even a if it. It's not even a contest if people are being true, and realistic so, about no. it. Not even a contest. Ten Academy Awards, it's all that ridiculous. shit. Yeah, let's talk about magic next. I get it, Chiz. We're drilling fantasy stuff into the ground, but magic is also cool. <laughs> Real neat. You'd like it if you played it. You have that kind of mind, guaranteed. You keep telling yourself that. I'm not going to keep responding. Oh, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! You've said that before. Yu-Gi-Oh! Never tried that. Not going to. Yep. Let's see here. 
Well, I'm looking at Chiz's suggestion that we hit another one of these AMA questions. I was wondering if you guys have any tips for buying a used car. Well, it depends how used you want to get. Um, if you're looking for like a starter car that you're only going to drop a couple thousand dollars in, um, you still want to check the Carfax, but you really want to get your own mechanic to look at it, and most dealerships will be willing to let you do that. And most private individuals will as well. If there's a private individual who's not up for a uh, mechanic of your choosing, checking the car up and doing a uh, look around it, then you don't want that car. Um, if you're buying, say, uh, let's you know, five thousand to twenty thousand dollar used car from a car dealership. You again, you want to get the Carfax, and you really want to shop around and do a lot of online research and weigh the pros and cons of going a year older or a trim size higher or lower, and and figure out you know how many miles is a lot of miles for this car. There's a lot of things to take in, into consideration. If it's a if it's a diesel truck, eighty five thousand miles and nothing. But if it's a uh, you know a uh, uh, it's 2016 now. If it's a 2015 Mustang and it's got 85,000 miles on it, throw it away. Somebody's probably been like, they put 85,000 miles on it in a year and it's a sports car. They've probably been riding the shit out of it. It's probably, it's probably not the car you want. So there's a lot of things to weigh and a lot of things to consider when you're getting a used car. But it is the better way to get a car, uh, especially if you're paying cash. Financing, uh, you'll often pay a higher interest rate. That's some insider information, guys. Take that not with a grain of salt. What is the worst thing you have to do on a daily basis? Either wipe your ass or get out of bed, I would think. I hate getting out of bed because it sucks when you're really comfy and warm, and wiping your ass is gross all the time. I'm the only one here that has <laughs> enough upper body strength to lift the trash bag out of the trash can, and I'm the only one willing to transport it from that position to the dumpster where it goes. So take the trash out every day because I live with two women who think it's perfectly fine to throw anything and everything into the trash can, including like sodas, three quarters full and oh like, my God. and liquids. And, and like this thing to debt, like when I went to lift the trash bag today, it took all I had. I'm guessing the thing weighed a hundred pounds, something like that. Like, and I, I'm, How I'm often like, are you taking the trash out? <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> well, you have to every about every day almost. Uh, definitely, definitely every two days. And we use those fifty-five gallon construction trash bags, and I put them in a giant trash can in the kitchen because we we make so much waste at my house. <laughs> they both have online businesses where they're selling and packaging, and they use Amazon as a um, you know to get their 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 bulk products in a lot of the times tons of Amazon boxes and then I've, I'm always getting products coming in and shipping out and, and, and shipping out merchandise and stuff so there's just so much trash that we create that I use those 50 gallon trash bags in a 50 gal gallon trash can and yeah it's, it's, it's a that's the worst thing I do every day is take the trash out so not too bad I'm sure there are, there are people who have much 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 worse things they do every day sneezing I hate sneezing I have a problem with my I like sneezing most people do. I do sometimes if it's like I've had to do it for a while. But uh, I had a couple surgeries on my nose, like my breathing path, when I was very, very young. I, I didn't know that you were supposed to be able to eat food with your mouth closed and breathe at the same time until I was like eight years old. Like I was constantly eating and chewing and holding my breath. And so I'd be like, <gasps> like trying to chew because I couldn't, I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And so I had to get surgery for that. And I completely lost my train of thought with what that had to do with anything. You were literally a mouth breather. Literally a mouth breather for the longest time. Yeah, I had so to was get, Chiz, like, he says, until he was nine. 
Yeah, it sucked. It's it, when you finally get it fixed. Like I played hockey. For, like I started when I was like five, so I was like four years in when I got it fixed, and it was like holy shit. Like this is why I'm so much more tired than all these other kids because I'm just trying to gulp down air like a mongoloid instead of breathing with through my nose like most people. But anyway, here's a money one. Uh... I recently landed a good first job, 50 grand a year. I'm putting away $1,000 a month, which is like 22%. Uh, should I be thinking about saving for a down payment on a house or retirement for now? I, uh, house, I like the house. Right? Yeah, you just I, started working. Get the house. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't have a house. And I like the idea that um, he saves until he has 20% down so he can avoid the PMI, which is just yep. throwing away money on insurance that doesn't get you anything you're buying insurance for your lender with pmi uh, it's it's not to your advantage really at all so uh, uh anyway yeah save enough until you have 20 percent down and then perhaps uh, talk about retirement good plan well i think that's a show i think it is i like this yeah. a lot we got a lot of movie talk in there at the beginning i liked our guest a lot i like what chiz did this whole show chiming in correcting us uh, really well you know filling us in with you know uh, minutiae and details um i like the guest a lot he he, he was um seemed like he a smart cool. guy i liked him um yeah. i didn't I, I, anybody who agrees with me that much must have some must have a good head on their shoulders you know i, I i'd have I to had, say i think the low point of the show was when taylor started making up words <laughs> that's also that's possible yeah <laughs> strategy um so so yeah i i had a good show i think this i think this went really went really well um pka just want to thank our sponsors uh headspace prosper.com audible.com and club w check them out links in the description below uh, a lot of cool savings there a lot of cool deals if you're interested in any of those very good 